Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I recently completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode myself and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who-should-have-won podcast. We are here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie Movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie that you think is trash, we encourage you to write in at bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Twitter at bestpicturecast and Instagram at bestpicturecast. Also, we just started up our Facebook page, Best Picture Cast, as well. And we are here, back yet again, for another Best Picture winner. This one is a little more well-known than some of the last few we've done. And it's Rocky. Uh, if you are joining us for the first time, we'll catch you up on how we do things around here. But first, I want to introduce you to my co-host this evening for this wonderful movie. And we're going to start... To my left, we have... Hey, everybody. This is Grant Z. Um, I've been on a few of these podcasts. I'm really excited to dive into the deep world of Rocky. And uh, right now, to keep in the Philly theme, I'm drinking Twisted Monkey from Victory, which is uh, just outside Philly. Okay. And to my right. Hey, everyone. This is uh, Brendan B. Back again for my second episode. Uh, My first episode was with... Well, it was with Kieran B, but we were doing Shakespeare in Love. Um, I don't know if anyone tuned in for that, but it was a good one. And uh, I'm excited now to talk about Rocky, one of my very favorite movies. And while I do it, I'll be drinking the fine Blue Point Summer Ale. Getting the summer kicked off, and we're doing it in Rocky style. And this episode will be airing on Memorial Day, so hopefully we'll all be in a nice summer mode. And I am drinking today. I kind of kept with a little Rocky theme, too. It's not a Pennsylvania or a Philadelphia brewery, but it's the River Horse Brewery, which is in Ewing, New Jersey, which is about 40 minutes outside of Philly. So it's pretty close as far as distance-wise. And it is the River Horse Roly Poly Pills, and it's a Czech-style Pilsner. And Czechoslovakia was, of course, a satellite state for the Soviet Union, so we have a little tie-in with... (laughs) Our friend, Mr. Drago, as well. So we're here for Rocky. Obviously, a movie that has impacted cinema culture for decades, right up until today. I mean, there's been a Rocky movie every decade since it's been released. And, you know, it's a movie that I'm excited about. I know both of you guys are excited about it. And before we get started, and like I said, if this is your first Best Picture cast episode, and I have a feeling based on the subject material it might be, We're going to deep dive this movie. We're going to talk about it in a live form. We're going to leave no stone unturned, no rock unturned, if you will. And we will get you everything we can about the movie, all the on-screen info, all the -the behind-the-scenes info. And at the end, we give out our Best Picture Awards. Once we've spoken about all the Rocky stuff, we're going to dive into the sequels. In addition to that, gentlemen, we have, because nobody asked for it, 
a MacGyver versus MacGruber section. Not necessarily verse, but uh, we're going to dive into the two the two entities, MacGyver and MacGruber. Yeah, MacGruber is a movie very very close to my heart. I think I've referenced it in every podcast I've been on. Uh, somehow it just kind of fallen into place that way. And uh, it turns out that uh, Brendan's a huge MacGyver fan. So, yeah, why not? Series that I hold close to my heart. Mm-hmm. It's a heart that cries every time Grant brings up MacGruber. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the two of them here for this, we couldn't not do it. So we will, uh, in the description of this episode, have a little timestamps for every section here. So you don't necessarily have to trudge through the jungle to find each spot. But let's start with Rocky here, guys. Uh, Grant, I'm going to go to you first. What was your first, your earliest memory of Rocky, your first experience Rocky? Was it the original Rocky? Was it one of the sequels? Oh, God. Um, I, I think it was just, it was almost like Star Wars to me, how like... It was made before I was born, so you just kind of you you grow up you grow up with just having it around, not really having a pinpoint of your first experience with it. There's so many things that are so iconic in that movie, you know the you know the fighting, the montages, all that stuff. So it's just I feel like that's been Rocky's been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Brendan, I I kind of know how you first got in. in into this movie so why don't you you tell everyone else we have it. absolutely it was given to me as a christmas gift the dvd back when giving dvds were acceptable it was acceptable right? yeah mm-hmm. we're talking 2005 2006 i was a freshman in college and uh it was given to me by your fearless host kieran b that's right i didn't watch it right away i got it <laughs> i got it and i i was a little perplexed. I, I was never a sports, a big sports guy growing up. So why would why would my brother my brother give me this this movie? I take it back to college, watch it. Now I'm going to college at Scranton, Pennsylvania at the time. So we're close to the heart of Rockyland. Yeah, you're outside. <laughs> and it it quickly becomes one of my favorite favorite movies. Yeah, and I think too that we just need to to clue in even more on it is is that Brennan B likes to sometimes just dislike movies that he hasn't seen or or and rocky was one that he just kind of blindly was talking smack about and yeah, so that kind of became essentially right yeah so he just you know he decided that he's not into the rocky movie so that's what he got for christmas that year and sure enough who would have thought that as many years later we're sitting here doing a podcast on the very subject because he's one of the biggest rocky fans in the uh in crew that we have here yeah i've seen every single one of the rocky movies maybe more times than anyone should Sit down to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Jaws was one in the past, too, that you that were... That was another one. Yeah, was that you were kind of always taking, taking shots at. And then you've recently kind of come around. Yeah, you know, I saw that one very young, and my it was I looked at it at a very surface level, sort of, oh, this is a dumb monster movie. You know, I had no way of simplifying things without digging deep into them. And once I dig deep into them, it's like, oh, this is a great movie. Yeah. Um, so Jaws was definitely an example of that. Yeah, and that's a, that's a more recent development too. Because I think when we first started this project, this project being Best Picture cast, it came up to Grant. Grant Jaws is your favorite movie. Jaws, and it kind my, of came favorite, up Jaws my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's like you know, I saw that way too early <laughs> as yeah. a kid. Uh, PG movie, but so much gore and so much blood. <laughs> I shouldn't be watching this. Exactly. And one of the reasons I'm bringing up Jaws right now as well is, is that we will be doing an episode coming up for A Man for All Seasons, 
starring Robert Shaw. And I will have both of these gentlemen back for me for that episode, along with Chris G., who you've heard on the Rain Man episode and the Broadway Melody episode. And we're going to tackle Jaws, along with Man for All Seasons, being the Robert Shaw's in both movies. And we're going to kind of let that be our Jaws appreciation episode. Much to the chagrin of all the Man for All Season fans out there, rest assured we will still cover both movies thoroughly. No, we don't have to watch all the sequels of Jaws, do we? Uh, because I don't. Because I'd rather not do that. I will not be watching all okay, the sequels fine, of Jaws, good. so don't, don't worry about that. Next I, week as well, we will have Chris G., who I just mentioned, back with Joey R. Joey R. was on the Cuckoo's Nest episode and just now on this Going My Way episode as well as the Rebecca episode. We're going to discuss Silence of the Lambs next week. So we got some heavy hitters coming up. Looking forward to it. And right before we dive into old Rocky, I'm just going to remind you again, we do have all of our social media accounts clicking at all cylinders. Grant Z here has done a great job starting up the Facebook page. He also runs the Instagram account. We have Twitter as well. We're always chopping it up on Twitter and interacting. So please hit us up on any or all of those platforms. We're pretty good about updating them and and keeping everyone in the loop of things. Best Picture Cast is the easiest way to find us on all three. Gentlemen, any more opening thoughts? Are we ready to go? I'm ready to dive in. Okay, here we go. The year, it's 1976. America is 200 years old. The presidential election is held in 1976, and Jimmy Carter defeats the incumbent president, Gerald Ford, to become the 39th president of the United States. In the World Series, the Cincinnati Reds sweep Billy Martin's New York Yankees in four games. Johnny Bench is the MVP of that series, and this World Series had a couple of interesting firsts. It was the first World Series to feature a weekend night game. So up to that point, all the weekend games were day games, and it's the first World Series where the DH is used. So a couple firsts for that World Series. The Billboard Song of the Year of 1976 is Silly Love Songs by Wings, and I have to say, until this... Day. I have never even heard that song before. Good song. I haven't, no. Good okay. Song. All right. Brennan B's on top of it. Uh, <laughs> like ready to sing it, but I um, can't think of the... Yeah. The <laughs> I'll give my first uh, hot take of the day, or controversial take of the day, is that Paul McCartney is my least favorite Beatle. Ooh. Uh, I'll hmm. just throw that one out there. Not my so. favorite, but, but not my least favorite. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a bold statement. So we'll just take that and run with it. Leave it there. Rocky. It wins Best Picture in 1976. It's the top-grossing film of 1976. This is the third week in a row of this podcast where the Best Picture winner was the highest-grossing film of the year. Last week it was Going My Way, and the week before that it was a Broadway melody. Rocky's kind of a little bit of a bigger movie than those two movies, I'd say, though. Oh, yeah. It wins Best Picture. It's directed by John G. Alvidson. It's written by Sylvester Stallone. Rocky is starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Carl Weathers, Burgess Meredith, and Burt Young. It is nominated for 10 Academy Awards. It takes home three Best Picture, Best Director, John G. Alvinson, and Best Film Editing. It's also nominated for Best Lead Actor, Sylvester Stallone. Best Lead Actress, Talia Shire. Best Supporting Actor, Burgess Meredith. Best Supporting Actor, Burt Young. Best Writing, Sylvester Stallone. Also Best Sound and Best Original Song, Gonna Fly Now. Rocky is a movie that really has kind of changed the movie industry significantly since it's come out. 
This was a small project. It had a million dollar budget and the producers were told that if they went a dollar over that budget, they were going to have to cover that dollar. It did end up finally costing them about 1.1 million and the two producers took out mortgages on their house to pay that extra $100,000. Fear not, they got that money back. Rocky was a blockbuster and a sensation. It went on to spawn five direct sequels and two other alternate sequels in the Creed movies. Guys, Rocky, opening thoughts. It's not just a boxing movie. It's a character study. It's a psychological study of what of what drives you, of what what makes you want to be great. And I think it's a I think it's a really great movie that that has a incredible message. It's rare where you have a movie that just just hits everything almost perfectly. It's nearly flawless. This movie, nearly flawless. Brendan, opening thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with what Brent was saying. My feeling is that this is a movie that is almost an allegory of anyone's life. It's, it's not, only, not only finding the courage to overcome what seems to be an insurmountable task, but before doing that is understanding what winning is. What, what is overcoming the insurmountable task? And this movie explores all those sorts of things, not just, not just how, how to move forward, what what the end means what winning is interesting thing on the on the money because he went through all the budget and the money is that Fester Sloan got like twenty thousand dollars for his his performance in this a lot of counties somewhere that's below the poverty line yeah well there's a lot to that and the majority of what he got from this was for the writing and the the story and Stallone was a struggling indie actor at the time was in a couple of small projects, was really just trying to make it, was living in a small apartment with his dog, had $100 in his bank account, and he's offered, give the script for Rocky for $350,000, and he says no. He says no because he wants to star in it, and there's not gonna be a Rocky unless he plays Rocky. People waver, they pull back. $350,000 at that time is worth about 2.3 million today. So think about having peanuts in your bank account. He has to sell his dog because he can't afford to feed it. Sells it for 50 bucks, ultimately gets the deal done with him starring in it. Production companies say, all right, we'll do it, but you're not getting your big budget. You're getting a million dollar budget and that's it. He buys his dog back, don't worry. That was, that was <laughs> gonna be my question. And the dog is one of the stars in this movie he is too. He's in the movie, all it's right. Butkus. The book is. Butkus, yes. Yeah, it's, it's the ultimate example of betting on yourself and you always love to see it pay off. But this is kind of a theory that I've absorbed through osmosis. I've heard it somewhere. It's not a theory that I've crafted, that every Rocky movie is a metaphor for where Sylvester Stallone is in his acting career. So like you said, Stallone was living in this one-bedroom apartment with this dog. He had no money. He was just kind of scraping by doing these independent movies. And what's Rocky doing? He's in this one-bedroom apartment, no, not a dime to his name, doing these amateur boxing matches. And then he finally gets, in Rocky, he gets a shot out of nowhere. And in this, and in this movie, and in real life, Sylvester Stallone gets a shot out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's not just, not just a shot out of nowhere. He's on the way out. Mm-hmm. He's lost his locker. He's getting kicked out. Yeah. This is it. He's, Think about retiring. His, his boxing, yeah, yeah he's boxing about hanging up gone. his gloves. Yeah. 
Now, when he came up with the idea for this movie, he wrote it about acting, essentially. He wanted to tell his own life story, and he just said to himself, nobody's going to care about a movie about an actor. Right. Let's make it a boxer. They'll watch a movie about, about a boxer. And he was right. And like you said, he bet on himself, and I'm sure there's countless amounts of stories that we'll never hear told about people who bet on themselves oh, and sure. didn't take the sure amount that didn't didn't cash in on that bet, well, unfortunately. For, for every Sylvester Stallone, there are, there are a thousand other people that just didn't work out for him. Yeah. There have to be. This is a story where it did work out. Stallone, he's the talk, the toast of the town when the Oscars come around. He's nominated for lead actor. He's nominated for lead writer and sole writer. And only one other person in history has ever been nominated for actor and sole writer at the Oscars, that's Charlie Chaplin. So that's very wow. exclusive company to be in there. So it only won three awards at the Oscars, one best picture, one best director, one best film editing. We were, as we we're kind of settle, settling in here and getting ready to record, it didn't win best song, which is ridiculous to me. I mean, it's an iconic song. Yeah, I mean, you, it's, an you icon- put, it's iconic. It, it's iconic. right up there with with Star Wars or Jaws, or you hear yeah. it, you know what you it know is. Exactly what it is. But, you know, Barbara <laughs> Streisand's "Star Is Born." <laughs> uh, God bless. Not up there with Barbara Streisand. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm very grateful that it inspired Bradley Cooper to put together a much better movie years later. <laughs> but, but I don't think anybody's humming and whistling the theme to. It wasn't shallow. So Stallone gets those nominees. He doesn't win actor and he doesn't win writer either. There's a bunch of really strong movies that came out this year. Three of the nominees that year are on the AFI, American Film Institute, top 100 list. We'll talk about those at the end of the podcast. We don't get too much into who should have won or what the Oscars should have awarded. We'll we'll cover that in the very end. What we do want to do is we want to deep dive this movie and we're going to start off in the very start. It opens up with the shot, which is interesting. I feel like this is not really talked about. It's opened up with the shot of a mural of a mural of Jesus. Yeah. So a mural of Jesus Christ is the first shot, which is interesting because I don't like necessarily view Rocky as like a Jesus Christ type of story. Well, no, but religion is something that has been kind of weaved in and out. He always prays in the corner of every mm-hmm. match and he yeah. always visits the... Um, the priest and the uh, you know the Italian priest that married them. He always visits him for a, for a blessing. So I think like it's a drive by of... blessing. It's like it's part it's part of his life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's the Italian American. Yeah, so maybe it's Roman, more Roman Catholic of a, of a God watching over him. But I, I think more it's even you don't even have to go religious with it. You can simply go literary with it. Is it's the tale of Jesus carrying the cross is gets knocked down gets back up again it's it's that journey up the mountain yeah cool. that um that he that it's it's the perseverance just one more just a little bit more for a little bit further yeah uh, to me that that's the sy- symbolism there is that he it's the hero's journey playing in the background are majestic trumpets with a version of what the rocky theme song will be and we have a heated bout with the great Spider Rico, <laughs> uh, a real grisly behind closed doors type of uh, boxing oh, yeah. match, a little indie boxing match going at a, on here. At a church or yeah, something. Or, it's or a really like weird a location for Columbus. Or it's, or it's a really weird location for two guys beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> we got we got fans throwing garbage into the ring. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they're not parishioners because they're not behaving religiously. <laughs> 
There are uh, lots of garbage tossed in there. You have headbutts being dished out in the yeah. middle of this boxing match. The ref just desperately trying to do what he can. The fighters are essentially renting their trainers from the house along with the towels and the showers. The showers. They get all that taken out of their pay at the end. The net, the net pay is very, very pathetic, even yeah. if you win. Yeah, and, and they're paying big money for this, uh, for this manager to, can I give you... Can I give you a piece of advice? Can I get... Mouth guard. Yeah. Mouth guard. Yeah. Doesn't want to hear it. Is this how you remember, like, the Rocky series starting? Is this... To, to you, is this, like... No. I kind of felt the same way. Like, yeah. it just kind of started. It's like, oh, okay, we're, we're here. Well, and not to go into the other movies, but the, all the other movies start off with the fight in the previous movie. And we will talk about the sequels once we conclude our conversation on this one. But as far as the, the intro here, I think you get a real sense of, a sense of where this guy's at. And we're, we're not talking about a, a rookie boxer here. He's 30. Good number of fights under his belt. Yeah. I don't have the exact record in front of me, but... He, it's something like 44, and uh, he's won, almost, I think, all of them except for three or something like that. It's, it's, it's not a bad record. Yeah, but his, his competition apparently are all bums. Exactly. So it's, yeah. And bum is kind of the word of this movie. There's a lot, lot, of, <laughs> lot of use of the bum. Yeah, the bum, B, the he's B-word. a bum, I'm a bum. Just don't the want to B-word. be a bum. I don't want to be another bum yeah. from the... You ever think what the, uh, the, the loan Shark's driver calls him a bum all the time? Yep, Mickey yeah. calls him a bum. Mickey calls, Mickey calls, calls Spider Rico a bum. Yeah. A lot of bums going on around here. Yeah. And, and then on, on top of it all, Spider Rico, who headbutted him, said, you got lucky. Yeah, you got lucky. lucky. Yeah. Well, and that's a, point, that's a point to emphasize here is that Rocky wins this match. Right, and he gets... For that victory, $40.55. Spider Rico, in a losing effort, gets $17.20. That's so 40 bucks at that time roughly comes out to about 225 bucks today. So not a horrible night, but a, kind of a stark number to hear. Like, just go, whoa, you got your, you know, you got your, your ass kicked for uh, a giant headache just for... Yeah. And when, when can I fight again? And I'll call you in about two weeks. So. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's, yeah. that's, he has to stretch out that money. 225 bucks every two weeks. You're not, you're not really living not doing great. The movie takes, takes you a little walk through his life here for mm-hmm. these first several scenes. Heading home, heading, you get a little look at his, his neighborhood. He's kind of walking past our, our street band. Yeah, do they really exist, these street pants? <laughs> I've never, I've only seen this in movies. For, uh, they're cool as hell. Well, yeah, right. well it's, it's funny because after like, because they're in rock, you know, because they're in other Rocky movies and Katie brings it up. My, my wife, I made her watch Take all of these back. with me. Yeah, she was, she was like, oh, I wonder if Frank Stallone is in one of these bands. And he is. And he's sure in all of them. Yeah, there is. So he hooked up his brother. He's like, oh, I'll just go with some street, some street singers. Who, who yep. comes up with a hit later <laughs> yeah. on? Like, he has, like, a, he has a, a billboard hit. Does he? Does later, he? like, years later. Oh, Frank Stallone. Then does, he does appear later on in the movie, too. He walks past him and goes, oh, it's the bum from the docks. <laughs> yeah. Get a job, bum. Yeah. Another bum. Uh, you get to hear the smooth sounds of the street band as they sing "Take You Back." I kind of dug that a lot. You know, I kind of had a really it's good a, it's vibe. A cool, it really it's a cool atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. you're just like yeah, they're passing around like a bottle of like whiskey or right. whatever, and it's just. But yeah, I've, I've, just, I've never seen that before in my <laughs> yeah. life. Never yeah, in the seventies. I guess <laughs> yeah, it's a real seventies Philly. Philly. I guess I missed my miss my chance. He's walking through the neighborhood. You get a little glimpse of the neighborhood when, he, when he's walking home too. We go into his apartment. You get a real kind of inside look of, of Rocky, and he's feeding his turtles and his fish. Cuff and Link, 
mm-hmm. who are two of the bigger stars of the Rocky franchise. You know that Cuff and Link there, he decided to keep at the end of Is that this, right? Of it, and they are the same turtles that appear in Creed and Creed 2. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, wow. They live all the way through that and makes, still that alive makes, today. That makes me very happy. Yeah. That makes yeah. me very happy. The significance with the with the, the animals there is because he's going into the pet shop too, which I'm sure you're going to bring up later, is is there they developed a sort of very nurturing nature and you know he's a fighter and he's he's got heart yeah yeah and an animal lover sure they do every opportunity they can they leave to show he's an animal lover and yeah it's a very easy way to have a character be a little bit sympathetic if you like animals and you like dogs and all that stuff i think it's a very easy way to have a have support of the audience and it's not just the animals i mean he has that that exchange with the girl. Oh, right? sure. The local, yeah, yeah the he's, local he's, girl. he's a humanitarian. He's lover advice. of animals, lover of people. He's got to break the guy's thumbs. And, well, if I broke his thumbs, then yeah, he's going to make the money to pay you. <laughs> Let me do the figure and rock. Yeah. And they don't limit it to dogs. Like we, Myself and Joey R. talked in our Going, Going My Way episode last week where they just basically bring out a box of puppies just to give you a glimpse into one of the characteristics of a specific character. In this movie, he's got fish, he's got turtles, he's talking to birds, he's talking to dogs, he's, yeah. he is a lover of animals, sure. very, very clear about that. One thing that they kind of tell you is he's not a big lover of, he's not a big lover of boxing. He does it, and it's a little bit of, uh, it, it's a hobby, he calls it at one point, but he says flat out to the, to the fish and the turtles, Hey, if you guys could sing and dance, I wouldn't be doing this. It's his only discourse. <laughs> yeah. It's his only, it's his only, it's the only thing he's good at is fighting. There's something that was really great about his apartment when he's looking in the mirror and you can see him practicing a joke that he's going to tell Adrian the next yeah. day, mm-hmm. you know, about like the, you know, the moths, the moths, the there's, there's, there's too many moths in this turtle, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was just a really endearing because he really likes Adrian, and he really wants yeah. to be, he wants to nail the joke, and he wants to, like, yeah. put a smile on her face. It's a it's, terrible joke. It's a terrible joke. <laughs> all those jokes. They're, they're all bad. And then you see it, it, it pays off the next day. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you, just, like, you get to see how, how lonely he is, too. Mm-hmm. He's talking to his goldfish, he's talking to his turtles. And, yeah. And that kind of sad story does continue into the sequels, and we'll talk about that as we go, but it's... Very fascinating character, very layered, in-depth character. I disagree with the what you guys seem to think that he didn't love boxing. I mean, he wouldn't have kept doing it if he didn't love it. I mean, just being good at it isn't enough. It's a talent, and and, and talents can be curses when they don't pay off. But there's a reason he keeps doing it. There is something about it that keeps him going. When he loses his locker. It's it's a big moment for him. That's a fair yeah, point. That's yeah. a fair point. I yeah, I think it's it's maybe a marriage of of convenience a little bit because he does he does love it and it is something he's good at. But we do see in the later like especially in Rocky Two, where he tries to tries to stop boxing, just how just he has no other skill set basically no unless he wants to be like a grave digger. Like he has, he has no other skill set. He doesn't, you know, he didn't even graduate high school. I do think he likes boxing, and I do think it's it's kind of a marriage of convenience, right? And in the beginning, it's it's been nothing but heartache for him because he never gets yeah. recognized. Sure. The manager won't help him out. I mean, it's it's the loneliness. It's casted him into into loneliness. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I, I can see it on both ends for sure. And I think, like you said, a, a kind of like a marriage 
of how did you put it? A marriage of convenience. A marriage of convenience is interesting too because there is a flip side of that too. It's not just what boxing does for him, it's what he does for boxing and the sport calling him back. You yeah. see that through the, the later sequels too and even in this movie too where and, and we'll get into it as we go but when he gets his opportunity how he reacts to it is super interesting. And there's one, one thing I'll bring up in it is he holds on to some like some form of merit there. Is I don't know if you guys remember what his 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 crown achievement was. Yeah, his, in the his nose never broken his nose. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's a big deal for a boxer. Getting punched, never, getting, getting punched in the face all the time. Well, he also might not have been facing guys who good enough to break your nose. Well, yeah, I mean, with the first, <laughs> the the first round of the Apollo fight. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we've we've gotten to know his night job. Let's talk about his day job. We get to see old Rocky on the docks. And we meet after he shakes down a lonely soul who owes money. We meet Gazzo and Buddy. And Gazzo is basically the lone shark on the docks. And Rocky's his muscle. He kind of shakes down the people who owe him money. And Buddy is, of course, Gazzo's assistant. Gazzo is, is an interesting character. He's obviously, by the nature of what he does is not a good guy as far as the type of profession he has. Yeah, sure. But he's, he's good to Rocky. I, I always waited for the other shoe to drop on this guy. Totally And it never, he never, it never yeah. panned out. He always, always had Rocky's back, which was kind of, which was interesting because I think a lesser writer would have been, oh, okay, well, he would have gotten screwed over by this guy or he would have shown his true colors as a criminal. But he never did. He was always super supportive of Rocky, and it was great. And, and the movie, for some reason, really likes him. I mean, there's, there's moments in, in the final fight scenes when they keep going to his face yeah, and he's, seeing he's, his reaction. He's like a proud parent. I'm like, parent. why aren't they going to Adrian? He's, well, he's a proud, he's a proud parent. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think that says a little something there, too, is, is where maybe someone who looks at what Rocky does, who's a boxer by night, muscle by day, it's not doesn't define the kind of person he is. It shows that maybe Gazzo, though he's not in a, a role of someone that you'd look at and normally think that, hey, you know, this guy's contributing well to society. Well, he, he, he is good to Rocky. Yeah. I mean, he, he is worse than the Godfather when he kills people, but in the... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but so this is... Uh, <laughs> it is played by Joe Spinell, who's in the Godfather movies as well. He's probably most well-known for that. And he's also in Taxi Driver, another movie which was nominated for Best Picture this year, actually. And we'll talk about that a little bit at the end. Joe Spinell plays the Will Cece character in both Godfather movies. There's an interesting dynamic here with these three. And, and Buddy, the assistant, clearly does not like Rocky. And I think even <laughs> at one point, one point, Gazzo just flat out says, like, yeah, yeah, he doesn't like you. You know, you just, <laughs> some people are just aren't going to like some people. That's just yeah. life. So just deal with it. <laughs> So break your thumbs. <laughs> Good one, Rock. Right. I'll tell you what. It Good is. comeback, Rock. Take her to the zoo. Ugh. Rocky heads out to the gym, and we get to meet Mickey. Let's talk about Mickey. Mickey is a very interesting character. It's an interesting performance. What? Are, give me some opening thoughts here about about Mickey Grant. Well, I think if you wanted to hire a an actor to play a grizzled old boxing coach like a former boxer that's just been beaten down by life um i think it's perfect <laughs> i think it's i think it's great casting he pulls it off really well like even 
because he's you know the intensity and he's cursing at Rocky and all that stuff. But then that that scene where he he tries to get Rocky to you know he tries to have Rocky hire him as his manager mm-hmm. later on, and you see this there's like this broken man that Rocky's like his last shot of doing yeah. something important in boxing. I'm seventy six years. I'm seventy six years old. Well, and one of the things here too is because there's there's a kind of heated exchange between the two of them. Yeah. It's, it's when Rocky's losing his locker. It's a huge scene. It comes out, Mickey saw something huge in Rocky. Mickey saw Rocky as what could have been, in, yeah. at that point, what could have been a great fighter, but he just threw it away. Rocky didn't do the things that, that what Mickey felt was what a great fighter should do. He didn't dedicate himself in the way that he should have. So Mickey casts him side in his mind and in many ways in the in the gym one thing that's kind of interesting about this character to me is that there's tough love and then there's like showing zero love at all and that's yeah. kind of what and that's why like Wait. when they're trying to build this relationship of you could have been great but you chose to do this he really doesn't show rocky any actual interest until he has something to offer him. oh he totally uses rocky yeah. In the beginning, he totally uses Rocky, it's, and then Rocky knows that, but then Rocky realizes that he he can't do anything. He can't win without her. I mean, he, he flat out, out tells him to retire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 t- yeah. I totally disagree. Okay. Is that you have two characters now who have done both the wrong thing. Together, they are a dynamic. Apart, they're a mess. And Mickey did the wrong thing by totally, like what you said, it's not tough love, it's just zero and, and Rocky did the wrong thing by not dedicating himself to the profession. And so when they both did the wrong thing, they just went further away. Mickey realized, when Mickey, go, Mickey goes to his apartment and, and has hat in hand and pretty much says, I'm sorry, I screwed up. But he really needs, he really needs Rocky to admit that he screwed up too. And, and once Rocky gets that all out, he runs back after Mickey and says, you know, all right, I guess we could do this now, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know we'll get to that scene a little more. Like Burgess Meredith plays Mickey here, and he's obviously a veteran actor. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, he was nominated for the Oscar not just this year but the previous year as well. So he he's nominated for supporting actor two years in a row. He's our easy Batman connection this week as he played Penguin in the Adam West Batman movie in 1966. And then the series, yeah. And. Uh, I have not seen the Adam West Batman movie, but oh, it's so a, good. He's a great penguin. It's penguin. great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, he's he's the penguin in the Adam in the, West in the, in the sixties Batman. Yeah, perfect. Mm. Yeah. So, and and this role of Mickey was one that a lot of guys turned down because they did not want to play supporting to an unknown lead, <laughs> yeah. which is crazy. What to think egos, egos. Yeah, a lot of yeah. egos. Well, and thank God because. I'm telling you, no other actor could have played this role. This is just the perfect role. I think that there's some areas where the Mickey character is a little underdeveloped, where they could have given him a little more screen time, but they're working under the tight parameters they were working with. And it's it's hard when you have a really with the shoestring budget. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's hard. It's hard. You can't get those reshoots. You can't get mm-hmm. extra camera time for for secondary characters. It's just not yeah. They did. There was a lot that they cut bare bones of this like there's the scenes where he's running yeah they're shooting like better call Saul style like yeah. Saul Goodman is just running the, the, around the, with his the, camera the and, the, and the film crew right the gorilla commercials yeah yeah. Gorilla, yeah, yeah 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 so where he's just running and like there's they're not paying any extras so 
all the extras in that were just people walking around the street. And you can see natural reactions of them turning and just saying, well, who's this guy running with a, with a camera? And they got in the van and just drove around filming him running. I wondered about that, too, because I really don't know the geography of, of Philly, but I'm watching, like, where he's running. I'm like, none of these places connect. Like, <laughs> this is like a 30-mile yeah. run. They're all the places they it's can not, get away with well, filming it's not like, before I mean, they Philly's not a big city, so it's not like... You know, it's, it's not like he's running from, like, the financial district up to Harlem or something like that. So it's, yeah, yeah I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how plausible it is, but... Even in that last scene, the fight scene, they had trouble filming the arena. So a lot of those shots you see the crowd are just stock footage of crowds and other venues and stuff yeah. just to kind of make it look like it was a packed be- arena. Beef it up a little bit. Yeah. We get our confrontation with Rocky and Mickey and lots of bums being tossed left and right. <laughs> Rocky moves to the next little section of his life, which is the pet shop. And I, there's two pet shop scenes. I love them both. I love Rocky and the pet shop. Yeah, it's definitely. one of the things definitely. that, like, looking back on this movie, I always think of just him in there. The worm's going to get you. The worm's yeah, going to get worm, you. <laughs> With the birds and, and Buckus and the and meat Adrian. shop owner. And, 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 his, and Adrian, his yeah. sort of courting of Adrian is such a fun interesting it, it's a it, yeah totally interesting dynamic and at its peak in these pet shop scenes for me absolutely it the the, the awkwardness is like palpable oh. in such a great way yeah it's, it's uncomfortable it's, but it's it's, it's heartwarming it's endearing it's endearing well, yeah she totally. is and she's so great because she she gives almost no response but there's t- there is a moment uh, the owner comes in and asks her to do something. She turns away and she has this big smile. Yeah, and she she looks she, she looks back so real, real quick. By yeah, him, but I think there's a fear there. Yeah, there's a total fear. She's crippled by the fear and yeah. just a very antisocial character. Doesn't know how to doesn't know how to interact. Yeah, socially and and, and really neither does Rocky. He just <laughs> he, <laughs> he just right. doesn't know in a right. different way. but one is very extroverted and one's very introverted. Yeah, and yeah, they right. and they go to their extremes. The more they don't know what they're doing. So when yeah. Rocky is uncomfortable, he he's, talks. He's, when he's she's uncomfortable, says, she's yeah, dead he, quiet. That's where he says all of his jokes and all that. Yeah. <laughs> and that and that is is explained. I think Mickey asks is well, why do you like her? No, Paulie. We, Paulie. Yeah, this, yeah, Paulie. There's too many E's in there. Why do you like her? And it's like, well, we fill each other's gaps. We fill gaps. Yeah, yeah it fills gaps. I kind of like that the pet shop owner too is just like. So over this too, you know. She's like, yeah. oh god, we we go again. Like, just, just get in the basement and do some work. Yeah, you get that invite to the basketball game too. Where hey, we want to see a basketball <laughs> game. See the basketball game. She's just like looking at him mortified. I, I can't see Rocky at a Sixers game. I just, yeah. I just can't. I just can't picture it. So Rocky goes from the pet shop right to the bar, and he picks the bum up, throws him over the actual yeah. bum, yeah. Uh, throws him over his shoulders, brings him into the bar, which is just what any bartender wants to see. Let's let's pull the people in the street and yeah. throw them into throw, the bar. Right. Guys, I was like passed out. Right. On the I just sidewalk. got this guy out of the bar. And he's yeah. pulling more people in. He gives it to a guy. Right? He says, "I found a friend for you." Yeah, great. Throws him at a, throws him at a stool. Yeah, just what we need around here. And we're gonna meet Paulie here in this scene. Paulie, right out of the gate, he's. Rocky's chewing him off. Like, well, why won't your sister give me a chance? Why won't your sister give me a chance? And Paulie's just like, well, she's a loser and you're a loser too. You know, like, well, <laughs> yeah. what to tell you? You're both yeah, dirty. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, you know, so you want knocking down, knocking down your door, you know. Paulie is more or less like the provider here for, for this, for these two. I mean, he's Rocky's only friend, it seems like. Yeah, that's what, that's what it seems like. He's supporting his sister. He's, des- he's desperate to get 
Adrian out of the house. He's desperate to get her a man. Yeah. So he doesn't have to... Well, because in his mind, he's hold, she's holding him back, which is not the case, but... That, that comes up later, and that's not really true. And, and Adrian brings up a very poignant point. He keeps her there. He oh, no, scares I'm her. He tells her she's yeah. a loser. She never leaves, so she does his clothes. She does his yeah. makes food. She cleans after but, him. But like it, but through his but through his warped psyche, he feels that she's holding him back. Right, and it's and it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Right. The scene here at the end of the bar scene, I, I love when they see Apollo on TV. Yeah, and it's just Rocky and the bartender, and the bartender. Kind of says some like not great racial, racial slurs toward, no, toward, toward Apollo that don't age great, and then just you know more or less demeans him, and Rocky is just completely taken back, and he's he's the champ, he's the champion of the world. Are you going to talk about the champ that way? I mean, he he saw a shot and he took it. Yeah. What shot did you ever take? Yeah. And then I kind of like the bartenders. I'll take a shot. Well, but I like it too. It's like I'm a small business owner. All right, yeah. this is my shot. I'm like yeah. you. You open a small business. Yeah. <laughs> right, and he will later on in the series. But it's a great scene to be introduced to Apollo and to see him up yeah. through the scratchy TV and Rocky in on the bar and the distance between the two of them. He's yeah. up there. He took his shot. He's up above, and the TV is positioned. Yeah, the TV's positioned in the upper corner of the bar, up above both of both of Rocky and the bartender, and it's it's like he's in a different world. Mm-hmm. And at this point in the in the story, I mean, if we don't know anything about Rocky, I mean, this, this guy is not a champion. This guy's no. just barely hanging on. No, their world, their worlds apart. So Rocky leaves the bar, and as, as he's just he's just having a very lengthy day here. As he goes about all these encounters, all these people. <laughs> and he's going to cap his night off with little Marie. Uh, Marie is the sassy-mouthed 12-year-old who's hanging, <laughs> hanging around with the older kids smoking cigarettes. And Marie kind of gives him the business. What do you guys think about this scene? I, I think Marie is... Listen, I'm a New York Giants fan. Okay. Hell and when yeah. I think of Eagles fans... I think of little Marie growing up, just like I can see her twenty-one years later being on her feet applauding when Michael Irving like broke his spine, and she's like, and she's at Bed Stadium just like cursing and, and clapping. I can I can see little Marie B becoming that person, uh, dumping her beer on a quiet couple yeah, of just like fans some, some, somebody somebody wearing a Joe Theismann jersey. She just dumps a beer a, on him, full beer gives on him the finger. So I mean. That's that's so I I feel like it's perfect. Philly's finest. But again, it it shows it shows the heart of Rocky. It shows that he's a caring a caring person. He wants to see people, especially people in his neighborhood, do well and not just fall into the you know the same cycle that he does, where he sees other people falling into. Yeah, and while he lives a quiet, lonely life, he's not trapped in his own little world. He's extending his world out to everyone that he encounters, whether yeah. it's people at the gym, whether it's the pet shop, whether it's walking home from the bar, whether it's picking someone up and bringing him into the bar. He's, he's around people all the time. He's a man of the people. And the thing too is that that's the fight. I mean, life is the fight. There's the fight in the ring and there's the fight out in the, in the world. And he hasn't been pl- dealt a good hand, yet he still gets out and he plays it. And he, and he reaches out and he nurtures and he doesn't let it doesn't let it take from who he is. And, and that's, that's what makes a true fighter. And I think he says so much in later movies, but, but it's really, but that's the essence of, of Rocky is that 
every day he goes out and he, he fights. So now we're gonna step out of Rocky's world for the first time in this movie, and we're gonna step into Apollo's world. Mm. And Apollo needs an opponent here because his planned opponent broke his wrist, I think it's... Something like that, yeah. yeah. broke his wrist. You have Apollo, Apollo's handler, and Duke, who's not credited as Duke in this movie. He's, he's just accredited as Apollo's trainer. But One thing that I just admire about Apollo is, is that he gets the business. He gets the bigger picture. He gets the grand scheme oh, of things. Yeah. He thinks theatrically. He thinks about the pageantry. He, it, everything that he does is to build more. And there's even, there's a scene later on, he's just sitting there and he's just talking numbers with his people. And, oh, these figures here and that figures, you just, you get a sense of how well he manages his money too. Yeah. And that will, later on in the series will come into play too. With sure. How maybe Rocky does not fit in that category. And you have Duke sitting at the TV screen going, uh, champ, you may want to take a look at this <laughs> yeah, guy. He sees the news footage. Yeah, when he sees the news footage. Rocky. Rocky. We're serious. Like, yeah, 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 we're serious too. Well, we're well, serious Duke, too. Duke is the one who tells him not to fight a southpaw. Yeah, when, yeah. They're, when they're going yeah. through the yeah, You don't Duke. want to fight Southpaw. Every, yeah. Everything's yeah. bad. I don't want yeah. you to fight a Southpaw. <laughs> oh, a Southpaw, I don't care. So let's, I want to talk a little bit about Apollo and Apollo's character right now and, and Carl Weathers' performance. I think this movie works, but it doesn't work nearly as well without a big persona here in the Apollo character. And we've seen the story told a million times where the, the big, you have the big grizzly heel who everyone wants to see go down. Right. At the end, and the little guy rises up and knocks off Goliath. That's not Apollo. Apollo is not a... He's not a, a grizzly, angry, dirty heel. No, he's beloved. Yeah. Pe pe people's champ. People love him. He's not... As a character, he's not necessarily likable for the viewer, but not in the way that mo movies normally portray him. Okay. You roll your eyes at him when he comes out dressed as George Washington in the rowboat. <laughs> I mean, the nobody is going, yeah, that is cool. You know, but uh, they were in the crowd at that time, you know. And, and you're going to say, oh, I want to see this guy get knocked out. Because he's that, he, he's that A-Rod type of, type of, yeah. of champ. I mean, yeah, he's, he's flesh. The point is that the battle isn't, the way I see it, the battle isn't trying to defeat evil. It's trying to climb the mountain. Yeah. And, and, and with, with Apollo being, I mean, he is charismatic, he's smart, he's clever, uh, he is, and he's the fine-tuned heavyweight champion. He, in many ways, he's everything that Rocky is not. Yeah. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's why it makes almost the man versus machine thing, is, is that he has to climb this mountain that... Really, he has no business even even going up against. Apollo Creed is basically everything a boxer strives to be, where yeah. he is, he, yeah, like like everything you said, like he's he's an excellent boxer. He's charismatic. He's smart. He's smart in and out of the boxing ring, which is which is something that is like you said, just completely foreign to Rocky. And it's <laughs> and it's it's not yeah, it's not about like a good guy versus a bad. This guy isn't like. Dirt bag or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, he's on the screen. He's on the screen. Be an architect. Yeah. Be a writer. Yeah. Go back to school. Right. Finish college. Right. You know, he's he's the picture of success. Yeah. yeah. He is the picture of success. Yeah, exactly. The American dream. He's the yeah. American dream personified. 
And but let's not fool ourselves. He's a shit talker too, though. I want you. Yeah. I want you. Well, yeah, but this, because I want you. Stallion, a boxer. Yeah. yeah. Give me a name, name a boxer that isn't a shit, like a real boxer, not Rocky Balboa. <laughs> right, right. That isn't a shit talker. You know, yeah. and and that's part of that's part of the game too. He knows. He knows how to play. But yeah. But the thing too, when he's doing the numbers, and and Duke's sitting there saying, "Oh, you might want to watch this," is. Apollo has everything except, and that except is he's lost what it was to be to, to be hungry. The eye, to, to the, really eye the, the eye, the, the eye of the tiger. Yeah, the eye of yeah. the tiger, and 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 I think that's a real comment on on you, you know you were saying the American dream is the American dream takes you there, but once you get there. Don't lose it, yeah. or you'll lose. It's it. hard. It's hard to stay hungry. And it's yeah. That's a theme that's going to continue through the movies and and through the sequels. And I, I think that personally, I think that he's my favorite character in the entire series. He's, he's mine too. You know, even oh, even yeah. though he's not in the Creed movies, his presence, the storytelling that it takes to get there, yeah. even yeah. through. The shittiest of Rocky movies, like Rocky Five, there's still elements of the story that is he, told in an, in, an, in a necessary way that leads all the way up to to, to the creeds. Apollo Creed casts a tremendous shadow mm-hmm. on Rocky's life, yeah. and and it just it continues decades decades later. For the record, let me just say that Apollo Creed might be the best name in cinema history. Yeah, it's right Apollo there. Apollo Creed is an amazing. <laughs> name it's perfect it's like it's perfect (laughs) well the funny thing too is is he has a comment and there goes hollow creed meets the italian stallion sounds like a damn monster movie (laughs) and i I was thinking like put apollo creed meets anyone it sounds like a monster it's amazing it's alluded to this scene earlier where it's gazzo again with buddy and rocky and we have our uh take her to the zoo yeah. Take it to the oh, zoo. God, yeah. More. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my wife is a special needs teacher. I hate right. that. Uh, I, I hate yeah, that word. Oh, horrible. horrible. It, it really, horrible. It, it's, like, it's like the only thing that like, it's the only word that really irks me. I don't think it would show up on in a movie today. No, no and, and we. Not really. Well, we talked about it a little in the, in the Rain Man episode with the R word and calling someone a retard. It's definitely not. Listen, here's the thing with this. It. it I'm okay with there being an authenticity to the language, and it, there is a line, and there is a diciness, sure. and, and I think that if we're take, if we're looking at inner city Philly in the '70s, to try to insert 2020 language into it, let's be a little realistic here, you know, as to what it would be. That being said, I think that like if this is in 2020. I don't know if people are necessarily so casually tossing out that word yeah, to the point not, that it not, would be, not as much it's certainly anymore. not going to be in a script today. Right. And I don't even know if in inner city Philly, Philly that's just going to be a, a word that you'd throw out there just because it's kind of been retired. Yeah, in, in our way. language, yeah. in, our, in our lexicon. It's an interesting point, too. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that um, we're so superior nowadays that they, they just didn't even consider things back then. And, and really, when you look at the scene, um, it's a guy that no viewer is meant to like ever. If you like that character, oh, sh- there's something yeah, wrong sure. with you. Sure. It's so, not like I watched and I'm ready to pick up a pitchfork or something yeah. like that. But it's, you know, like, if, like you said, if they, if they wrote the script today, that would, not, that would not be in there.
take her to the zoo. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> we, we then go to the – so we talked about the dictionary and uh, I just love that. I love the, the whole idea that we have like the atlas of boxers and Apollo's just flipping through the pages. He's going he's gonna to give the Willy Wonka golden ticket to one sure. sad sack boxer in this list. And it's the Italian stallion that pops out to him. <laughs> Apollo comes up with this like Columbus, Christopher Columbus – and he discovered America. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great on the birthday of <laughs> the anniversary? Of yeah. I thought it's <laughs> amazing. It's, it's a very, it's, it's a very, it's very simple. But again, like this is something that like they taught in schools in the in the seventies. And just before, like everyone really knew about like Eric the Red <laughs> and like and how like Scandinavians actually landed here first. And uh, we to bring up the Rain Man again, just because this is one of the things that kind of came up. Grant, last time you and Chris were here, we were talking about a movie being dated and how, like, a period piece is you're making a movie about a different time at a different time. Sure. And one of the things that, where if you're watching Ram Man, which a movie I love, it's very clear that it's in the 80s. It's an 80s movie. Yeah. And there's 80s rust all over it. This is a 1976 movie that takes place in 1976. Yeah. Or the mo- moments leading up to New Year's on 1976. Sure. I don't think when you watch this movie, it looks dated to me. I think that we've talked about some of the language here might be a little dated, but it, to me, it's not trapped within 1975, 1976. No, I, 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 I feel like the 80s was something very specific with... The production, production, the music, everything yeah. like that was very of its time, and yeah, I mean there there are a lot of movies in, that were made in the seventies that are clearly in the seventies. We say, all know it. Okay, it was made in nineteen seventy six, but if you had to watch it not knowing that, and then we were asked what year was this made, it might be tough. I mean, to be honest, before I looked it up, I I guessed. I was like, eh, I know it's seventies. I did know that. So I picked 79. There's, there's nothing in this movie that's like, no one's walking around in leisure suits. Like, Saturday Night Fever feels like a very 70s movie yeah. that's yeah. covered in 70s rust. Yeah. The, the suits are the one thing that this movie does, does date itself with. Sure. I yeah, mean, like I mean, Jer- the, Jergen, Jergen's outfit, the, uh, the promoter, like his, yeah, his... The Loan Shark's outfit. Yeah, sure. Um, that's the one thing, but it's so minimal in the movie yeah. that you don't really catch it. It's Thanksgiving and Rocky's... And Paulie are headed home, and Rocky keeps asking Paulie, she knows I'm coming, right? She knows yeah. that I'm coming over, right? She knows I'm coming over? Yeah, 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 yeah. And basically, Rocky shows up on Thanksgiving, and Adrian has no idea. This whole scene inside the house on Thanksgiving, uncomfortable, jarring, the turkey out the door. Oh, uh, yeah. Just, you, you go here, and you're just like, what is going on in this guy's, Paulie's head? Yeah, he's insane. <laughs> he's insane. <laughs> I mean, imagine, imagine starting off a first date like this. Because <laughs> that's what this is. Yeah. It's basically a, it's <laughs> yeah. basically like a first date. This is a date. nightmare. Yeah. He just takes the turkey. She's like, I'm cooking this turkey. He takes it and just throws it outside it, all except for the leg, which he's just eating like a Viking. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. Right. that's right. Throw the turkey out the window, eh, minus a wing that I'm going to eat yeah. for myself. Like, yeah, he's like, you throw it by the leg, holding onto the leg. The thing detaches <laughs> at the hip. It detaches, and he just kept the leg for himself. I mean, it's a power move. Yeah, and, and if you have him pounding on the door, and then he's like, all right, Rocky, give it a shot. Rocky goes up to the door and tries to... Talking to I've never talked to a door never before. To, I don't know what to say. I've never talked to a door before. <laughs> I wonder how much of it's improv and how much... And you got to think a lot it of it felt, is probably It felt improv. very... Like, that's, that's the, 
the great thing about this movie is that the kind of, all the dialogue felt very natural. It really yeah. did. It really felt very. Na- I mean, if it was scripted, it's brilliant. Yeah, but it, it felt it felt very natural. It probably helps that he's the writer. Yeah, and yeah. he wrote the screenplay, sure. so he can take whatever liberty he wants. And he's really writing his own voice anyway. Finally, the door opens. She's ready to go on a date. And I love when they get outside. The old uh, well, it's Thanksgiving, and he goes, "Well, to me, it's just Thursday." Yeah, which is. Very sad. Yeah, very yeah, sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Rocky, and that's what we, where he's kind of, he's got some cheer in his very sad existence. Mm-hmm. You know, in his depressing existence, he doesn't, you don't really ever see him depressed in this movie. Yeah. And I think that says a lot about his climb. The date is about to happen here. It's their first date at the ice skating rink. Now, this... We're going to talk about our favorite scenes at the end of this, and this is a big candidate for me, for sure. I absolutely love this scene. It's dynamics, the dialogue between them, how it's shot, and this is a, and there's a few examples in this movie of happy accidents, and this is one of them. This was supposed to be an operating ice skating rink filled with people All right. on a regular day, and essentially only one extra showed up. So oh, wow. there was a miscommunication or whatever, and one guy showed up. And they're like, oh, well, well, we got to cancel and do this on another day. And they just said, no, we can't, if we can't lose a day. He'll just be, this guy will just be the, the owner and they'll be closed. And I'll just beg him to let me in. And you get this scene. Wow. And it's, this movie has, a, there's a few of these little moments here where this happens. It just shows you that this movie, this series... This man, Stallone, was just, there was a, there was, this was charmed. And yeah. this was meant to happen. They get out on the ice, the two of them, and to me, the dynamic that we talked about before with the awkwardness where she doesn't know what to say and he doesn't know when to stop saying it, it starts to now click. Mm-hmm. And we talked about filling gaps and all that. Like, you can kind of now, for the first time, they're getting a real dynamic about each other. And I asked you guys to each kind of pull a quote. I pulled a rather large one from this segment, and it's, because he doesn't really stop talking, the kind of whole thing becomes a quote. So I, I have it here. This scene to me and him talking and the, and the ring, eight minutes, seven minutes, yeah. three minutes, the anxiety you get as it's going. And he's trying to keep the conversation going. He's trying to get as much, as much in as he can before and, he has to stop. And it's yeah. great. So here's, so here's the, the, the quote here. He goes, like I was saying, and I'm not going to try to attempt to read this in a, in a dopey, rocky voice. I'm just going to read it. Like I was saying on the way over here, fighting used to be tops for me, but no more, you know? See, all I wanted to do out of fighting was not be no bum. Show that I had the stuff to, to make a good pro, you know? Hey, I ain't crying about it. I still fight. I still kind of do it like a hobby. See, I tell you what the trouble is, is I'm a southpaw. A southpaw means you're left-handed. A southpaw throws your timing off. See... Other guys throws their timing off, makes them look awkward. Nobody wants to look awkward, you know? You know where Southpaw came from? I'll tell you. A long time ago, there was this guy, maybe a couple hundred years ago. He was fighting in, uh, I think it was around Philadelphia. And he was left-handed. His arm was facing toward New Jersey, you see? That's South. So naturally, they called him a Southpaw, you see? Southpaw, South Jersey, South Camden, Southpaw, you know? You know what I mean? I don't know. Things probably worked out for the best, don't you think? So <laughs> this quote to me, man, it just it so sums up the character of Rocky Balboa yeah. where he's he's trying 
to explain to her what his grander dreams are within being a boxer, but it's unclear to him what they really even are. And he just wants to show that he's not a bum. Right. I'm not a bum. And then, uh, but people tell me I'm a southpaw. And he's kind of, he's using this while I'm a southpaw. But you can hear that that's just because, well, that's what people told him. Like, hey, you're a southpaw. It's never going to work. So I guess, I guess it's just meant to be. I guess that's just the way it is. And I love his anecdote of explaining to her what a, what a southpaw yeah. is. None of this is true. Like, this isn't... What yeah. so the, it's funny because I watched yeah. that scene. And I'm like, oh, that's where that comes from. Okay, <laughs> a couple a couple hundred years ago, like a couple hundred years ago. So I, I think it was in Philadelphia, right? It's just like you could see like his yeah. like we talked about him before, not being schooled, not right, not at graduating high school. His world is Philadelphia and South Jersey, South South Camden, South Paw. That's yeah. that's what he knows. The term South Paw is a baseball term. Late 1800s and baseballs get picking up steam and being played professionally. All the stadiums are built in a certain way that when the sun goes down, it's not in the batter's eye. Okay, so the pitcher so is always so facing... So the pitcher's facing west. Pitcher's always facing west. And when a left-handed pitcher's pitching, his, his arm is pointed south. south. So there's, he's a southpaw, and that's where it came from. So there is some sort of... You know, he, he surmised it in a certain way where he put it in boxing. When he was fighting, he was pointing to... South Jersey, and she's just nodding her head and nodding her head and, and happy to be there and happy to hear him talk and happy to, and, and you really get to see them click. To me, the story of Rocky is the story of Rocky and Adrian, mm-hmm. and they're the movie. The boxing, while it plays a significance in their lives, it's about his connection with Adrian mm-hmm. and it's about how they've, they've come together. And I just love this moment. To me, this moment is, is the first time you really see them connect. It's a really great scene. It's you know, because they, they also talk about how, you know, like, oh, my father told me I better use my body because, you know, I don't have much of a brain. And she said, well, my mother told me the exact opposite. Yeah. And it, built, it, it fills in completely with the, you know, I got gaps, she got gaps. The comment you had about this is a movie of Rocky and Adrian, I felt the same way when I, I rewatched this twice since we decided we were going to do this. The first time I watched it, I felt the same way. And I hadn't kind of taken that in back when I watched it in college. It is a story of Rocky and Adrian, in my feeling, but it's, that's an important piece of the bigger story. And, and it's, it's not a coincidence that Rocky's relationship with Adrian starts to really take off at the same time that he's getting this huge opportunity to fight Apollo. So when Rocky's brought in to and offered this fight against Apollo, his initial answer is no. And the point is, he's a champ. I'm not. I can't fight him. And then he's, and he's goaded into, not goaded, but he's, he's got to be convinced. He's persuaded. He's persuaded. And, and, it's, and it's like, this is the chance of a lifetime. No one ever gets this chance. And so he eventually says yes after being persuaded. And it's, it's not a coincidence that these two things happen at once. At the same time, he's learning how to be a fighter. He's learning how to uh, connect with another human being, which he's, he's very much secluded from interpersonal, intimate interpersonal relationships. It is a story about Rocky and Adrian. It's also a story about the growth and development of, of the hero. It's the hero's journey. Yeah. And you can't do it without the heart. And those two things are running parallel. 
Yes, you exactly. Know, where, where he's building his life outside of the ring and building his life inside of the ring, too. Let's take this time to talk a little bit about Adrian. We've already talked about Mickey and Apollo. And we'll st- I'll kind of start this conversation off with a question we proposed on Twitter by one of our loyal tw- Twitter followers, Catherine Short. And she's uh, always a contributor on social media and at Kathy Short on Twitter. And she asks, Talia Shire received a Best Actress nomination for Rocky. People often discount the importance of Adrian in this film and Shire's performance. Do you think that she makes a valuable contribution? And how would you feel if she had won that Best Actress award? I think the nomination is well warranted. I think she does a great job with it. Her role is pivotal in the story. Yeah. Her role is just as important as Rocky's. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know who else was nominated that year to compare it, but if she won, I wouldn't have hated that at all. I feel like it would have been well-deserved. I mean, I, I 100% agree in everything you just said. She plays the role perfectly in, in the sense, how do you... It's easy to play an actor with a lot of, a lot of lines and a lot of grandiose actions... She has the opposite. She's got to be the quiet, secluded. It's a super subdued role, and it's it's kind of tough. Like I would say, it's tough to just be the one that's being pursued without really contributing to the pursuit. It's just it, and the tension and the uncomfortable nature of all of their encounters up until this point of the yeah. movie is it's really tough to translate into the audience and in a way that that makes them still like both the people that are interacting. Yeah, it's 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 not an easy thing to basically in the beginning have no dialogue and for everyone to kind of pick up everything that your character is about. And to be so powerful, to be one of the main driving source forces in Rocky's life. When he finishes that match, she's the first thing that he that he calls out for. He doesn't yeah. want to talk to reporters. He doesn't want the cameras. He wants Adrian. Yeah. And 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 she has to convince the crowd that. By really saying nothing. Now, Talia Shire, this is one of her nominated roles. The other one is for her role in Godfather 2, and she's in both Godfather movies playing yeah. playing Connie. And she is the younger sister of... Yes, she is the, she is the sole Corleone daughter. The actual sister of Francis Ford Coppola. There is a relationship. I'm not sure... Exactly what... And exactly what it is. Yeah, but yeah. this was kind of her way to separate from him. Yeah. In, well, yeah. In this, yeah. This role, and she 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 jumped on it because the budget was so low that they had to really carefully connect with the casting. And yeah, they, they couldn't go out and get like Meryl Streep or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and they're better off for it. Really. Oh, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, no. It's, it's everything about this movie is that it's just a bunch of happy accidents. These things that just kind of yeah. happen that would completely derail a movie. It worked in their favor. Just little things in this movie. We talked about the ice skating rink having to. to called the audible and, and changed the scene to an empty rink the the scene where he's running through the crowd in the market and the store owner flips him an orange yeah that yeah. totally just happened yeah yeah the guy just saw this guy running and he just flipped him an orange and they and they saw it it was just like you know, little wow. moments like it's that create such because electricity because what that does is that just that fills in like an unnecessary but it's a really great it fills in like a backstory that he's there all the time and it just, you just feel like there's a sense of community there. Very cool. So we thank Catherine Short for that question. Yeah. And thanks, she, well, uh, thanks, Catherine. Yes, and she, yeah. uh, she runs a blog. To, you can check it out through her Twitter account. She has 
rated every Oscar nominee and winner ever, so you can check that out. She's a little writer for each one. And she gave the best rating to Shakespeare in Love, right? Oh. <laughs> well, we won't. <laughs> You'll have to look that one up, Brendan, and see how that went. Just had to throw that in there. <laughs> we brought this up, and Rocky's now... He's at the gym. He's uh, given Apollo's people's number. He thinks it's just going to be for sparring partner. He explains to him, no, 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 you're going to get the title shot. And his reaction is gold to me. And I, this movie zigs every time every other movie zags. Yeah. I just love that part of it. I love, like, you're expecting him to jump up out of his seat and go, oh, my God, I get a title shot. Yeah. And he just looks at him and goes, ah, no, no. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm, I'm no champ. He's the champ. I'm not the champ. Man, I, I don't want to go back into this conversation from last week or, or from the last time we met here, Grandpa. Could you imagine this movie with voiceover? No. I mean, it would be awful. Well, especially like Rocky's voice. Yeah. Like, I, I, uh, but, you know, I didn't want to do it. They didn't know what was going on, so they called me yeah. into Apollo's office. I figured they were just looking for a sparring. Oh, yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. like the director's yeah. cut? No, yeah. no, I'm saying if there was like there's voiceover, voice there's a narrator. Throughout yeah, the movie. he asked me if I wanted to be oh. your paper on a title shot. I was flabbergasted. You know? <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. No, that would have been terrible. For two I mean, hours, that would have been would, terrible. It, this would be a cult classic that people just talk about. I mean, this is, it goes from being one of the best movies of all time, not because well, of that. I love that you guys assume that Rocky's going to be the voiceover. Why, why not Paulie? Or we could just oh, have I mean, that, That'd be even worse. Oh, I man. met this guy, Rocky. We were I'm friends about a friend of mine. <laughs> or maybe they just bring in Ray Liotta to just do it, you know? <laughs> all right, so Rocky, goes, we're going down that rabbit hole. I don't want to do it. Uh, the reason that I brought that up, and we'll talk about this later, is, is that it goes up against Taxi Driver for the best picture, and that's a heavily narrated movie, and a movie that I actually think is one of Scorsese's best, and I think that the narration works really well in that, we'll talk about it at the end, but it's just, it's interesting to watch this movie and see that, in lesser hands, they could have put, they could have put narration into this, and I think it would have ruined it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think narration is really, really necessary in this movie. Like, yeah, it's necessary in Taxi Driver because... Well, Artie B will tell you it's not necessary ever. Well, he's wrong. <laughs> but it, in, in, tax, I mean, in Taxi Driver, it kind of... Because you you're delving into the psyche of, of uh, an unhinged person. Well, if you want to hear four grown adults argue about voiceover, you can check out our Broadway <laughs> Melody episode where we talk about Goodfellas and Gangs of New York and Scorsese and all sorts of stuff there. So, But we're going to move on here with this one. We have our Mickey scene now. This has got to be up there with one of the, one of the more powerful scenes or one of the more effective scenes this, in, in the movie. This is my favorite scene of the movie. Okay. Yeah. Two guys in extremely low points in their lives trying to, trying to make this work. And at first, Rocky wants no part of it, and it's understandable why. Mickey's been giving him the cold shoulder for years. Years. Yeah. And, you know, and the first thing Mickey does... In that conversation, you know the first thing he does when he walks in? No. Insert, insults his turtles. It's <laughs> the first thing. Because yeah, when, right. when Mickey comes in, Rocky's relatively cordial and friendly with him. Yeah. And then he goes, what are these? Those are my turtles, Cuff and Link. <laughs> they make good soup. Yeah. And you can see Rocky's face change Just at that like moment. That. And he doesn't even make eye contact with him. Throughout his entire, right. he talks about this whole, the whole, the good old days, and back then. That's how I got these. That's how I got these years. And you look yeah. at Rocky; he won't even look at him. He's, he's like, I, "Get this guy out of here." Yeah, 
And then he goes, he hides in the bathroom, and then... He knows what he's here for, too. But, he goes, oh, he, oh, now he wants to tackle. The, so, one of my favorite parts is when when Rocky goes into the bathroom, Mickey is about to leave, takes a breath, and closes the door back, then Rocky comes out of the bathroom. Right. See, they, he still has the left hand. Right. They like, close back <laughs> the door. Back, yeah. I love it. Like, right. it's such, that's such like a human... That's such a real moment. That feels yeah, like such a yeah. real thing. Yeah, and then... You know, the last thing, I think the last thing Mickey says is, I'm 76 years old. Yeah. This is his last shot to do yeah. anything. And this is it. Yeah, this is, this is his last chance to make it. And so he'll, he'll leave now. Now, this next little monologue that Rocky has, don't worry, I'm not going to read it. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping you would, actually. Entirely improv Really? Entirely improv Amazing. Yeah, he... It's he, great. Who's monologue? Mickey's or uh, Rocky's? Rocky's so when, so when Mickey is headed here, down the stairs oh, and walking one, away man. and he just goes, okay. this place stinks! And, what, and apparently the bathroom <laughs> actually reeked. Did stink, really? yeah. And that, led, that, that well, fired him up though. too. And yeah, so, and he just kind of went off and, and that's, again, is just another... It's, a, it's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing scene and then Rocky chases after him and you don't know what, you don't know what they say but you know what they say. And it's and it's, again, be- it's really yeah, beautiful. The wide the wide shot. Thing. Talk about the movie zigging when other movies zag. You know, it doesn't show you them shaking. Ha- I mean, it shows no. you shaking hands, but doesn't, doesn't you don't hear this emotional speech with strings playing in the background and la da 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 da. You got the fight, and then they man to man figured it out between them and got it together. Well, and to, and to me too, and I and I kind of talked about this earlier was that it's. Mickey's with his hat in hand, but but you're right too. He's not he's not like his tail between the legs. It's also he's still trying to be the tough guy. He's still trying to be the manager. Yep. And and they they need each other, and they both know it, and it drives the two of them crazy. Yeah. Is Mickey needs Rocky, and Rocky needs Mickey, and they're both at the they're both on their last shot. This is Rocky's last shot. This is Mickey's last shot. Yeah. This is it. And 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 look at two. Fighters try to tell each other they need each other. It's, I mean, and this is what you get. Yeah, yeah. And now this is kind of where the movie shifts into into boxing. Well, we did skip over a very important scene that uh, I do want to just touch on too. Is and it's a scene which is kind of if there's a problematic scene yeah. in this movie, this would be it. And this is at the end of the date when. Uh, Rocky gets Adrian to come into his apartment and they're hanging in the apartment and she's not comfortable. She wants to call her brother. She wants to leave. 2020 may not age perfectly yeah. with the hand on the door and... and him, him, like this mass, this massive man blocking her from, le- oh. from leaving. The well, there's an even better part of this scene. Sofa cushion up on the wall with the army knife holding it up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if that's not a first day's has, dream, I don't he know. Has, yeah, he has like knives as like a hat rack. Like he has like. Yeah. There's the. Where's your phone? Nah, I had them. I had them unplug it. it was, oh, yeah, there's yeah. no way. I got people. I got people calling me too much. <laughs> so without that was that was the scene because I because it's been a while since I've seen Rocky. When, you know, I, I watched it for this obviously, but like before then, it's been a while, and I kind of forgot things here and there I'm watching him like he doesn't I was like he gets her up there but like I don't think he I don't think he tries anything like that doesn't seem like Rocky to try something like this it seems like he's too good of a guy to get this meek woman up up to his place and then try to sleep with her it didn't seem like 
like the Rocky thing to do, and sure enough, he does it. <laughs> and I, and I, I was like watching. That's it. I'm funny. like, I mean, she tries to leave, and he puts I, his I hand in the watch, door and does not let her leave. I was watching. I mean, like, ooh, yeah. This, it's a, it, this there's, is so he has said that this is his favorite scene in the movie, um, uh, but because. The way that he explains it is, is that is that this is the symbolism of Rocky getting Adrian to come out of her shell and to and to become the woman that she is and to and to overcome her fears. It doesn't. It gets lost in translation to today, and it's probably the one thing, other than a couple of the language things we talked about, that doesn't age the best in this movie. Yeah. Is it, that that does not in today's society the way the way you look at it is that does not necessarily come through. It is a shame that we have to go back and look at these movies and translate it to today's way of thinking and, and this and that. It's not totally cool though. I mean, it's let's not, say it's, it's really not, not cool. He's like, come on, sit it down. Is, there's like ro- like crumpled up newspaper next to. Like, it's not a it's not a romantic apartment. Yeah, it barely some, stinks. Somewhere Aziz Azari is watching this and go, oh, come on. I, I didn't even – all I said was come upstairs and I got in trouble. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's one of those things where it's, it's, hard, it's hard not to look through it in today's like, – obviously it's, it's the 70s and it's, it's different. But it is, it is like this muscular guy that fights for a living not taking no for an answer. Yeah, it's, it's, and not, it's, it's not great. And it's, it's not, not great. in an it's, apartment it's, that is like – Yeah, and, and, and a serious <laughs> – in a right, serial, a, in a serial, you got, you got the same knife he uses in Rambo tied yeah. to the wall with yeah. it. With it but he's ba- got no phone. It's basically Travis Bickle's apartment. <laughs> and it's just like... <laughs> Who knows if these turtles are snapping turtles? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't look great. and That doesn't age well, but, you know, of its... There, there, listen, there are so many movies that were... Things happened that were acceptable of its time... That are not acceptable now. Yeah, I think we can all agree it's, it's probably not cool it's, to have a to have a professional fighter refuse to let someone leave. You know, and, and this, <laughs> it's this not a great look. It's not to, a great look. This goes back to what I was saying before: is I wonder what it was thought of then? Because were they really thinking that this was a cool scene? Like it's, I think, I think, I, 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 think, can't answer me, that. I think, yeah. I mean, we can only speculate, right? I think, I, I, obviously, it was a very successful movie. I don't think it, I don't think people saw that much. My, my point being, my point being that this is not a fairy tale, a fairy tale setting. It is, it is a rundown apartment with an army knife stuck in the wall and a, and yeah. No, it's, it is. It is a rolled up on the it, couch. It is not this a, is a weird setting for their first kiss. It's not a fairy tale first kiss. First, it's, it's more than their first kiss. It's. I mean, so let's talk about the let's together. talk about the first kiss. We talk about happy accidents here, and this is kind of another one that's it just is pretty interesting too. Is so they film the kiss scene. Talia Shire has a flu, so she doesn't want to kiss Stallone and give right. him the flu. But they have to film the scene anyway, and then they'll we'll just go back and we'll film the kiss later, and we'll cut the kiss. We'll put the kiss in. We'll get everything up into that. Yeah, you can yeah. just easily film the kiss and just plug it right in. So this is that's how they filmed it with her having the flu. And they went back and watched that and went, whoa, that's the scene. Because it's this, like, uh, this unsure Another happy moment, accident. Another happy accident. Mm-hmm. And that and becomes a very, you know, that's the moment where, like, while I was uncomfortable with the hand on the door deal, like, it, it kind of comes together there. So let's get, uh, let's swallow some raw eggs here and get ready to train for this fight. Um, mm. 
We got our first match. <laughs> we got our and, and I uh, talk about favorite scenes. This one's up here for me. And one of the one of the devices they use in this, which I think is so, and this was being when he wakes up to train for the first time for this fight. First of all, he sleeps in like a thermal sweatshirt and briefs. <laughs> like, that is an odd combination. <laughs> I, that just doesn't. That seems so like counterintuitive. Yeah, it's it's to very me. Charlie Kelly from Old Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm no, sure that's, it's modeled off Philly thing. Yeah, he probably didn't have any heat though. What I love about this scene though, and the device they use in this scene, is the radio, and it gives you the time, it gives you the temperature. Yeah. It gives you the time of year. It tells you so much in such a non-forceful way. It's his alarm goes off, and hey, it's Philadelphia here. It's a cold 28 degrees, but we're you know we we're not complaining now because the last week it was this and and here we are. It's 4 a.m. I can't believe we have a caller. It tells you that nobody's up. It tells you it's freezing cold outside. Yeah, and it all does it in such a seamless, easy way. While he's cracking the eggs into the into a little rocky trivia goes in. How many eggs does he crack into that glass? Is it six? I thought it was six. It's five. Five? It's five eggs. I don't know. Could you, could you, could you swallow a pint glass of five eggs? No. Like that? I mean, that's, I could not. That looked pretty grisly. And he's got like one of the, one of the yolks breaks and it's dripping down his yeah, face. It's, 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 it's not good for your cholesterol. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that doesn't necessarily age great either. I mean, that's what, although like, I feel like there was like a time period in like the nineties and the two thousands where like people were like, do not do this. Like, like Rocky yeah. did it. Don't do it at home. And I feel like like we've turned around. We're like now it might be okay again. Well, now yeah. now now it's keto friendly. Right. Yeah. Now you keto can't. You, now you yeah. can't even drink milk now. Let alone raw eggs. Like, you can't even have like an apple anymore. There's too many carbs in apples. Joaquin Phoenix will show up at your house and, and yell at you <laughs> if you drink milk, let alone raw <laughs> eggs. The first climbing of the stairs, and man, I, I later on in the series when he's climbing the stairs with with Creed and, and oh yeah. In Creed One, the first Creed, if you flash it, oh god, it's just so good. I'm getting chills even thinking about it. But I love the progress they show you through training in this, and show you what he's doing and where he is now and where he's got to be. And obviously, I would say that in the entire, and there's a lot of moments within the Rocky franchise that are looked back on as famous things. I mean, a lot of them are probably in Rocky Four, but I don't think that the climbing of the stairs is probably. Oh, yeah. That's probably when people think Rocky, they think of him at the top of the stairs with his hands in the air, right? And now there is a Rocky statue at the top of those stairs. They used to be at the top, now it's at the bottom. Oh, they moved it to the bottom. They did, yeah. Paulie has been hounding, we haven't brought this up yet, Paulie has been hounding Rocky to talk to Gazzo to get the job. And it just just goes on the entire movie. You know? Did you talk to Gazzo? Did you talk to Gazzo? Did you talk to Gazzo? It's ridiculous. And he's just like, God, no. I didn't. Like, stop asking me for a job reference. Is it not clear to you that I'm not referring you yeah, to any job? I don't think. I don't, think, I don't think. I don't think he's hiring. That's what he's, <laughs> I don't think he's hiring. You know, yeah. you talk too much. So we're gonna we're gonna take this time to talk about Paulie now. He's kind of the last principal supporting character that we haven't covered yet. But Grant, you have a quote here from this scene that you picked out. Yeah, this is this is my 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 favorite quote of the movie. We talked about it, touched on it a few times. And it's the, uh, it's the Gaps quote where Paulie asks, what do you, what's the attraction? With her? He says, Rocky says, I don't know. She fills gaps. What gaps? I don't know. She's got gaps. I got gaps. Together we fill gaps. I think it's 
a great way to look at a lot of relationships where you almost look you almost look for your your counterpoint things that you're lacking in if they're you find someone that you find a partner that has excels in those in those ways i feel like that's an important thing and again together you're way more power you're way more strong than than you are apart that all the rocky movies are finding your counterpoint and kind of being stronger because of that yeah and i think that one of the things brendan that you brought up earlier when we were kind of talking about does rocky love boxing and then later on we talk about adrian and saying is this movie about adrian and rocky I'll pose this question, is I think that, there, that the answer is yes and the answer is no. Can Rocky go the distance with Apollo if Adrian's not in the picture at all? Does he train the same way? Is he motivated the same way? Does he, does he do it the same way? It's a tough question because, and, and the funny thing is that Mickey keeps saying women weaken the legs. So it's yes. Mickey's position is, yeah. no, I mean, I mean I, he'd I do better. He probably would have won the whole thing. If, I don't. I don't think he can do do it without Adrian. They run in tandem together. Is that his success with Adrian is 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 furthered by his success in boxing, and his success in boxing is furthered by his success with Adrian. I think there's no way Rocky would have went the distance without Adrian. Yeah. By his side, you know, she kind of gave him a reason to fight. That's probably why he was fighting bums all this time. She had no one to. He had no one in his corner. And, you know, you put someone in there in your life that you care about, and it's amazing. You just view life differently. It kind of motivates you. It drives you. I mean, who knows where he would have been had they started their relationship earlier. One of the things that interests me with this movie is in our own lives, it's when we're, what are our reactions when we're faced with these big tasks that we may have to undertake? And, and you could almost see someone going the opposite direction with, with Adrian is, is saying, well, I don't really need to win this fight. I've got Adrian. What do I really need to win yeah. this fight yeah. for? I'll just marry Adrian. We'll go off. This fight and what's really his needed. mentality as... Uh, interesting. It's, it's, very, it's, it's very interesting. And then you just look back at that women weaken legs comment as a counter theme. You know, like, a, right. like a, it's like, mm, right. what are his legs without Adrian? Yeah, she's yeah. so integral in his, in his drive for... This success, and and I think we're coming up on the scene when he yeah. realizes what what success means in this whole yeah. In this whole well, thing. I think one person he probably still could have gone the distance with Apollo without is Paulie, and let's talk about <laughs> Paulie. Yeah, uh, what do we make of Paulie, man? It's a super, it's a super interesting and fascinating character in the sense that he doesn't have to be in this movie. This movie could be made without him existing, yet his presence in this makes this movie that much more interesting because yeah. he's kind of this wild card throughout this yeah. whole thing. Um, from where we meet him in the, in the bar bathroom in the beginning, straight, straight up to when Rocky's wearing the meat, the meat company badge <laughs> in the back, of his, the back of his cloak. What do we make of Paul? In Rocky 1... All right, well, let's not talk about where we're yeah, Paulie and the other Rockies. I, I know, We're, we're going to get into robots and all sorts of I, stuff. Too, but but let's talk specifically Rocky, to Rocky. Rocky 1 specifically, he's a piece of garbage. <laughs> he's, a very irre- he's an irredeemable character. He's one of those guys that I don't know why Rocky keeps taking him in. Rocky gives him chance after chance after chance. Um, and I don't know if that's to show Rocky's heart. 
you have to show him that he is a forgiving if he is a forgiving person you know he threatens adrian and he busts shit up in the house and then like the next day he's training and he's like yeah i want to make some money off of your name he rocky says go for it yeah. which is insane that rocky would be cool with that but that, it just shows you how what rocky's nature is i i continue to be perplexed by rocky uh, by uh, paulie but you know you think of you think of maybe just the the archetype of of the hero and and it's not unusual for him to have sort of counterpart sidekick and entourage yeah right (laughs) an entourage sort of a comedic comedic side piece what paulie mirrors i'm going to go back to what i said with apollo so you have apollo who is everything that rocky isn't in a fighter he's well trained he's smart he's he's charismatic you go to Rocky, Rocky is a raw fighter. Not really that, he's not classically smart. He is smart, but he's not classically smart. Um, not really charismatic. But there is this heart and this raw drive that... that yeah, there's a soul with the heart. Soul. Yeah. And Paulie, then you go, so Apollo to Rocky, Rocky to Paulie. Paulie is the completely disenfranchised the lost soul and just I, I lost think that's everything. interesting yeah. and Rocky Rocky loves Paul Rocky loves Paul. oh he does love him. Yeah. yeah yeah he loves him like a brother and while and it's not his brother it ends up being his brother-in-law right. but Paulie's not a good brother you know he's no, no. He's, he's a he's a bad person yeah at times he's a really bad person now I, I did some just in doing reading today and I, I obviously didn't pick this up and I, I don't know if you guys did this too so you, Paulie's character is this I don't know exactly where this is in the blueprints but ex-military in the in the Rocky oh, is stories right? is ex-military is ex-navy that's how he has the money to have the house because he's getting money from the yeah it's mentioned yeah, very subtly yeah. at some point Interesting, and that's how he has the money of the house, and then and she's living with her. That so, so the job is just something for him to do. So he's not making all this money off of working for the meat factory. He has the money from the, and I think that 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 kind of plays into, you know, having been in the military and now being out of it, and it's obviously not something that the movie was played off of super, you know, in depth. But in the writing of that character that was in there, wow. it's there's a probably you know he's got and and there's that moment where. There's the dis- discussion of dependency. You don't do nothing for me. I-, I let you live in here. You're depending off of me. And then Adrian flips it around and goes, I'm depending on you. You're depending on me. I cook you meals. I do you clothes. And yeah. Polly just struggles so much for an identity, for what is, what is he doing? And I think that with the whole putting the meat market on the jacket, it's more than just making a buck. It's trying to get his fingerprint on what's happening. We talked about this being Mickey's last shot and this being Rocky's last shot. Where's Polly's shot? And I think without knowing it, we're gonna see what his impact is in this next scene with the ribs and the the meat hanging from the meat locker. And in his just stubborn, obnoxious Polly way, you know, he pisses Rocky off, and then Rocky just starts to pound just away. Beat, beat the meat. And what does he say to him? He goes, stop, Rock. You're going to break the ribs. How, how does Rocky stay in that fight with mm, Apollo? Breaks Apollo's he ribs. breaks his ribs. This movie finds a great way 
of inter intertwining these themes and intertwining these these shots to tell the story where you can watch it over and over and over again and just pick up little ways that they shot this that just tell the story in such a in such a simple way. Burt Young gets the nomination here for supporting actor. What do you think of his performance as far as acting goes? I mean, it's a good performance. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, it was it was a believable performance. Yeah, I think it was fine. I think he did the role perfectly. Uh, with that said, if you chose someone else to do it and they didn't do it perfectly, the movie's still really great. Yeah, well, he kind of is that. Yeah, he's that. He he kind of gets just like his character gets kind of caught up in the wave of this movie, where right. it's like he, if all the other guys weren't nominated for Oscars, would he get nominated alone? No, no, you know. But but hey, we're giving him. To, honestly, can you can you give Carl Weathers a nomination here? He's the only one sure. that he's the only one that doesn't get one essentially. Because I, I feel like he makes that movie. I mean, Gasol's character could have gotten one if you really wanted to get Tom. I mean, he does, he's a great, it's a great performance. It's a great performance. Yeah. Now that would have rose some eyebrows. And I think it's a little Who? bit of a Who? <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting. When we see Burt Young again, if any, there's any fans of The Sopranos out there. I know, Brendan, you haven't seen The Sopranos. And Grant, you have. Yeah. Uh, he plays uh, Bobby Bacala's father in the episode where he's... <laughs> Tony is, insists on him uh, Making whacking someone. Yeah. yeah, right. And he's just this old curmudgeon who's like, yeah, get me back in the action. I'll do it. <laughs> Strangely, but, the only uh, scene in Sopranos I've seen is, is, which we referenced in this, is, is Christopher Columbus. It's, oh, the Christopher this, Columbus episode. In this house, <laughs> we celebrate Columbus Day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of a wacky, you know, it's, it's not a bottle episode, but it's like, kind of like a, an episode where they take a break from the normal storyline and just say, all right, we're going to let Silvio just... A breather just, episode, He's just yeah. going to riff on Columbus Day. It's very, <laughs> I mean, I remember, because I, I, I binge-watched the whole thing recently, and I just remember getting that episode, I'm like, oh, God, can, can i got to watch an episode of Sil just going off on Columbus Day. Can we get back to the... <laughs> but yeah, like Bobby Bacala Sr., it's a, it's a fun one. All right, so we, we moved to, to Pauly in, in Pauly form, just trashing the house on Christmas Day with a baseball bat. Well, he, yeah, well, because, well, this, well, this is after the, the news, this is after the news segment. Right, right. yeah, we all right, we the, the TV interview, he right? Bring, he brings in the, he brings in the news cameras and he, he, you know, has half a bag on and he walks in and Rocky's sitting with Adrian and he overhears Rocky saying, I don't know what Paulie's intentions are. And he gets really, really pissed yep, off at yep. it. Yep, And then he just he takes he, the bat to the, his own apartment. It's, it's an interesting message. Yeah, he starts, he starts like hitting, hitting the, the silverware at his, you know, his tea set with a baseball bat. Oh, God. And, and just in that, in that commercial scene, or not the commercial scene, but the news reporting scene, where I just love it. It's just like a little great moment of comedy where the reporter starts, I'm here with Rocky Balboa. And oh, wait a minute, the meat guy's trying to get him a shot. The meat guy. And he's like, oh, get him out of here. Yeah. I'm here with Rocky Balboa, and it's there was it's so Paul. He's like sticking his head in over the shoulder. Look yeah. at me. There was one right before that happened. The newscaster meets Paulie and Rocky. They're about to get a, They're about to establish a shot, and Paulie says, "Well, what about me?" And the news reporter's like, what about you? He says, I'm in charge of the meat. <laughs> and then he tries to sneak, then he tries to sneak into the, he tries to sneak into the shot. It was, it was a really funny point. The meat guy's trying to get in on it again. <laughs> He's hiding like Sasquatch, like, like behind the rack. Yeah. This is, this is the main montage now where now we, 
Rocky's clicking on all cylinders oh, yeah, here. Going to fly now, baby. Yeah, yeah there's the, the songs pumping. He's firing up those stairs. Those, those... Is there a more memorable moment in any of the movies we've covered so far than this? What, the whole montage or just like the stairs? Just Him anything? on the top of the stairs jumping with his fists up. I, I, out of the movies we've covered, probably almost certainly no. How about just any movie? What, like when you think of movies... It's up. I mean, I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't think of. I can't think of one off the bat. But I, I would, yeah, it's definitely top five. You know, I, I would say. You know, let's just it, 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 Titanic on the on the edge of the boat with on the King of the World. Because there's a scene here that, that to me is on par with being as memorable, but it didn't catch the media the same way. So I don't know if that plays into what your question really is, but. When Andy Dufresne crawls out of the pipe, oh yeah, great answer. The great answer. That's a good answer. I mean, that yeah, is, yeah, that, is yeah, that a image. Huge moment. Yeah, that yeah. image is the lightning. The lightning striking. If, we, and all if that. we took a let's put it this way, if we took a, a snapshot of any moment in any movie. You take a snapshot of Andy Dufresne in the rain. Boom, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. you know that that Rocky on the stairs. Boom, that's yeah. it. What in the in the you're both big Star Wars fans. In the Star Wars world, what's that shot? What's the equivalent uh, of that twin shot? Twin Suns. When uh, in the in New Hope, where Luke is looking at yeah. the binary sunset. Okay. Um, this, that's kind of like his call to action moment. I feel like you see that and you're like, oh, okay, that's Star Wars. Hmm. See, I, I don't think... I would have said... What, what, let me guess okay. Yeehaw. Was when, when Solo comes out and goes, yeehaw. Oh, in, the, the, in, the, uh, in the in the at the end of New Hope at the uh, there you go, the, kid. Shoot him! Yeah, 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 yeah. Or great shot, kid. <laughs> okay, in my mind, it's the moment in Empire Strikes Back where Luke is grabbing his where he once had a hand, and he's looking up Darth Vader, Vader, Vader with the lightsaber. Yeah, and he doesn't have a hand. To me, just like that—that's like the image okay. of Star Wars. Sure, Star Wars to me didn't didn't have. It had that moment, but it didn't have that image. Well, I, the the one that I just said, where Solo comes out of nowhere, saves the day. Yeah, it's a great, Luke great shoots, moment. I, get, yeah. I still get chills. That's every, a scene moment. Every yeah. time I watch that, yeah, that's it's a, a scene. Yeah, Star that's, that's Wars. Not, that's, not really like a, that's not like still. a freeze. That's not like a freeze frame. Right. Yeah. Still. I don't think Star Wars ever gets one. Great call with Andy Dufresne, though. That is a, that's definitely a still that defines that movie. Yeah, the, you know, the, probably the, Gump the, on the bench. Yeah, the, the one from Jaws is the. Uh, is the Martin Brody shot the pan mm-hmm. shot? I think you can see a, you can see a still of that. You know exactly where that's from. This is this is coming up. We haven't even really brainstormed or thought about this, so I'm sure anyone listening screaming and yelling different stills and yeah. scenes into their into their mobile devices right now. But the one part of that that, that montage that gets well, first of all, the dolly the it's like one of the third it was like the third movie ever to use a steady cam. It's just really smooth motion following. Rocky run. Yep. The one scene where he's where he's just on the dock and he's just pumping and he's just just running as fast as he can and the camera's just following. I'm not sure if that was a van or yeah. Or the what. one with him running is the van, but the stairs is what you're talking about okay. with that with that camera. And yeah. I think they were even like they were like testing the camera out during this. It was, it was stuff. like it was, it was like the third movie that's ever. That yeah. Ever used it was it. not. It was not something that it wasn't like something like all right, we need this camera in this spot. It was like. 
all right, well, let's, we got see, this we'll thing, let's give it a shot, let's see if yeah. this thing works, like, if we don't just toss it, and, you know, again, the rest is history. There's just so much of that with this movie. This movie yeah. is just, this movie is just, de- it's just, it's destined to be what it is. Yeah. But there's a real subtle shot here next, and Rocky's gonna go to the arena, in the empty arena, and check it out with the murals, with the wrong shorts and everything. But right before that, there's a real subtle shot of him laying in his apartment, in the dark, looking up, and you just hear the train going by. Yeah. And it's just... You just look at his face, you just hear the train going by. And it's just, it's such a cool moment. Next time you watch this movie, anyone listening, just look for that little moment of just, it's right after the montage, it's just him laying in the bed looking up and just that train going by. And it's like that, it's kind of that last moment where nobody knows who Rocky Balboa is. That's interesting. And it's just, just he's just in his apartment like he is every night with that train going by. And then he's going to now go to the arena and check it out. The mirror goes, hey, they got the shorts wrong. I'm wearing, I'm wearing red shorts with white stripes. There's a backwards. So, so you guys joke about this scene, but this scene to me was one of the most important scenes of the movie. Okay. Oh, sure. Okay, so Rocky's standing there in the ring that he's going to be fighting in the next day, and he's looking at the two pictures. He's got the Apollo Creed picture and then his picture opposing. In comes the, the promoter, and the promoter goes, Rocky didn't expect to see you here. Rocky says, you got, you got the shorts are wrong. My shorts are white and red, not red and white. And the promoter looks at him and he says, doesn't really matter anyway, does it? <laughs> and at that moment, Rocky realizes something. He doesn't say anything, he doesn't do anything, he goes home. Adrian's sleeping and she wakes up because he's home and she asks him about how he's feeling. And Rocky says... Pretty much, I'm not going to win this fight, but all I want to do is go the distance. Because no other fighter has gone the distance with Apollo Creed. With Creed. And, and, and I think when he's standing there looking at the pictures, the, the promoter says it doesn't really matter anyway, he realizes no one expects him to win. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so we're going to... I want to go back to that scene that you just brought up with him and Adrian, because I have some thoughts on that. There's a lot to that scene. In regards to the shorts, I'm watching this movie. Normally, as I've done this at this point, like, I've kind of, like, I've seen these movies before, so, like, kind of before I watch it, I'll do a little read-up on it, then watch the movie and go, this one I just watched. I watched. I watched all the sequels. I watched again. And then today did my research after the fact, a little differently. So... (laughs) Last night I'm rewatching this movie again, and I get to this with this scene with the shorts and the red and the white. Well, I'm right. wearing the white shorts with the red stripe. You got the red shorts with the white stripe up there. And they show Apollo, and he's got the flag stripes where all the red and the white sure. are evenly distributed. And I'm looking at this last night. I'm like, oh my god! Like, there's so much to this right now that I gotta have to like understand. Like, there's some symbolism in here that I'm not quite getting. You know what? He's got the red and white, like the flag, even the Shibley and Rockies aren't. And I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, I haven't given it. So I'm doing the research today. Literally, they just screwed up. Like the production team screwed up with the shorts. Like they just like, he, they had, he had his shorts, the the, the solid with the stripe. And they painted a mural with the wrong shorts, with the wrong combo. They communicated to the art department. And again, with this low budget, is they can't just redo it. It's like, oh, we have it now. And Stallone goes, fine, we'll make a scene out of it. I'll go up and I'll comment. And, this, and that was born out of that mistake. Amazing. And it's, again, it's another wow. example of this movie Absolutely just coming amazing. into form. And everything that you just said about that is brilliant, is that he has that moment. 
And yeah, they would have had a way of him having that moment anyway, but it was just that much more poignant there with that little, with that little caveat to it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's all these, like you said, it's just all these happy accidents. Just, yeah. Just, and just Stallone's ability to pivot and just... This is his life story, though. This is him. Yeah, like, this I know. Is no, it's, 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 it really is just like it's art imitating life, where it's, yes. where it, it is just everything is going wrong at every turn, but it's somehow they're making it work. Yeah, and that's great. So I want to talk about the next scene, and you just brought it up, and you obviously like the scene a lot. Yeah. Okay, I have some issues with it. You're not alone. Stallone went out of his way to insist that this scene be in the movie. And he fought with the director on it. The director did not want the scene in the movie. Mm -hmm. And the scene we're talking about is he's laying down with Adrian before the fight. And as you were just explaining, he's basically saying, I don't, no one's gone the distance with him. I, you know, I, I, I can't beat him. I can't beat him. Right. I watched this last night. It had a big issue with the scene. It had a big issue with the scene. It was done in one take, okay? Okay. which is, you know, great. It's impressive, mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it was done in one take because, again, they ran out of time. Like, he insisted, director, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to argue with this guy anymore. Just do, this, do, do the fucking scene. Yeah. You know, they shot it, boom, we're out of time, go, boom. I watched it again today and had a different take. Slightly different, softer, a little easier take on it today after re-watching it again today. It was, I was being a little hard on it last night. When I watched it again today, I was like, okay. My issue with that scene is not with the heart behind it and the feeling like you explained. Like, I... I totally get that with the murals like that's that's awesome to me i just don't love him literally verbalizing i will be happy if i go the distance i don't have to win i'm okay with making it to the end of the the match without winning as no one's done that and i'm okay with doing that then they'll know that i'm not a bum ah like we've come this far i can get that without you verbally saying it I don't need you to explain not winning, but going the distance is still a win. I want to take that out myself. Now, I'm being this. I'm nitpicking here. I, I sure, agree with that. Sure. And, and, I, and I want to respond. I'm and, right, and, 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 and I'm going to. And, and I'm already just I'm giving the on top of it. I watched it again today. I was like, Ooh, I was being. That was a little bit of a harsh take. But go, go. Yeah, um, and I talked about redefining what winning is. Um, and and I see your point. Is is like. You go for the gold. You don't go for the silver, and and so that's so. And no, I don't I, mean that by that, that, that's not. I just want to just. Uh, that's not my point. My point is is that I agree with him, and that is the movie. But why did you have to tell me it? Why can't I see yeah. it? Should, let me just let me see it. And and here's here's what what the movie does, which is really very clever. So first of all, the hero has to question himself before before victory. Hero has to, and if you want to go back to the Jesus thing, is, is when he's dying on the cross, he asks God, "Why have you forsaken?" Right. I mean, he questions his own his own belief in God, but he is God. Right. The hero's journey is not is not a straight line. You have to fall before you before you make it to the end. And this is his. He falls a little bit at that moment, but he also has a moment. But it's also a moment of clarity, realizing what victory is now. He verbalizes that first round of the fight is he knocks Apollo on his ass. Yeah. And, and at that moment, that moment, he realizes, oh, I can do more than just go the distance. Because 
Because right at that moment, he's done something that no one has no ever one done. done yeah. He keeps redefining. He keeps redefining for himself what winning is. That we don't know what winning is now. Now that we're going into the last yeah. round, put ourselves in the shoes of a filmmaker in 1976. Right. Yeah. We're making a movie where our hero doesn't win, and in a really kind of abstract way, it's tough to even figure out who did win. You know, which is genius. The ending of this movie is genius. It's cinema genius. But I just think that's still the little, it just that dialogue could have been honed in a little better. I, you know, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. We're at the fight scene now. Let's, Grant, you brought, you brought up this, this fight scene a little bit. Um, <laughs> we have our, our, our great entrance from Apollo, which, you know, we've we spoken to already. We don't have to go nuts. What, what do we make of our Joe Frazier cameo here? It's always nice to see an actual Philadelphia fighter yeah, represented. Yeah. It's um, weird that they that Philadelphia has a statue of a fictional fighter and not a real fighter. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a that's a Bill Burr that's a Bill Burr point right, where they celebrate go, a fictional fight, but they won't they won't celebrate. Um, no, I I think I think something like that is. I feel like they do stuff like that all the time where they yeah. bring in a fighter and. It's, it's not of, cheesy in this movie either. It's, no, it's, no, because it, it feels like that's something that would happen. This is like. Like, Rocky's this guy from Philly, and Joe Frazier's from Philly, and they bring him in, and it's kind of cool that, like, you can tell that Frazier and Creed have a past, whether it's, you know, yeah. they, they kind of pal around. And well, they were friends. teasing with the uh, Ali. They're teasing with the Ali relationship. Right. It, it, in many ways, Apollo is supposed to represent Muhammad Ali, and, right. uh, and Ali and Frazier had, like, a relationship before they actually fought, and then things went... Which is so, it's funny with Apollo. Apollo Apollo is not does not remind me of Ali. No, well, yes. Yeah, so so Ali's more like revolutionary. He was Apollo more, he like just, just in terms of like this larger than life heavyweight champion. So, okay. so the Rocky versus Apollo conflict is modeled after Ali versus Chuck Webner, who was a thirty six year old fighter who. Ali literally needed someone on a given day, and he handpicked this old salty veteran, and he went the distance with him. Oh, and really? everyone thought he'd be out in the third round, and that was the story that inspired the actual you know, okay. the story here with it. So, and yes, you're 100% correct. The way that Ali – well, maybe not 100% correct, but like – The characters when, are not the same. When you look at Carl Weathers' portrayal – of Apollo Creed, you don't think Ali. I don't, at least. Maybe no. some people do. In the sense that he's the best boxer in the world, and that he's flamboyant. A larger-than-life larger heavyweight. Yeah, and a big like mouth. And, yeah. he's, and he's a capitalist, too. It's like, like Ali was a revolutionary in a way. Right, so that, you're, that, that part of the character is definitely nuanced. But in the fact that he's a, he's, he's a shit-talking, flashy best boxer sure. in the world, that's, well, that's that the Ali thing. version. But. Yeah. So then they were playing off of the Ali Frazier stuff a little bit there with that. We get to our fight scene now. Now this is this is a franchise that has some pretty awesome portrayals of boxing fighting scenes. There's this is one of three boxing movies on this on the list of best picture winners. The other two, Million Dollar Baby, which is I've said in the past is one of my favorite movies of all time. The other one's on the waterfront, which doesn't really have a boxing scene in it. It's more about a boxer. Another boxing movie, and before we got started recording here, you we were talking a little bit about this, Grant, is uh, Raging Bull, which is many contests should have won. Best Picture did not. Compare this boxing scene to those boxing scenes in Raging Bull. I have a little bit to say about that. Yeah, I, I, when I watched Rocky again for this, for this episode, 
Um, I was really looking forward to the fight because it's been a while since I've seen it. And I just remembered it, I guess, being more exciting than it was. And, and also, I, to prepare for the, uh, our, good, our Goodfellas episode, I, I watched all of, right, yeah, all of yeah. Scorsese's movies and I watched Raging Bull. And I was blown away by the cinematography and the boxing. Yes. Bringing the boxing into the ring, long takes, all of this stuff. It, you, brought, it, you felt like you were in, you were part of the action. You were seeing everything happening. In the Rocky movie... Rocky 1 specifically, because their fighting gets so much better in Rocky 2 when they have a bigger budget and they can do all these things. But it almost felt like there was a camera set up at a real boxing match, and they were afraid of getting into the crowd's way at points, where they were like kind of hiding, and they were behind the ropes, and it was low angles, and it, was, it, was, it wasn't immersive, to, to use an RD, RDV term, I wasn't engaged yeah, <laughs> it didn't it didn't engage me as an audience yeah. member. Um, and, and Are you talking about Rocky or Raging Bull? Rocky, no Raging yeah. Bull. I was completely in. I was in completely yeah. engrossed. Raging Bull is a, is, a, is a wildly impressive piece of cinema. Um, yeah, and it's a great movie. But it, great yeah. performances. I I. It's not the most rewatchable movie to make. Well, because Jake LaMotta is not a person you want to root for. Rocky's the person you want to Scorsese root for. Scorsese does have a knack of picking those. those oh yeah, no, that, huh? that's kind of that's kind of yeah. his that's kind of his thing. So like it's it's the it's very much like the anti Rocky movie. Yeah, I've never seen Raging Bull, but I just I'm so taken back by the by the fact that you weren't engaged. Yeah. In in the fight because I I was so engaged. First of all, first scene knocks first round knocks him down. Mm-hmm. Then there's the exchange between the two of them when all of a sudden now Rocky becomes a shit talker. It's uh, Apollo's been the shit talker, and then round breaks and Rocky's Rocky's oh yeah Apollo yeah Apollo, and it's and it, I, I don't know I get fired up. Yeah, so I just want to say I have been in both of your chairs with this. I've been on Grant's side with this where I'm like this is just not this does not engage me, and then I. I Brendan, after watching, I've been on, been on your side too. And right now I'm leaning more toward what Brendan's saying is like, I think that, and in reading a little bit about, about how they filmed it and what they did, there was obviously a lot of what they did this, with this movie was super limited. Oh, and yeah, obviously. Part because, of, because uh, of we've the just discussed right. for all this time, like a lot of the limits bred this incredible piece of cinema. Sure. I think that if, and so, so that here's the deal with how, with how they filmed this. So, they got in the ring the first day and went at it, and it was like kind of a mess. Like they're just like doing this, this, and that. And <laughs> do you guys and, know what a box? Right. They're just you know, and they both sort of knew what they were doing, and they're kind of working yeah. through it. Day ends, and Weathers and Stallone look at each other and just like, All right, you know, we got to do this better. Stallone comes back the next day with talking to Weathers on the side with thirty-two pages of notes. Strictly on the fight and the okay. movements and the choreographed boxing match. Okay, so they then learn the fight as as a dancer would learn a ballet. Mm. So these are the notes we're gonna we're not gonna we're not just gonna go out there and try to be two boxers and they're gonna film us. We're gonna script this whole thing yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna go. And they hurt each other. During this fight, like they yeah. they legitimately hurt each other. The movie obviously shows you rounds one and two, and then rounds fourteen and fifteen. So, and they filmed eight rounds. So they filmed the first round twice, the second round twice, the fourteenth round twice, and the fifteenth round twice. And they took clips and 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 
got everything going from there. It's not revolutionary and it's not perfect. And uh, whereas, I mean, there is a revolutionary nature to, to Raging Bull, like right. you said, Grant. Um, and I've had moments where I've seen this movie where I've been like, okay, you know, couldn't this be better? And then my most recent watches, and this is before I even read about any of the stuff I just explained, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm kind of digging this, you know. And that moment where he knocks him down That's is great. Cool. And there's, do you know a little that bit is... about the fan theory about that? No. Okay, so I don't know if it's a fan theory or just like a theory is, is, is it sort of so the, the referee is not allowed to start the count until the standing boxer goes to a corner, goes to uh, a neutral corner, and then he starts the count. Rocky doesn't go to a neutral corner. He stands in the middle, stunned, bobbing around, and it takes 10, 8 to 10 full seconds for Rocky oh, to get to funny. the corner, and Apollo gets up on the 8 on the count. So that would have been the a theory is, is that if he went right to the corner, he would have won by knockout and would have been the champion. In the first round. Now... <laughs> <laughs> to me, and I, I, I read this today, I'm like, okay, interesting, but immediately was like, no, 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 no. And here's why. And then after like, I backed up and took a breath, I'm like, all right, well, they probably corrected that later on. In Creed, the movie Creed, where when Michael B. Jordan gets knocked down, you hear Rocky screaming into him, take the eight count, take the eight count. Yeah. Don't get up till eight. Use every second. Yeah. So my response to that, and I know nothing about boxing outside of watching right, these right, movies, right. but is, is that Creed, though you look at him and show his way, he was taking the eight count in that. Just regroup. And yeah, he didn't of... get up at the eight second because that's the time he ran Connors. Even if it may look that way, is, listen, this is the champion of the world. He's a seasoned boxer. Yeah. He's going to bide his time and take the eight. And I think that maybe later on they kind of polished that up a little bit with that little question. That's interesting. In. All right, let's talk, about the, let's talk about the ending scene here. And God, let me just... Talk about another part that bothered me in the okay. movie. And then this is some. This is a pet peeve of mine in in any movie where it's really obvious uh, ADR. If you if you don't know what it means, it's automate. It's automated dialogue replacement. And so after a movie is made, they bring the actors into a studio and then they dub over their. They dub over some lines that are hard to hear or whatever. And in the 14th and 15th round, the ADR in the movie is so obvious and so overt to me that it takes me, that it took me out of the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're like, we're like Rocky, we're Rocky, Rocky gets knocked down and you hear the crowd noise and you hear Mickey as clear as day, down, stay down, stay down. It's just like, oh, I just, yeah, little, I, I just, yeah, I just picture Bur- Burgess Meredith in the, in the studio in Burbank, like re-recording his lines. And I was, like that, something like that kind of took me out of it too. It's a it's a pet peeve. It's a nitpick, but that's that that could be part of it too. Where yeah. I felt no, and and I think that that's shades of what you're going to see in the sequels too. Where yeah. it's just constant, over the top. Well, like, no, but I, I, I felt like, I felt like it wasn't over. I think it was just like it's weird that they were nominated for sound edit, or they might have won for sound editing. It no, won for film editing. Okay, well, yeah. well I think. I don't know if sound editing was one of them, but that would fall into the sound editing. But and, and to me, it was just real shoddy at the end. Yeah. Okay. That, that's and that's fair. And, and I, we could just be happy they didn't add punch sounds too. Were, well, that was later on. Did. That was later on in the movies where it sounded like a sledgehammer yeah. hitting a. Well, block. no, they didn't have to add punch sounds because these dudes really hurt each other. And a, a little moment of kind of like filmmaking irony is we talked about the ribs and Rocky getting to Apollo's ribs, and you talked about earlier in the film Rocky's shining moment is that no one's ever broken his nose 
and he, he, you know, he busts up his nose in this fight. So Rocky's injury is his nose, and Creed's injury is his ribs. Creed, Carl Weathers, broke his nose, and Rocky had deep bruising in his ribs and a cracked rib in the actual fight. So they, they oh, suffered real-life real opposite injuries. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So while Rocky was playing off the broken nose, he actually had the bruised cracked rib. And on the flip side, Apollo's playing over the ribs and broke his nose. Yeah. So, yeah. so in telling that story, I kind of, I, something I didn't realize until now. So Rocky knocks down, in the first round, Rocky knocks down Apollo for the first time. Apollo's never been knocked down. Apollo breaks Rocky's nose for the first time. Yeah. Never been broken nose. Yes. Now we're on an even playing field. It's yeah. an interesting. It's an interesting thing. And and you know, as we'll talk about the sequels after we do the awards, one of the best bromances in film history is oh my is God. Creed oh. and, and Balboa. You know, and and frolicking in, in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> uh, great, great scene. Brolo, right there. Brolo, uh, just the total bromance. That's the best. Oh man. Uh, so just to, just to talk on this final scene here, and I and I I view the I view this as a perfect genius ending to this. The chaos that they capture. In Adrian, Adrian, where's it? And, and it running, yeah. and then yeah. again zigging when other movies would zag, and we'd be focused. What are the results? You kind of have to like rewatch the scene a couple of times to even figure out what happened in the damn fight. Like, yeah. it is the guy in the in the distance, just oh, and and it's a split decision. Doesn't and even care about the results. Yeah, it's yeah. just not important, and he's no. fighting through the crowd, and you're just like, what's go what is going on, and what what even happens, like. And, then, and, you know, he finds her, and then they, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you, and, and we end. God, what a vision. Just what a vision this movie is. Yeah, and it, and it really, it says something. And, and what it's saying here is that so many, whether it's a fighter or um, any kind of athlete or really anyone, they'd finish that fight, and the first thing they'd want is the camera. Yeah. They want the camera, they want the microphone, they want to talk, they want the notoriety. Right. All he cares about, he doesn't care about the results. He about Adrian. All he cares about is Adrian. Yeah. He did it. In his mind, he did it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, too, we talked about, like, and, and Brennan, you've kind of, like, opened my eyes a little bit to this, too, is, like, it's not just about does Rocky love boxing? It's not just does Rocky love Adrian? It's they run parallel, and you're, you're fighting in your life not just to do your passions and not just to build what you've worked for your whole life, but also to complete yourself as a person and to fill up your heart and to fill up your love. To, and the two things can run alongside each other. Where I don't necessarily feel like Rocky, and knowing Rocky through all of those movies, that boxing is what he loves at the end of the day. I think at the end of the day, he loves Adrian more than he loves boxing, clearly. Oh, yeah, but, definitely. But boxing is what drives him, and boxing is all he knows, and boxing is what fuels his fire. Yes, because... Who is he without boxing? Well, he's yeah. He's you a, find you find that out in Rocky too. He's a father. He's a father of two turtles, and, <laughs> and a fish, and a goldfish. Kind of lost. Yeah, the goldfish didn't make it to the Creed series. So. Oh, they don't <laughs> the goldfish they, they, made it to they, the end of filming of Rocky One. They don't last Moby very long. Dick. It's your buddy, Moby Dick. Say hello. <laughs> they don't last very long. Uh, but goldfish. It's, but it's my uh, my first goldfish. By the way, was named Moby Dick. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know if you have any recollection of that. Brennan, you're uh, probably pretty young, but no, yeah, I think no. it lasted like a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe was, a month. That's was the YMCA I, carnival. I hate to this day. <laughs> I don't like fish. Like I don't like. At a young age, 
I was just it just introduced me to death at too young age. Like like it's, well, it's just like you have it and it like it dies. It's like all right, great. So I got something. I was excited yeah. about it for a week, and then like I got a little older and I went to one of those fairs where they and this was just like this was foreshadowing to my outstanding beer pong career. But you know, you throw the the ping pong ball into the dishes. In the fish bowl, yeah. yeah. Well, we went to a county fair oh, and I toss it up and boom, yeah. won a fish. Skippy the fish. Skippy. Brought it home on a Friday, dead by Sunday. Yeah. You know, it's, we have, you know, that was it. Because for the water they use in those bowls. Uh, and yeah. the damn Toxic. firemen, you know, you come on, Brad. Hey, you gotta hey, talk, watch to, your, it talk there, to your firemen. Get, the, get them to pick healthier fish and give them to children. Actually, Wait, that was a had, fireman's fair? Fireman's fair. I didn't know what it was. We actually, yeah. I was like eight years old. In my, in, in my house growing up, we had a fish, um, a goldfish. I was one at a, uh, at a carnival. And it lasted like, it lasted years. Oh, God, you got the opposite. It's like, it God, when is this fish gonna go away? I forgot. Like, like a- I forgot. Like it was. It was. I was. I was young, but like I would say it was. It was at least like seven years. Like it was. Oh, I guess like this thing's coming to college with me. Yeah, I mean, it was. And then, then I got like a goldfish. Like later on in my life, and it lasted about two weeks. I remember my first gold, goldfish. I was excited. This was. This is great. I got a goldfish, and then realized. Can't pet it. Can't like really play with it. It's yeah. all right. So we're we're at the finish line here with this with this epic, awesome movie. Yeah. AFI Top One Hundred movie. One of the best best picture winners, in my opinion, for sure. We're gonna give out some awards here with this movie. Before we do that, Brendan, you have selected three movies. Okay, and I'm gonna preface the audience here in case you haven't been with us for our other episodes. So. Myself, Grant Z here. Yep. Also, the infamous RDB and Chris G recorded a podcast that we called A Broadway Melody, The Gangs of Goodfellas Defense. And The Broadway Melody is one of, if not the worst, Best Picture winners. So we didn't spend a whole ton of time talking about that movie. And we spent it more on just arguing about the Goodfellas and the gangs in New York. <laughs> And now, Brendan, I'm a little confused. I just wonder before we go to this, is, is it you you like Gangs of New York? You don't like Gangs of New York? I do like Gangs You do, but like, it feels like you don't like parts of it, or I, I feel like you've um, been on both sides of this fence. Yeah, it's, I'm conflicted with the end. I think it's really what happens. Oh, yeah, they should I, be I right. feel like it's, it's a missed ending. And, and the problem is it's true, to, it's, it's true to the history, but the rivalry never reaches its climax and, and you, I, right. I feel like you lose a lot there okay and then I think Grant like what you were kind of talking about I'm the exact opposite right I is that you like, is the point I, of the movie is that, that their their conflict and their rivalry is it, it, supposed it, to be irrelevant yeah it's like picture like a uh, like a, two gangs are about to fight then 9-11 happens or something like that and like it kind of just puts it just puts everything it that's pull, puts things in perspective like there's this whole Larger, larger story happening. Something that actually matters in history. I mean, and, and, and it's that, really, that, that's what, that's what I that's what I took from it. Really good point. I mean, you're talking about two old gangs in the upcoming city, right? You guys are old news, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I can and see then, that. And then you have now you have Union that. soldiers firing cannons into New York City and shooting civilians. Right. And but there's like, really deep down a part of me that wants to see that final fight. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I get it, and I get it, yeah. There's another movie on this list that I actually, surprisingly enough, have not brought up yet, which kind of plays in a similar thing. is From Here to Eternity, which is a great movie that I can't wait to cover, and a uh, Frank Sinatra takes home the Oscar oh. for acting in that movie, believe it or not. 
But a great, great film. Look forward to that one. So, and, and it kind of has that similar theme of like underlying conflicts between actors and characters and then something much bigger, which in that instance is Pearl Harbor. Uh, but very, very cool movie. But before we get into our Rocky Awards, in that Gangs of Goodfellas Broadway Melody episode, myself, Grant, Chris, and Artie gave our three favorite movies or three movies we love that are under 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. So under 50% on Rotten Tomatoes or 5% or less on – we did 6, I, 6% or less on, on IMDb. Movies that we love that fall into those quotients. And you can go back and check out that episode to find out myself, Grant, Artie, and Chris's answers to that question. And we're going to – a little later on, we're going to do something with all these movies that we pick. But Brennan B. is going to enter his movies here. Joey R. next week when we do Silence of the Lambs will give us his. But Brennan, take the floor. you got three movies to start with the first. You can put them in any order you want. This doesn't really matter. You can go first, first, third, two. I had a lot of fun with this. With okay. This I think I, we all did, right? I, oh, yeah. my yeah. order. I had a blast. Now, I, will, I just will preface this is that I gave Brennan the list because he doesn't listen to our podcast. You know, that's another story for another day. But I gave him the list of the ones we chose so he wouldn't double up. And believe it or not... Two of the ones. Two of the ones. One of mine. Well, one of Grant's. One, little, uh, little, little Big, Big League. League was one of mine. And one of Chris's? One or of one Artie's. 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 Which one? Bagger Vance. And, and oh, Bagger Vance. Yeah, so, yeah the legend I'll of Bagger Vance. It wasn't Battleship. <laughs> oh, my oh. God. The battleship. But with the Battleship. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so strangely enough, the, these movies run in theme with the theme of Rocky. At least I feel first one was 44% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Uh, 1994 film. Starring Kevin Costner, Dennis Quaid, Gene Hackman, uh, Leo Leone, and Annabeth Gish. White Earp. White Earp. White Earp is story of the true life, White Earp. Right. It's almost done as a bit of an epic tale. It takes him from the beginning of his life to... Great cast. Not the end of his life. Great cast. Kevin Costner plays White Earp. Kevin Costner is, you know, where White Earp is a kind of hopeful, green, positive... A young individual uh, who has everything, marries Annabeth Gish, who plays Agent Reyes in X-Files. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And she dies of typhoid fever. And his whole life crushes. He burns down his house and goes out west and is drunk. Uh, gets arrested for... What if it's, like a, it's a Western, right? It's a Western? Okay, yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was golf Sorry. or cowboys. Right. right. <laughs> but I get it. I get... It's funny. Yeah, no, dude, it's so funny. Like, when I texted you The Legend of Bagger Vance, I literally wrote The Legend of White Herb. <laughs> and then, and I'm like, wait a minute. I don't think that's what it's called. And I had to look it up. And I'm like, oh, no. And I deleted it. Like, oh, so that's so right. funny. That is so funny that you said that. But have you, see, have you seen... No, but I, I saw uh, Tombstone. Which is like Tombstone which is another like the, one. The, I think that's under fifty. Also, is it really? No, Tombstone's over. Tombstone's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, tomb, like Tombstone wired up. I feel like they came out at the same time as like a volcano, Dante's Peak, kind of thing. <laughs> I think be. I think they came out around similar times. But like, yeah, White Earth was like no, I, White Earth was a much more. It was like long. It was much longer. It was a. It was a yeah. White Earth was long. Really long. I've heard some movie. some. Good things about that one. But, like, again, I think that time period, though, people were after Kevin Costner. Like, they were annoyed that he, he took like over. It. He had his, he had his uh, Field of Dreams. He wins with uh, Dancing with Wolves. And they were just done with him at that point. And so. Tombstone is, is 93, and it, it 90, comes out in 1993. 
74% on critic for Rotten Tomato, okay. 94 audience. Okay. <laughs> it's a crowd pleaser. So eventually, White Earp becomes a, a lawman, and he is a badass, and it's a lot of fun. OK Corral is the big shootout that they portray, which is right. in not, Tombstone. not that great of a shootout. Right. Great scene in this movie is all of his fellow deputies are out of town, and uh, which are all his siblings, by the way. Right, yeah. A lynch mob comes to the sheriff's place, and he's got a prisoner in the back. Prisoner's freaking out. He goes, shut up. Walks outside to the lynch mob. Lynch mob says, we want him now. You can't stop us. Says, you're right. You're right. I can't stop you. You've got plenty of men here, plenty of guns. You'll take me down. And he pulls out his two revolvers. But I'm taking ten of you with me. All right. Okay. Number two is a 1992 movie with Christian Bale, Bill Pullman, Luke Edwards. Movie called Newsies. It's a Disney musical. Uh, it's great. It's about newsboys. Trying to, uh, the price gets raised on them, so they're going to strike. It's, it's a fun, fun movie, well done. You're like, you're liking, this, you're liking this historical... I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Robert Duvall plays Randolph Hearst. Oh my God, I didn't write him down. Yes. Yeah, Rob, Robert Duvall plays Hearst. Randolph Hearst. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, so that's below, th- again, it's another movie I thought It's rated was... 39. Yes. 39. It's a cult classic. It's yeah. a cult classic. I love this. Problem. I love that one of my, my favorite moments from the, the podcast, a couple of the Broadway Melody podcasts is, you know, God, Roadhouse, I can't believe it's below 50%. It's ridiculous. And then I think Grant just suddenly goes, well, it's not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you watch it and it's like, no, it's not. But it's, it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah, I think, I think Chris might have said that. Yeah, either, either, either yeah. Like, well, it's not a good movie. It's, it's not, but it's right. amazing. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, The News is another one I haven't seen, but, you know, again, it's, that's a well-versed movie. You've yeah. seen it, Grant? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, seen that, I've seen that a few times. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not good. <laughs> it's, I, I, lo- I like it. I, you know, I, I'll watch it. But, like, it's, 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 you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, Fits right into well, it's, that. Well, it's, it's a Disney musical about teenagers... Striking against the, the news. And know. Christian Bale's yeah, Christian Bale's like the leader. He's a young Christian wow. Bale, he's the lead role. Yeah. Um, it's The music is great. The uh, choreography is awesome. And it's it's just a good story. It's Actually, the, uh, so, I'm sorry. Speaking of Roadhouse, the guy that owns the Double Deuce is in... Is in Newsies. He runs like the boy... He runs the really? boys' home. Yeah. Wow. Now, I gotta say this. It's like when we recorded that episode... I had not seen Roadhouse, so I had I had not seen. It. I said that on the podcast. I since have watched it three yeah. times, <laughs> and it might be one of my favorite movies. It's, of all it's, time. A, it's it is fantastic. Just, it is so rewatchable and so awesome. And it's so ridiculous. I just love my favorite scene in that movie is when the owner announces to to the crew that all right, this is uh, this is it. Dalton, your Dalton's in charge. Whatever happens, you got to answer to him. And he's, he's Swayze smoking a cigarette. And like anyone being introduced to staff, the first thing they would be like is, is, hi, how are you? My name's Dalton. I'm looking forward to working with you. We're going to be running a tight ship around here. Here's a few of the things. But of course, no, that's not what happens. That's not you how know? He's there voice. huffing a butt. That's it. Dalton's in charge. He's going to address you now. Walks up. Morgan. 
you're done. <laughs> you don't have the right temperament for the business. <laughs> what the fuck? You know, like, it's just, he just fires he fire, someone before he, fires, he says hello. He fires yeah. four people off the face, like John Taffer. <laughs> that's a big explosion. And then there's, like, other people in the back that are just, like, kind of like, oh, God, I'm, I know I'm screwed. It's like, you and you, they're like, yeah, all right, see you later. Yeah. But, yeah, just uh, what, what a great one. All right, and, and your third one. So this one just made the category. It's, it was 49. Okay. All right. Um, 2004 film scar- starring Jim Caviezel. 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 Monica Bellucci, directed by Mel Gibson, Passion of the Christ. Okay. That's a 49%. 49%. Yeah, and I was a little upset to see that. Um, and I think the Hollywood, the Hollywood trend had something against Mel Gibson or Jesus? I hope it was Mel Gibson. <laughs> Might be both. <laughs> <laughs> Could be both, but yeah. So that one had to make the list. Yeah, I have. I have not watched that movie. I own it. Oh, you haven't seen that? Uh, I, I haven't have seen not. it either. Yeah. I I, oh, I own wow. it. Oh. I don't know how or why I own it, but I own it. It's. I have two copies of it. <laughs> I did not purchase or receive either as a gift. They're just in my box of possessions. I they have no anon- idea where they came from. They were anonymous, anonymously sent to two, you mail. Two copies of Passion of the Christ. Think one know. unopened, one open, and they're just they're just here. People you know, think like you I, need it. I don't normally call things breathtaking, but this one this one qualifies. Yeah, I mean, I've had multiple it's, people tell me it's a must watch, and yeah. and they preface it by whatever your religious beliefs might be. Like it's oh, it just totally. is a very. Totally. Sidebar take on movies and how movies are filmed and what they're done. So I guess that's vivid graphic and right. Who were the other actors you listed on there? Jim Cavazzo. I got, it, I got that. I got that. Yeah, you know who that is. Yeah, yeah. I know. Okay. I know him because he's Strangely the guy enough, who played he's Jesus. He's in White Earp. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he's I'm in not, White Earp too. Yeah, yeah he's, he's in uh, sure. a, th- a Thin Red Line. Is is frequency? Frequency. Frequency is great. Love frequency. Didn't make over fifty percent. Of course, it's a great movie. It's a good movie. All right, so wh- who were the other actors and actors in there? Did you have any? Monica Bellucci. Okay, Monica Ooh. Bellucci, yeah. And that was it, and then directed by Mel Gibson. So one of the things that we're going to do with these movies, now that we've just extended this to a second episode, and we'll make this announcement now, is that I said next week Joey R. is going to give us his three, and uh, Rob Bobcat, when he does his episode with RDB and the Slumdog Millionaire, will give us his three, and a debuting host, J.D., hops in and gives us his. He's going to do the American Beauty episode with me in his debut. We're going to take all the, the three that we have from each of us. We're going to put them in a little social media tournament and have people vote on what movies they think, pin them up against each other, Ooh. go through the old tournament, and the winner... We will do a bonus episode on. All right, so, so whatever you now we'll be doing the Roadhouse episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we will do. Well, uh, the one one movie, so, one so, so it, we'll have a, like, a little like tournament a, set like up. A March Madness. Everyone votes like a little March Madness all the way up, a little World Cup style deal. Well, Goes Dave, all the way if you up. told me that, I would have picked different movies. Well, hey, well, <laughs> because the point is, is you're going to pick the ones that are you. And if your movie wins, you'll be on the episode with myself and you'll pick another guest to join too so it'll be a three person podcast and we'll do a bonus episode on that movie I hope it's not Battleship I hope it's not Battleship please trolls don't I might vote for Battleship just to do it <laughs> okay so we are now at the BPC Awards it's the BPC Awards for Rocky and again we're not going to include the sequels in this so whatever impressions you may have of 
any of these characters as they're portrayed in the later films. We're, spe we're talking specifically to this movie. How we laid this out, because when we're talking MVP and LVP as we normally do, of course, Rocky's the MVP of this movie. There's no debate there. We're going to do it a little differently this time. And throughout the, the podcast so far, we kind of highlighted all the principal supporting characters. We're going to pick an MVP based on those, those four primary supporting characters. We're going to pick an MVP and LVP based on who is the most valuable to honing Rocky's character moving forward throughout the rest of the franchise and who is the least valuable in their performance specific to this movie. Okay, so we're not going to include Pauly with the robot romancing the T-1000. We're not going to deal with that. We're not going to talk about Talia Shower with the fur coat in the in the we're, we're talking about their performance in this movie and how what's their value to the rocky character moving forward through the rest of the franchise okay so mvp and lvp so the least valuable player here is still going to be a beloved character that we were very happy with i'm happy with all four of these characters apollo adrian mickey and paulie we love them all but we got to pick a most and we got to pick a least. MVP, I'm going to start with you, Grant. We've already gone into length with all these guys. Kind of to, to sum it up and, and tell us what you think. Yeah, my... Uh... Can, I just, can I just jump in here? Okay, yeah. If, if this goes unanimous, you guys both owe me a beer. But let's go see. Okay, all right. I, I, think it's, I think it's going to be. Okay. It's Adrian. Adrian is the driving force behind Rocky. Rocky is all heart, and yeah. she is that heart for him. This wouldn't this wouldn't be a movie without without her, uh, without Adrian, without the character. Rocky wouldn't be the fighter that he is without Adrian either. It's hard to disagree with that, but we're we're gonna. I'm just gonna slide over to Brandon because, because we've already spoken on all these characters. Let's just kind of go with each one, and then we'll come together with a consensus. So, Brandon, what, what are your choices? So, so this is this is something that I I've been mulling over for definitely the past 24 hours. I walked into this place thinking that I was saying Mickey. That's what I was convinced of. Our conversation throughout this whole thing made me realize my first answer was Adrian. And I was going to have this whole thing, well, you know, usually your first answer is right. And in this case, it's not. First answer was right. I, I think Adrian is the, is the most valuable player. And that's really based off of the conversation we had here today. She is a driving force. He's not the fighter he can be if she doesn't. If she's not there, Mickey is very important, but he's not Adrian. And I'm totally going with Adrian. Cool. Now, we, we, you preface this by saying we owe you a beer if it is or isn't unanimous. If it is unanimous. If it is unanimous, we owe you a beer. Yeah. Because you changed your mind halfway through? <laughs> is that that? No, because based off our conversation earlier on, and, and that's maybe me, I should have gone first. Based off of our conversation here today, I think we're all in agreement. And, and maybe I'm wrong. So Explain. you should owe us a beer if you're wrong under those things. That's, that's for sure. Right. So you owe us a oh, beer. Oh, so you're disagreeing with me. So you're about to... Okay. Yeah, that's So true. if it's not unanimous, you owe us a beer. Of course. Okay. It is unanimous. Uh, <laughs> Adrian is the MVP under the constructs that we've put out. She is the driving force behind Rocky. We're going to talk about these sequels, but the scenes of him at the cemetery later on in the series, in the Creed movies, boy... There's your evidence right there. And it doesn't yeah. need to go beyond that to me. She is the driving force behind Rocky. It's, it's all about his love for Adrian. The boxing is just what he does. It's just what he does during the day. He becomes champ. He, he goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with the champion in this movie. 
And what does he, what does he say? What is the first thing he say when that bell rings? Adrian, where's Adrian? Where's Adrian? Adrian, Adrian, Rocky, Adrian, Rock. That's the movie right there. I was making a case in my head for Apollo because Apollo plucked him out of obscurity, not just literally, but emotionally, like, because when he offered him the fight, he said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not right. that's not me. But he, he picked the fire out of him and brought him to the main stage and brought him to be the Rocky that would ultimately train his son to become world champion. And I, I think that there's a case for Apollo. And Apollo is my favorite character in the Rocky franchise, 100%. 100%. And I think he's yeah. the most important character in the Rocky franchises uh, outside of Rocky himself. He's mine too. Yeah. And I 100% agree with you on the franchise comment. He definitely is. Yeah. But in this movie, but it's Adrian. But in this movie... And, yeah. and, and it's so funny. So I was between Mickey and Adrian, and you were between Apollo and Adrian. And I, for me, Apollo didn't even make the, make the debate what we said before. He's not the heel, and he's not the heel for a reason, because he's just the best fighter. And, and, it, and it, it could be anyone the best. Yeah. Rocky's not fighting Apollo. Rocky's fighting the mountain. Rocky made this a point in later in later movies. The only one you're fighting in there is yourself. Right. And oh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. Great, great scene that I, I you're referring to. But yeah. Okay. So we we it, it is it is across the board. It's Adrian and let's just again just Godfather one, Godfather two aside. This performance from Tally Shire is just awesome. And I would to answer Catherine Catherine Short's question before. Not only would I be totally fine with her winning Best Actress, hell yeah. You know, I don't know the other ones up. I don't know who ended up winning, but, you know, it's a great performance. And it's, it's great in its subtleties. And I think that, that any time that you can, any time you can put out a performance where the best things you do are what you don't do, Right. I'm all for that. Yeah. I'm all for that. LVP. All right, we're in our same four. We know it's not going to be Adrian in this category. Who kind of least who, – who finished last year? And I was between two personally. Brendan, I'm going to have you go first. I'm going Pauly. You know, we did that whole, you know, Apollo to Rocky, Rocky to Pauly. I think it is important, but I think if you take Pauly out of the whole, out of the whole puzzle, you still have the hero's journey. You still have a very compelling story. Mickey is a very important role. Apollo, we said Apollo could be anyone. He's just a mountain but he's a big mountain. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. It's Paulie. Aside from giving Rocky access to sides of beef, the only thing he contributed was a headache. Uh, <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, I think, I mean, he was, he, you know, he kind of, and he also was the one who was the bridge between Rocky and Adrian. But in terms of all the, of these four characters, he did the least for Rocky. Okay, well, this one's not unanimous. Okay. Oh, okay. I did not have Paulie as my LVP. And I, this is not going to be popular, but I chose Mickey for this. I had a hard time with this. I, I went back and forth with this a few times. I confidently had Mickey a couple days ago, and I flip-flopped over to Polly, and then switched a couple times today. But now, after this conversation today, much like you, you did too, I'm with Polly. Here's where Mickey is valuable. And this is why I was going to ultimately give him the pass. Rocky becomes Mickey later on in this franchise. And Rocky has to step out of his past and has to step away from his. And he has to become 
the, the trainer and the coach that he doesn't necessarily want to become when he meets Adonis Creed. And I think that Mickey's presence in this franchise is essential to understand Rocky in that role. That being said, if we're going to limit this to this movie, I think that the burden that exists within Pauly is so undeniable and so great and so real He's Rocky's family. Rocky does not have a family in this movie. And we haven't talked about the pictures yet. And well, I think we'll probably talk about that more when we talk about Creed. But Rocky's, Sylvester Stallone uses his real family pictures on the walls in these movies. Like his, himself as a child. And Rocky doesn't have a family. Rocky has his love for Adrian. And his love for Adrian brings Paulie into his family. And as big of a pain as he asks as Paulie is, and... When Paulie has the metal bat and he's like, you want to go? Let's go. And he's like, you want to go? We'll go, Paulie, if you want to go. Paulie is the part of Rocky's new life that he has just, it's part of his life now and he can't ignore it and it's there. He doesn't know why it's there. He doesn't want to deal with it. Paulie could have just been excluded from this movie and it would have been fine, but he wasn't. And his presence in this movie makes you scratch your head and it's to say, well, why is he even here? And I think that that's the point is, is that when it comes to love and it comes to family and what it's like he is as much part of rocky as adrian is he's that comes with the package i just think that there is this this wild card thorn to Polly that sticks out in this movie and that you can't you want to look away and you want to not be like i don't want to deal with this guy but you have to deal with this guy because rocky has to deal with this guy and he is he is part of this family that you're in. And that's why I ultimately I ultimately think that his value is while as inexplicable as it is <laughs> is it's there it's there and it's part of Rocky. Whereas I think Mickey is not so much part of Rocky other than the fact that he assumes his role later on. Troubling to me. I mean I, I totally see and I and I appreciate And it's your, supposed to be troubling. <clears throat> right. Because really Mickey is part of and, and, and we're trying to choose an LVP. We're really an LVP. Shouldn't we be love all these characters. Right. They're exactly. all essential. They're all essential to Rocky's character. We're not saying that this person isn't essential. It's just rank them. If we had rank to choose them. one. Right. right. Under our normal constructs with this, we pick LVPs and usually they're from aggressive supporting acts. So what would your LVP have been? My for? LVP, uh, had this been a normal, under normal circumstances, yeah. is it's so stupid that the bicentennial match is celebrated on New Year's Day and not the 4th of July. And I understand that this is just like the, how the timing works and everything. Yeah, right. But Apollo Creed being like, oh, it's, the, it's America's most famous birthday. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> New, Year's, the world. New Year's Day? Everyone <laughs> celebrates it. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. You know, I never picked up on yeah. that. Yeah, he's like, it's America's birthday. Well, no, it, it, July Fourth is the New Year. That's, and that's the one. And then like, it's a big like. So what is that? It's, is it just like? And like, it should his be like game uh, plan or yeah. It? Like I mean, it worked. It worked out that way because like it was like a few weeks before Thanksgiving where like you had to like find a match quick. So like, New Year's Day seemed like the perfect opportunity. But it's just like then in, in Apollo Creed you just. Come out dressed as a New Year's baby or Father Time <laughs> or something like that. You know, well, he's going with the year was what yeah, he's doing. Yeah, but it's year. funny because like I was texting you, Grant. We were talking about like oh, when we're going to record this and we're going to. I'm like, oh, it's going to be out of Memorial Day. That's great. It's fitting. And then I think you were like, well, like 
it should be more fitting if it were on Fourth of July because it's like it's like yeah. And then you were like, wait a minute, I don't even was that a no? That wasn't a question. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't even know. I just know I just know yeah. that it's American because they're just they're I, all I red, look, white, and blue. Yeah. And then you respond back. You're like, no, no, no it's New Year's Day, and uh, <laughs> I had for my like in under normal context, my LVP is. Apollo's handler. Uh, he was kind of just generic fat cat, you know. Oh, sure. Ah, Balboa, you're going to be the guy. What do you think oh, about that? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. they didn't bring him back in any of the other movies. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, right. He just was kind of like, just, it was Gener- just generic like. Generic promoter. Generic, but he kind of had like, he kind of had big scenes. I feel like he was on the screen as much as Mickey was. Like, he was. Mm, no, he's in the He wasn't, scenes. he wasn't, but yeah. he was, no, but he was there for the. The mural with the shorts. He was the guy who told him with the, yeah. oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And yeah. then he's the guy who told Rocky's getting the shot. Oh, that's true. Yeah. You know, like he's he, there in big moments and it's like, what, what is this guy? This guy is not, he's, in, he's a nondescript it, kind of nothing. That's kind of one of the troubling thoughts is he's probably on the screen more than Apollo is. Uh, I don't know. He's not, no, he's not. He's not. The whole fight. The whole fight. The whole fight. Yeah, that's good. That but, but before the fight, he's on screen more than Apollo As much. And like slight, maybe slightly more... Because Apollo's right. not, but on Apollo's in the whole fight. Yeah, but he's in the whole fight. He's n- he's not, but boy, every time he's on screen, he's great. Apollo? Oh yeah. man, he's oh a uh, yeah. I, I think Carl Weathers he's could have been in, in that mix with I, and it, Academy and it, nominees. So that was great. I'm I'm so mystified by the fact that Carl Weathers didn't have a bigger career than he than he. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about Carl Weathers' career. Um, I'm really going to talk specifically two movies. Predator. Yeah. Predator. Oh, and and R.I.P. Little Richard, by the way, uh, yeah. it, it passed away, not yesterday or the day before, Yeah, but it was Monday. I think that that's one of the best openings of any movie, is them up in the chopper with Little Richard blasting away. Is that what's playing? I haven't oh, seen yeah. it so long. Oh, well, yeah. That, Ooh, that, baby. Is that the Yeah, old? baby. Yeah. Gonna have me a good time tonight. <laughs> yeah. You gotta... Yeah. So there's a, a regrettable Little Richard impression. <laughs> Who's the governor in that movie? Jesse Ventura. Oh, Jesse Ventura. Ventura. Yeah, oh, boy. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't remember his name for the life of me. I'm a goddamn sexual tyrannosaur. <laughs> and I don't know, have you guys ever seen the, the clip of them playing the Predator credits with the with the full house music behind it? Yeah, they're all smiling. Oh, it's the so good. Yeah. I'll show you it before we're done recording. It, so but good. Just Google full house Predator. Yeah. I know that sounds bad, but... <laughs> but you, YouTube, YouTube, Predator credits, yeah, put on Predator safe, credits, Full House. Put on safe search and <laughs> just no. on YouTube. And then the other car weather performance that to me is just the greatest. The greatest is is Chubbs from oh, Happy Chubbs Gilmore. Is great. You know, yeah, oh like a damn God. fool. Yeah, I didn't even realize that's him. Oh come on! Yeah. <laughs> hey Chubbs. Of course. You know that alligator that got your hand? I got his head. Well, I got his head. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that uh, that can't be a coincidence then. I was going to say earlier when you were talking about the skating rink scene is they have a first date skating rink yep. scene in Happy Gilmore. Yep, yeah, love they, it. All they was there endless, must endless, have been a, a plan slump. there. Yep, and you got the they yeah. got the Zamboni drivers singing Lionel Richie. Oh, yeah, so good, yeah. so good. I love, I love. That's a, that's a great call. That's a great call. The two yeah. two great ice skating rings. Also, uh, Carl Weathers. This is going to be my first of of two uh, Mandalorian references. Sure. In this, because the 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 Disney Plus streaming show, The Mandalorian, is based on the Star Wars universe. 
Carl Weathers is he's, in it. He's uh he's like the head of like the bounty hunting guild. He's and he's so awesome in it. He's he's like he's like wow. a secondary character. Like some it's episodes great. are more prevalent than others. He is fantastic. Oh, he's awesome. And he's, he's the one handing out all the assignments. So they go yeah. they go to him to like, oh, this is the big new assignment. Yeah, and like, you know, he's he, he's good, he's bad, he's good, he's bad. It's it's really good. And then of course we gotta just reference him in Arrested Development too. Oh yeah, rolling that as a oh, himself. Great stuff. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is an awesome actor, and I, this he should have been he should have been up there with a the nominee for this too. Yeah, and I know we're gonna get in the sequels later. His role, his performance in Rocky Three is just unbelievable. Yeah, totally great. Totally great. great. Okay, so this is a new category we're throwing into the mix here. Time machine recast is what we're gonna call it. The time machine recast. So you can take. Any actor, whether it's a lead actor, supporting actor, at any point of their career, all right. So you can you can go Clark Gable <laughs> in 1940, or you can go Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Now. Now. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Put them into this movie in any role you want. Uh, I could, you, and you two are the first poor victims of this. And I think that you both text me. And you're like, I, I don't know what to do with this. I watched this movie last night again, and I was just like, Oh my god! I had like I had so many. And then like I saw you both today, and you're just like, uh, Yeah, I got a bunch of these. Yeah. So I, um, I have a couple. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this off if you guys don't. Yeah, mind. go ahead. Okay. So I have like a main one. I have like. An offbeat one that goes with the main one, and then I have another one which I'm really super proud of. I'm going to go with the one I'm really super proud of first. Sure. Okay. So, we talked about our little street band. Okay. Okay. I want to recast the street band. Instead of it being Frank Sloan and the boys, I want boys to men. Philadelphia Legends... (laughs) As our street band, singing okay. that tune right in Sing there, it. just press a Sing hey, rock, right. passing the bottle, uh, and just singing Motown Philly. Boys to Motown Philly, <laughs> back. No, we'll keep the same tune just, in there, but yeah. Just, so, what role is Rocky's brother going to play then? Oh, he can still be the the, the bum from the docks. <laughs> hey, the bum from the docks. <laughs> hey, hey, get a job. Just as long as he still has a role. Well, that's even more of a reason. He's already gets his cameo later on. He doesn't need to be singing. Just want to make sure. So I want Boys Cement to play the street band. So that was kind of the one I was was happy about. But this is the main one. And actually, like I I picked this and then kind of like later on, like this. So love Gazzo. I've already said I thought Gazzo could have been considered Academy wise. I think Harvey Keitel would have crushed that role as Gazzo. I think he would have crushed it. No, I, I think he would have been perfect. I thought he would have been on point. And believe it or not, they tried to get, and I found this out later, they tried to get Harvey Keitel to play Polly's role. This is really interesting. So, but I would like Harvey Keitel's Gazzo. I have recast Buddy as well. Now, we talked about The Sopranos before, so granted, I mean, it's been a little while since you've seen it. Yeah. The buddy role, which is Gazzo's, uh, the take to the zoo. I want that to be Richie April from The Sopranos. <laughs> David Provel, <laughs> who, be, I'll build beans of your ramp. I'll build him a ramp. You take her to the zoo. So have him driving around and saying, just, just, I don't like you. Let's go. Let's go. I'll break your thumbs. How about I break yeah. your thumbs? I thought David Provel, who, <laughs> who's... Who plays Richie April in Sopranos and he's in uh, Mean Streets, uh, Scorsese's first movie too. I thought he would crush the buddy role and uh, that's, so that's what I have for that, guys, right? Okay. <clears throat> All right, so I have a couple here. Mickey's 
I don't know what uh, the other the other ring guy the, the other yeah. guy that worked at the gym. Yeah, yeah the guy who stole his locker. Yeah, yeah. Mike, oh, no, the short guy. Mike. Yeah. yeah. Oh, guy. I already yeah. casted him too. Okay. Hey, what are you um, deaf? Now I'm just short. Yeah, Char- uh, Charlie Day. Oh, oh I love that. I love I that. Love it might have distracted so much a little better bit. Than mine. Yeah. It might have distracted yeah. a little bit, but yeah. So I I got that his one. His sparring partner too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on! Yeah, yeah okay, and, all right. And, and that in the montage, been, that's cool. It might, and the Philadelphia thing is, yeah. is cool too, but and, it might have been a little over the top. Uh, and in the montage, you go, you're gonna kill him! Like, that was like his big role. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, practice yeah. it every day. Yeah, you might have distracted from what was going on, but okay, all right, that, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, Pauly, um, Artie Lang. Artie Lang is Pauly. Yeah, I mean, it, fit, it looks, fits it visually. Yeah. What do you have the chops? What do you have the acting chops to pull it off? I mean, he wasn't bad in Dirty Work in Beer League. <laughs> I don't know. And old school. He didn't even have a line in that's, old school. Yeah. Think, right? uh, so that's, that's, that's that one. Uh, I don't think Artie Lang would get nominated for no, an Oscar. I don't no, think, I don't no, think no. so either. Uh, so maybe first, they should. So, so Sturgis, I think that's Apollo Creed's promoter. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, guy, the, guy, the guy has yeah. my LVP. Yeah. Would be uh, Brian Cranston. Oh. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, which, I, I, which I, I, Cranston are we getting? It'll have to be, like, pre-Walter White it, it Cranston? It would be pre-Breaking Bad. So just to get the budget down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get, like, like, yeah. like, Saving Private Ryan Cranston. Or, yeah, like, yeah. Or like, like Seinfeld. Like, like, like 98 Seinfeld Cranston. Dentist Cranston. Yeah, yeah okay. All right. Okay, but my, my ace, my... Uh, great, great call. Great call. Here's, here's one that's it's controversial because it's recasting Mickey. Oh, boy. And, okay. and this is... It's funny. You recast two guys have been nominated for Oscars already. Well, you know what? This is how I roll, man. <laughs> but... I thought of Harvey Keitel now. You put Cartel. So that's funny is that there was a lot of legs with that. Yeah. So I put I put Har- Harvey Keitel now or even Harvey Keitel because Harvey Keitel's 80. Okay. So, so even you want him, him like Irishman. Like, like, but even, like him, like, five, even him like five years ago, he would still be like 76. Yeah. He, you know. Cool. Cool. So I, I like that. Like, I feel like that so, it would be, yeah, be, be a very different dynamic. There are a lot of Keitel ties here. That I like yeah. That's really right. funny. Now, Brendan B here. Yeah, I'm like the second grader shows up. I did the wrong chapter. So he (laughs) he misunderstood what we're doing here. So he recasts the entire movie. So we're going to now hear Brennan B's Time Machine recast of the main cast of Rocky. So who who recast Rocky for us? Let's go. We're going to start with Rocky. Start with Rocky. Why not? So it was... was No, no, hold on, hold on. Let's go in reverse. Start with Paulie. Paulie, I had as... Danny DeVito. Well, Danny DeVito would be a good I don't know. I... Really? Any, well, any, you, it would any have to be like Danny DeVito. Well, I mean, you can't have Paul like, be seventy, but like, right? <laughs> I don't hate that. I don't. Hate and I think it. he I want, would have been up for. I, I would like. I would like, and I because I, I know he's done angry with like Batman Returns and stuff, but like, I would, I don't see Danny DeVito as like an angry. Like I don't think he could reach like Paulie's level of anger. But he looks the part. He's kind of this like. Well, if you see his, some of his. Yeah, he's kind of always like a he's always like a little bit of a foil. Um, it, he was nominated, he was nominated for best supporting actor for Terms of Endearment, which is another movie which we'll eventually cover. But I don't hate that. That's that's an interesting idea. I think that you're right. He, we haven't seen the anger out of him, kind of with the Penguin. But right. Joey R will be very happy that we found two ways to bring up a Batman villain. The same one. Spoiler alert! I have a third one coming up. Oh boy, here we go! I love it. All right, Brendan. So let's give me give me now Apollo. You've recast you recast Apollo Creed. Okay. Apollo was an interesting one, and I, I thought a lot about this, and I this is one of my favorite actors, to be honest. Right, Will, Smith. Will Smith. Will Smith. What year? Someone obvious. What year? Uh, yeah, I'm going like like Independence Day. 
Okay, and, in the prime of Will Smith. In the prime yeah. of Will Smith. I yeah. mean, he is. He he fits the role. He's funny. He's he's charismatic. He's clever. He's. I think that'll work. In great shape. Yeah. I don't hate it. Um, I think I that could work. It. He's got to bulk up. Got to bulk up. Does it take away from Stallone? Or whoever you think <laughs> no more than no more than Carl Weathers. I mean, Carl Weathers is is a big big presence on film. Yeah, but he's not he's not the biggest blockbuster actor at that time. Oh, you wait, know, wait, wait till you see what it was for Rocky. <laughs> okay, we'll get let's get let's get Adrian before we get to this. But who did you have? For so Adrian? Adrian, I think is my best pick to be honest. Okay, Anne Hathaway. I think she would play the role perfectly. She's beautiful. You could see them doing the makeup right with her. This one yeah. I'm going to disagree with. You're going to disagree yeah. with that. She, okay. she, I don't think she plays diminutive. I don't think she plays reserved. I don't think she plays in her own shell. I think, I think that Anne Hathaway is always a spectacle wherever she is. I love Anne Hathaway. I'm not, I'm not taking away from her. I don't think that she lives in other people's shadows with her performances. Well, but do you think she could? No. Not 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 more effectively or as effectively as Taylor Shire did. I, I just okay. I yeah. It's it's a it's a nice thought. I um. I don't do, what do you think, Grant? I think I mean the only time I've seen her like in a shell was with like the beginning of Devil Wears Prada, and I think uh, that would be a, that and, would be her being in a, in a shell. And I and I, th- I think I think I great movie. Yeah, I think even then it's not it's nowhere near the level of Adrian. No. Yeah, it has to go, but that's so a very know. tough. That's a tough. It's a, it's a tough. It's a. It's a. That's and, a really. And again, before we t- recast Rocky, we just want to let everyone know, like, we're not going to do this every episode here. We're going to pick one or well, two minute characters that could realistically recast. Brennan V did his homework wrong, but we're very interested in what he you know, has. And I, and on I, and the I was thrown off by the fact that I did the whole thing wrong. That I wanted to preface the whole thing like, if they ever reboot this movie, I might. I I, I just oh my might god! Lose it. Talk about a movie that should never be rebooted. <laughs> just please, before you recast Rocky, recast short Mike for us. Oh me, I'm gonna be Mike. Oh, you're gonna play Mike. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Put yourself in the movie. Why not? Why not? I mean, I'm recast. Right, and let's go. Recast Rocky. Who do you got? Time Machine. Could be Could be Clark Gable. Could be Marlon Brando. Could be Channing Tatum. <laughs> Give me Tom Zach Zach Efron. What do you have for us? My mind doesn't go back that far. It was a grueling audition process. I went through uh, Mark Wahlberg and Hugh Jackman. And I ended with Hugh Jackman, actually. Hugh Jackman? I mean, I mean, look. Now, the point was, you can't get better than Rock. I mean, so or Sylvester Stallone. Sorry, Hugh Jackman, man. I mean, listen, he's Wolverine. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's, he's got the physique, and he you could see him playing the inarticulate, you know, street fighter. Yeah, I see him as more of a, a charismatic. These days, yeah, it's like a as like a Broadway like. Really, Brendan, you're quoted this movie. You had one, we didn't get to it. Yes, we didn't get to it. And, and we talked about the scene, I think. Um, and, it's, and it's more of an exchange than a quote, but I like it. I like it, Apollo. It's very American. And Apollo says, it's very smart. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's good. And, it's, and it, really, it really embodies Apollo's character. Yeah. That just totally reminded me of like a OG American Idol back in the day, back when Simon Cowell was allowed to like I've never watched it. Slit throats and, yeah. and just do whatever he wanted. There was a great Simon Cowell line. Is a, and, and he did basically in the early 
2000s, he could just rip people apart on television. No one was sensitive. He could do it <laughs> But someone performed God Bless the USA. Yeah. And he sat there with his arms folded and listened to it. And it was just whatever. It was a God Bless. And his response was, I'd say that that was a smart choice. You'll probably get some votes. And rolled his eyes. And, just, <laughs> and it was just great. It was just great. It's just like, it's just one of those, like, just the British guy going, oh, way to pander yeah, to the crowd. Pander, yeah, right, right. No, it's very smart. Scene of the movie. Scene of the movie. And we've kind of, I've kind of said mine. Grant's kind of said his. We'll, yeah. we'll, Grant, you just, because you did yeah, no. kind of more adamant this hit. Yeah, my, uh, my scene of the movie is the, uh, when Mickey, Mickey goes to Rocky's apartment and try to, Get him to be his to be his manager or uh, yeah. trainer. It's a gut wrenching scene. It's a really honest and real scene. It just this watershed moment for both of them. Man, they played with space so well in that scene. Yeah. Whether it's him, like you said, we, we said before earlier, with him opening the door. Oh God, you're still there. With that, yeah. and then he's in, going down the stairs, headed down the stairs while Rocky's screaming from his apartment, and then the walls, yeah. Rocky catching up with him down the block, and they're in the distance and talking. You can't hear them. They played with space so well in that scene. Man, that's that's a great choice. Uh, mine is going to be is that ice skating scene. I think it's the heart and soul of the movie in a, in a very undertoned place where you, the first time you see it, you may not say that, but it's the first real connection between the two of them. I had this choice before I learned about the history of it and I was hesitant to pick it. And then when I read about it and like, I was like, oh no, that's, that's my favorite. That's great. Yeah. But so that's my choice. That before, once I knew I was doing this, I watched it twice in preparation for this. And, and that probably was gonna be my choice the first time I watched it. Cause it's such, it's such a beautiful scene, yeah. what a romance. And, and I, I've mentioned it earlier in this cast, is it's, it's him going to the ring the night before. And I, and I can't say I've ever had a fight like Rocky's had, but I've had those nights before those big moments of my life where you can't sleep. And 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 it would be great to see the battlefield before you before mm. before it's actually a battle. It's, the scene itself is so innocuous. It's almost and it's what perplexed me so much that I've said that word three or four times already. But it's it's <laughs> if saying a, a word three or four times is a crime around here, we'd have a bunch of people on death row. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Red But anyway, so that scene where he's standing in the ring and he's looking at the pictures, it's such a seemingly innocuous scene. And you've even said it was a mistake. But to me... The empty arena. The empty arena. And and looking at how perfect they had Apollo's picture, they messed up his picture. And and having the promoter there being like, what are you doing here? And when you said when he can't sleep, that's with the train. That's what I was saying before with the train. Train. The train in his apartment. Yeah. That that scene spoke to me too, for sure. But Uh, but the promoter saying, what does it really matter anyway? And to Rocky, it actually mattered a lot. Those are his colors. I mean, if you go to the first scene of the movie, he's got the same colors. Different shorts. They're like old beat-up yeah. shorts, but the same colors. And so to Rocky, those colors are meaningful. And that's when he goes home and realizes what what the battle is. Yeah. And, and then him his conversation with Adrian. And, and that's and that's conversation. And I, and I hate to sound like Artie, but that's the beauty of this podcast. <laughs> uh, is is that you can... I can pick out a scene and say this is kind of one I have an issue with, and you can say that that, that right. is one of the best scenes. And then that's the same scene that Sylvester Stallone insisted be in the movie. Right. And, you know, that's the beauty of this and story, babe. 
You can agree, you can disagree on movies. <laughs> but, but, but one of the, not that it's a mistake, but one of the mistakes there is that compartmentalizing scenes. To me, Those three the full well. scene is, it begins with him wow. in the ring and it ends with him sitting in the bed having the conversation. And, and it really, it ties itself all together. As we said, it wasn't playing that way because the ring one was a mistake. That's a good, that's well, and that's well put. Those three scenes tied together. Our roll one to 90, 92 here. Is this a top 10 best picture winner? Now you guys haven't seen every best picture winner there is, but what do you think? It's, it's, it's nearly flawless. Again, it's, this is, it's really hard when you have a real, when you have a movie that's like really, really good and you haven't seen a lot of great movies. Yeah. It's really hard to put that on there. I would I, say I, it has to be a contender for top 10. I, w- I would say, I would say at, at the very worst, it's like top 13. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's definitely up there. And I haven't updated my rankings recently and we have enough content here where it won't be this episode where I do, but I'll say right now, this is no lower than two out of the ones we've discussed to this point. Yeah. I have this above The Departed. I have this above Rain Man. I have this above the others we've discussed. I have it battling Cuckoo's Nest. Right now I have Cuckoo's Nest ahead of it. But this movie's pretty damn near perfect. There are issues and I've discussed them. Brendan? Um, now, now, before prepping for this podcast, would you have said that? No. No? No, I would not have. No. When I, when I sat down to watch this for the first time, it occurred to me that this movie may be perfect. And I did not feel that the first time I watched this. But when, but when, I, when we said we were going to do this, and I watched this before I watched all the sequels, yeah. and awesome. I watched this and Rocky 2 and 3 right after it, and I said this movie's damn near perfect. I probably would have had this a little further back, but this is competing in the top ten. This is a great movie. It's a truly great movie, and just highly recommend anybody who may not have seen this recently, watch it. I, I had the same experience because I've... I've loved this movie, but but it's so funny how I've always I, it's easier to turn to the sequels and the later ones because they're they're more candy than than anything else. When I went back to really sit down and watch this movie, it it was almost like seeing it for the first time. It was a new experience, and it's it's such a deep movie, and you wouldn't think you'd get deep from a boxing movie. That's yeah. great. Well, we have covered. Rocky up and down. We've left no rock unturned. And I had to get that horrible pun in there twice. Uh, uh, it's time to move on from Rocky. And before we talk about those sequels, you guys hear something? Yes. As if this hasn't gone long enough, we are going to talk about MacGyver and MacGruber. And so, in his wildest dreams, Richard Dean Anderson never thought he'd be included on a Best Picture podcast. No, he but didn't. here he is. Okay, so, Brendan, you've obviously never seen MacGruber before this project. Did you actually watch it? Did You I did actually You sat it. and watched it. Okay. Yes, I rented <laughs> it. We'll get to that. $2.99. I also <laughs> rented it, too. I feel like I didn't get as good a deal as that, but... Uh, <laughs> Have you, Grant, have you seen an episode of MacGyver before this? No. 
No. Okay. So no. I have. We watched it as kids. We were, you were more into it than me. I you were obsessed, so into it. Obsessed. And I, you know, I would watch one. It was always fun. I had a good. <laughs> I had a good time watching both. I got to say that I was kind of the neutral party here. We're gonna talk about MacGyver first. So okay. So we review. We watched. A MacGyver episode chosen by Brandon B. here. It was season one, episode seven, The Last Stand. And we watched MacGruber, which is a movie that Grant has brought up. Grant C. here has brought up every episode so far. And when they were paired, the Grant texts me and he goes, we have to do MacGyver and MacGruber. It's his favorite <laughs> show. It's my favorite movie. We, neither of us have seen the other uh, either way. So, okay. So this episode of MacGyver aired, I think, before... I mean, I was even born, but like in the mid 80s and I'm just going to do a, a summary just from the top of my head here. I'm not reading off of anything. I would imagine that no one listening to this has seen this episode. If you have, God bless you. Please write in. Let us know. Watch it. It's good. Watch it. Yeah, Season 1, Episode 7 is available on CBS All Access, the entire MacGyver series. I think both of them, the remake. Who you, you do seasons. not recognize the remake. There's seven seasons. Uh, the, yeah. You do not recognize it's it. Garbage. And it's still airing today. Like, I saw, like, May 2020, there was a new episode of the new MacGyver. But anyway. People love MacGyver. The Last Stand. So, basically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be as quick as I can with this. And as abrupt, if I make a mistake, hop in. But So, what I got out of this is, and I did watch this twice just so I, I wouldn't give any of this. So, MacGyver is, like, he's reminiscing. And there's big voiceover, by the way. RDB would voiceover. not be happy oh, with yeah. the amount of voiceover that's going on. season is huge voiceover. <laughs> Does that not continue as the series goes on? The, the um... In and out. It's, okay. it's very but, inconsistent. <laughs> so MacGyver's on a road trip, and he's just, you know, oh, my, we used to hang out here as a kid. He's basically trying to visit a lake he used to visit as a kid. With his dad. And he admits, uh, yeah, I don't really know how to get there. And there's a crossroad, and he picks the wrong way. And he ends up at, it's an airport, but it's also like sort of like a diner. Like it, yeah. the, the airport has three employees. So it, when I call it an airport, it's not like JFK or like oh he's in the middle O'Hare. of yeah, like it's yeah so, you so, rent out a plane the thing you got to realize geographically so MacGyver lives in California so so he he's probably venturing out to another state one of the like I don't know Arizona do we know where does this I think, I think, I think it's in Arizona, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, airport diners were a thing okay yeah so this, but this anymore. is not like a, there's no security check here it's literally like there's oh there's no security yeah, no, there's it's three it's employees like, one's a mechanic one's a short order coach and one's just like a, a yeah. woman who answers the phones it's not even Republic Airport <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> no it's the planes yeah, don't really no, it's, go it's, there yeah. yeah it's it's a strip of dirt and planes yeah, can land there if they one have like to. That, isn't there one like that in West Hampton? There's an airport diner. There is, a, there is, yeah, there is like a little. So, I don't think it's quite like that. I mean, like, like no, this is, this is, but it's okay, closest okay. you're gonna get. In New There's York, three employees yeah. in this entire yeah. airport. That's all you need, and one of them's a, a short order cook. They all work in the diner. <laughs> so MacGyver pulls in here to get directions and. There's an angry-looking character who doesn't like MacGyver outside. He goes in. This hot shot playing pinball says, we're closed. There's a distressed-looking woman behind the counter. There's a beat-up dude sitting at the counter. And MacGyver susses it out and says, eh, no, no, I'm going to have a, you know, I just need directions. And you know what? Why don't you make me a coffee? Basically, more or less, the woman cries for help. She, she writes it in, like, now, bright how, Now, how does she write this? Like, with, like, with, like, lipstick? Like, 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 again, no, we're, we're reviewing something that no one listening has seen. So, <laughs> <laughs> she gives him a cup of coffee, and inside the cup of the coffee, written in red, is help. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this it's is like lipstick. Hot, it's, is yeah, it, it like must a be Sharpie? Yeah. It, must be, like a it must be. It must be. It's, like, hot pink. 
It's like hot pink, and it's just like. How is this lip? How are you writing on the inside of a of a an active coffee mug with lipstick? Yeah, and and now to the show's credit. The guy next to him sees it right away. He's like, what the hell is that? Yeah, well, it's, it's just like... It was not a very subtle... Right. No, it's like... It's, it's like, like... It looks like red rum from The Shining on him. Like, pretty much. And, like, like was like when they were looking, did she just make a bunch of mugs that said help on... Any, okay, anyway, so now... What I would have done. So now the cry for help went out to MacGyver, and now these guys know this. So MacGyver's got to stay, too. So they've held MacGyver captive. And in case you're listening at home and you're unsure, this is a big mistake. You don't hold the guy. You don't hold the guy. You don't. No. He can. He can make. Uh, he can turn a bicycle into a fucking giant blowtorch, and he does. Well, and well, he does. And this whole series is seven seasons of people not killing him and putting him in ca- captivity, and he gets out. Yeah. <laughs> well, so essentially, they're now they've robbed a van from a bank that has right. a person inside it. Yeah. So they and had two guys. There's out there money and a person inside this bank that's come in from a truck or a plane or some shit, and they're going to now blow this van up to get inside because they don't have a lock. But there's a person inside, and they're going to kill the guy inside. And the guys are just like, and and yeah. it's and then the guys like, well, but you're going to blow up your money too. How about I turn that bike into a fucking blowtorch? And they're like, you can do that. And he's like, yeah, and. Sure enough. And then, yeah. he, and then he uses uses narration to explain how he does it. Right, which I like, did not understand. I've watched several times and still it's almost like, It was almost like in Fight Club where they were telling Durton, like, where it's just, you know, with, like, with that, uh, if you mix this and this and, and add a little sawdust, you get dynamite. Yeah, like, so, it's just like, like, it's like, so. it's like any idiot knows that the paint on a, on a bike can be shredded and turned with ion and iron and then put in the pipe and then it can become a fucking blowtorch. Okay, Brennan. I, I watched the scene very young, and then multiple times. Since. Hold on, I, I, I do want to say this: is that I loved every second of this. So I'm not, I'm not well, talking smack. Well, here. No, like, it's, a lot of fun. it's a great it's a fun episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great setup. He it's, sears the lock. The lock falls off. The guy comes out. He runs, and you know he's like a mall cop or a bank, and then and then just like the badass who doesn't like MacGyver just shoots him anyway. You know, right. boom! He's dead. You killed him. He's like, yes. Yeah, so what? You know, good job, MacGyver. All right, so. <laughs> now, uh, I'm going to kind of brush through the next part of this because I guess there's like a helicopter pilot who's sworn off of flying helicopters. That never really was. They're, dig- they're digging a hole. Yeah, well, they're digging a hole for the bank guy That's that right, they just they're digging killed. a grave. Uh, and <laughs> the then he's just. About, the funny thing about all the MacGyver episodes is they're all about 10 to 15 minutes too long. Had they, had they cut them down, they would have been a lot better episodes. Yeah, like, I, I kind of felt that, too, because they had this grand escape where they all get in, and I'm like, yeah, they're free! Uh, let's go! And then it's like, then they get caught again. It's like, yeah. oh, God, no, this is going <laughs> to <Right>. continue. So, <laughs> like, so then they get pulled back in. I guess, what, like, they actually, like, he, he makes these, like, hand grenades out of kitty litter and newspaper. Really <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they blow up cars somehow. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. right. And, he does get a car yeah, right. but then like the, the guy just comes on a motorcycle and just shoots the the gun out. That's right. If you're having trouble following right now, I, I don't forgive you. Yeah. Uh, we're now basically in a scene here where MacGyver gets stuck in a freezer, right? As they're like, they're like, yeah. they're, like tie them up. And he goes, I got a better idea. Like shove them in a freezer and like, but they'll freeze to death. And again, he's like. He, so what? So you know, what? like, yeah, yeah, he just says... And, and like, why doesn't he shoot him? And the badass of the mullet who hates MacGyver loved saying the word MacGyver. He said MacGyver yeah. 
more than Rocky said Adrian throughout the entire <laughs> MacGyver, it's MacGyver. God, I hate MacGyver. <laughs> so they're in the in the freezer, and MacGyver has a lot of like little wise guy comments and like he's planning on getting out and she's like he's like, We're gonna get out of here and she's like, How? And he's like, I haven't figured that out quite yet, but it's gonna happen. And then he's like, Make a wish and she's like, I wanna get out of here and he's like, huh. Start thinking up another wish. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he basically melts ice from a which, light bulb. Which, which had to have, like, to add enough water from that piece of ice, that had to have taken four hours. Yeah, he, yeah. Me- like, he melts ice into a lock, and the lock is broken, and they're out of the freezer, and oh. now he's got, like, a small model airplane somehow. Well, That's the weirdest thing. And, then, yeah, they, and they all run and chase it. All the bad guys run and He puts something on it. Yeah, that, one of those dynamite. Things. And then, yeah, lights it on fire, and then it just kind of, like, <laughs> just... <laughs> if, right, this, if this... Yeah. If you this, can blow up a car, but then when he puts it on yeah. the, I don't know. If this description of this episode is not translating as awesome, uh, I apologize, because it was awesome. So just, you know... It, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's hard to explain... I mean, the science is... Really uh, it's easy to explain. Was, it's hard yeah. to make it sound cool. I do have a question about MacGyver as a series. So he's like, what, like, former Special Forces. Well, this is, this is the best part about um, MacGyver is it's so poorly written, they didn't know. So, so I know in MacGruber, like, they make him formal Special Services. Yeah. No. In, in, no, in the series, so, no. There is no real background with him. So he just, just, I love it. There's so one part just, the bad guy's like, what do you do, MacGyver? What is it? What do you do for a living? He goes, I just sort of like travel around and shit. Yeah. So, so this is like... <laughs> so, this, so, so basically, in the whole this is, first season, they hadn't decided. Like, right. like who the fuck is so, this? So basically, from here to so basically, it's like kung fu with paper clips. Yeah, yeah that's right, basically yeah. what and it so, is. And, and so like in, in preparing for this, like I read some stuff online. Like, what do other people think about stuff? And, and, and it is a joke. So finally, by the second season, they figure out he works for the Phoenix Foundation. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just put a name behind this bullshit that we've so, created. So it's it's Phoenix. A, it's a think tank, also third party contractor of the military, and okay. like and there's right. like a something like mm. so pretty much they can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and before we leave it, I just need to say too, the hostages are free. The, the bad guys say, fuck this guy. I'm done with it. Let's just get out of here. We have our money. Why are we like, why are we like playing tops with this fucking weird MacGyver? Like, let's get out of here. And then, and then all the hostages are running and MacGyver stops and goes, wait, are we going to let them get away? And they're all like, yeah, we were just fucking hostages at gunpoint. They were just get the hell out of here. I don't give a shit. Let them get the money. Go. He goes, well, they killed that one well, guy. They killed that one guy. It matters to me. I got a problem with that. It matters to me. Yeah. And the, and like the guy refuses to fly helicopters. He's like, Ugh. all right. This fucking, this fucking. I guess so. And the highlight of the entire episode is is the the guy is the bad guy's running, and the guy flying the helicopter just domes him. <laughs> with, with, yeah. With, yeah. With, the, with the with the helicopter has the two landing pads, yeah. and he just flies the landing pad in the guy back of the guy's head. Oof! And he just falls to the he ground. Just, I'm like, just, oh god! He just domed him. Yeah, he just like turned the turned the helicopter like, ever so slightly, 
it just smacked him right just like, hell yeah, I'm back. Yeah. I'm flying helicopters. MacGyver now jumps onto the tail of this plane. It just, it starts <laughs> And just plays with, with the rudder, and the yeah. plane can't take off. And, you know what? Yeah, and and you just, know what? There's a scene in that that shook me, having watched all the other seasons. MacGyver doesn't like guns. He doesn't touch yeah, guns. Yeah, he doesn't touch guns, right? So we, well, MacGruber doesn't either. He actually there. uses a gun and hits the guy with the butt of it. I feel like that was, like, too much for me. He doesn't even touch guns. Yeah, right, true. And now we're going to get into MacGruber now because <laughs> everyone, sur- everyone survives except for the poor 60-year-old Secure- retired security guard. cop. And yeah. the other bad guys just go, oh, I do like the one line. It goes, MacGyver is holding up, like, a giant metal, like, iron whatever. And, like, the bad guy's like, what's that? And he's like, well, this is a uh, uh, an advanced cranium buster. <laughs> and the guy's like, what? And he goes, bad! And he just hits him over the head. <laughs> <laughs> take us, yeah. take us through MacGruber, MacGruber again. So MacGruber is basically Bizarro MacGyver. He does all these tricks and he does these little things, but he only he's very incompetent the way he does. Uh, although, he, 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 although he is former Special Forces, former Green Beret, former Navy SEAL, former Armory Ranger, doesn't like guns until the very end of the movie, where <laughs> he, he falls loves, in love with guns. He loves guns. <laughs> Why do you like guns? I don't know how to use them. <laughs> <laughs> I got though. MacGruber started and like they were in like the desert, and it's like this like highly produced movie. I'm like, whoa! I don't really know what I'm watching right now. Like, yeah. is this like this right. is, what is, Yeah, based on the SNL skit, but it's taken to the a completely different level, and uh, it's it's vulgar and it's. It's unsettling to watch at times. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, Brendan, you're not big into like overly vul- vulgar comedy, but how did you do with this movie? Like, did you... So the first 20 to 30 minutes, I was like, oh, I'm going to like this movie. It did, I, I like that sort of like over the top humor. It, they started to grasp the MacGyver par- parody. And then it just all fell apart. Where, where, did, it fall, where did it fall apart? Um, MacGyver or MacGruber, sorry, MacGruber never became MacGyver. Like he, to me, it, it would have been fine having him an idiot, but then all of a sudden he he does do something interesting. <laughs> yeah, I would say that like one thing that I was surprised is like there, he didn't use many contraptions in Anything. the yeah like that's yeah. like the that's the bread and butter of MacGyver, and it was right. like I was kind of like I didn't necessarily get the whole connection, and like I watched a couple of the SNL skits where they did. Where he's like, toss me the paperclip, toss me this. Yeah. The, the one with Charles Barkley was one of the yeah, ones yeah. I watched. And they're, they're actually, and he's always like, basically like one of the SNL like punchlines is, he has 10 seconds and he's always like giving speeches while he has 10 <laughs> yeah, seconds yeah. left. And, and they do that in the yeah, climax of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Kristen Wiig is awesome in it. She's, she's so good in oh, it. Like, oh, she's awesome in everything. She I just yeah. watched Anchorman 2 for the first time. And Anchorman 2 is incredibly stupid and not a good movie. But Oh, it's horrible. But boy, did I laugh so hard at times. And she is... She's great. She does so much with such a little opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, female Brick Tamlin. And they give... It's just bad. And she's so good it's, it, with, yeah. with horrible material to work with. I Assembling mean, this all-star team. Oh, God. And, get, and putting him in the van with, like, unstable dynamite. Homemade C4. And but but his reaction, the, oh no! <laughs> Call no! 911! Call 911! And like, now I'm looking at him like, ooh, yeah. and he's like looking at the Are you okay? Are you, are you okay? 
you okay? Are you okay? See, so, so it was That's fun. really good. Really what good. What was funny to me on that one was then, then he takes it to himself, I'm taking you off the case. Like, you are, like, you're too close. <laughs> right. You just, you <laughs> pulled him. Nothing has changed. I love it. You Nothing pulled him out changed. of obscurity. Like, you begged him to yeah. join. He, like, assembled his own people and accidentally blew them up and... No, you're too close to the case. Like, really? like he's exactly yeah. the same closeness to the case oh as before. And, and let's just do a shout out, like Chris Jericho and the boys. So no, uh, wait, oh, no. Too. In the, I didn't realize that was him until the credits. I'm like, Chris Jericho. Oh, oh yeah. All yeah. All yeah. All yeah. Chris Jericho gets lines. And, yeah. Yeah. and hey, the big show is spared being in the van. That was <laughs> yeah. really funny to me. Let's make Yes, it's less like also the big show. No, we, did, did any of those wrestlers, did you recognize any of those wrestlers, Brendan? I guess if you didn't recognize Chris Jericho, you probably recognize no, any of them. No, they were all They were all WWE wrestlers. Oh. So you had Chris yeah. Jericho. Oh, was Hacksaw you, on there? The big no. show. Hacksaw? No, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was not in the back. <laughs> He's in everything but else. You recognized the big show. Yeah, I would. I didn't. Okay, he didn't. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was, it was Chris Jericho. It was MVP. It was Great Collie. I don't know. Mark Henry. Guys, it was Mark Henry and Kane. Yeah. Kane I would have recognized. Yeah, but he didn't have the mask on, so you might not have. <laughs> but anyway, if I don't know when we'll bring up Mark Henry, MVP, Kane. No, we might, strangely, we might bring up the big show again. You know, he is the star well, of uh, Waterboy. Probably about 20 mm-hmm. minutes when we get to Rocky Three, uh, we'll, be talking, we'll be talking Mr. Hogan. T, yeah, we might yeah. get him to Hogan. And Hogan, oh, Hogan yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I have a lot to say about that. We're almost at the five-hour um, mark. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, all right, so let's so, so sum it up with me with MacGruber, Brendan. Did you... Were you were you angry that you watched it? Did it did it offend your MacGyver fanhood? Or so it, it didn't offend my MacGyver fanhood because they didn't even touch on MacGyver, and that they, that was my biggest. That was yeah, my it, biggest, it didn't really make I fun was, of MacGyver. I was I was offended that that they didn't do a good parody. Okay, and there's so much there to work with, and they didn't even scrape scrape the surface. And, and it's that over-the-top humor that I do like and I did enjoy. But we're not getting out of this without talking about Val Kilmer, by the way. Oh, like, well, first uh, of all, he looks horrible. Oh, Val Kilmer. He looks horrible, that, but... That dude was Batman. But I love that him. That dude was Batman. He's great. But, and there's your other Batman. Is that the other Batman? Nope. You have another one, too. I have, well, one, I have one in Creed. Is Val, is Val Kilmer the worst Batman? I think Clooney's the worst no, Batman. No, Clooney's, Clooney's the worst Batman. Batman. How about Affleck? Affleck's a great Batman. It's yeah. just a barely. I, just, I have no problem with it. Was just, it was just a ba- it was just barely. Do we need to exercise any more MacGyver MacGruber demons? Do you have no. anything else? We're good. I'm well, good. Just that there was so much there to work with in the original MacGyver that they didn't even touch on. I mean, there's things like like MacGyver would just be like, I don't eat I don't eat burgers. Like I I I eat celery. Like he'd he'd always be making these like. Yeah, you know <laughs> shakes and and like. I, I think Chris G said best in the in the Broadway Mel episode. He goes, "Well, why are they parodying something so long ago? It's too many years after the parody." And I guess maybe the sure. remake or it was just yeah. kind of like it's an odd thing to parody in the time the frame that they did it. All right, we're leaving our MacGyver MacGruber there to be to be revisited another day. Let's talk Rocky sequels here. Yeah. We're going to kind of move through this in a relatively quick way based on how much we have to say about it. We're not going to do it in a formulaic way. We're certainly not going scene by scene through this. Let's give our thoughts on each sequel as we go through and, and how the characters arc and, and whether the movie was worth watching or not. You know, Rocky II, um, I'm gonna st- let, me, let me start. I found Rocky II incredibly slow. I thought it took a long time to start. I'm riding this high from Rocky, and it just was kind of like this 
downer and bummer. I saw what they were trying to do. The movie could have been shorter. Grant? Uh, I liked Rocky too. Again, it was more about it's more about Rocky than it was the boxing. Um, and I think it was kind of an interesting look at, you know, what would happen to the the Italian stallion once everything kind of once the dust settled. And I thought it was a really yeah. accurate look. You know, they, they they were honest. I feel like Stallone was honest with himself mm-hmm. about uh, where he would like what he would do and what he, where he would end up. And I thought the uh, the final fight was great. I like I love the I love well, the I love the way it ended. Totally with, great with the uh, with the count and Rocky gets up just one second yeah, earlier. Awesome. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Vince McMahon would be very proud of that. He would love that. Yeah. Uh, Brennan, final fight is great. With that said. Uh, Rocky Two is one of my least favorite Rocky movies. Wow, um, there's a there's a take. Yeah, I I debate whether I which one I hate more, five or, or two. My opinion with Rocky Two is, and I didn't realize the whole budget thing until today, but it plays into my feelings about Rocky Two. Is that is that Rocky Two is the movie they wanted to make with a big budget? That's the big budget thing, but with them winning. So it's like, yeah. you know, they read you the running scene with a bunch of kids falling. Like, it's like this big, this big moment with people surrounded by him. In the first one, he's all by himself. Yeah. Um, they, they read you so many things. They make, they make Apollo the heel. And, they, and there's a whole scene there. They say, well, Apollo, if you do this, you know, you're going to be the bad guy. Yeah, I, I, I do know? like, and we didn't mention this. We didn't mention the scene when we talked about Rocky. It was like, they ain't going to be a rematch. You know, mm. they ain't going to be a rematch. I don't want one. How quickly they yeah, change. Yeah, yeah we, we should have brought that up with, yeah. with that yeah. earlier. But he goes, I don't want one. I don't want one. And then there's the whole, like, oh, rematch. It's like, I thought you didn't want a rematch. Oh, yeah. I never said that. This, oh, I, but, I, I feel like that movie's a little back-heavy. I think it takes a little while to get to the yeah, point. I, I do agree with that, but, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, though, Grant. And, and I, I think that it, like, it's not, like, made great. Filmmaking-wise, I thought that the beginning... You, you can be slow. Like, you can take a little while to get sure. somewhere. I just thought that they didn't, they didn't have the chops to make, it, to make it be where it was. Is Stallone's directorial debut, I want to say? I don't know. I yeah, it is. You will, uh, well, and I was mistaken. I thought he had directed the first one, and, and I learned today. Yeah. yeah, no. But I just want to bring up a funny uh, cultural reference, Freaks and Geeks, if anyone's ever... Yeah. You've seen Freaks and Geese? Mm-hmm. I, I, sent, I think I sent you guys that clip. Biff, Biff from... Yeah, the gym teacher. Biff, yeah. is Biff from Back to the Future is a gym teacher dating Bill's mother. Right. And so they're at dinner. They say, oh, Bill, uh, you see Rocky too? Great movie, great movie. That, that uh, Carl Weathers, he's stacked. But yeah, great movie. Uh, so much better than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky three. I... Loved, <laughs> and I gotta say, like I of the Rocky sequels, you texted me right after. I this. think yeah. it's my favorite of the Rocky sequels, yeah. not the Creeds. The Rocky sequels. I think Rocky Three is my favorite. It's it's so much fun. It's it's the opposite of what trying to make a great movie with the big budget. No, this is now we got a big budget. And we're just gonna get Hulk Hogan in and. That Hulk yeah. Hogan scene is bizarre. I know, I was it's weird. No, fucking weird. bizarre. It's, it's weird because did they think wrestling was real? <laughs> well, that's that's the most bizarre part. It's I can't in, I can't in, figure out whether that was real or not in the scene that they shot. Like it's, it's just insane. He, well, like, Hulk like, Hogan's like, 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 and he's like, he's like, yeah, it's all for the show. It's like, yeah, but you really punched and threw that yeah. guy in the. Gra- and like, I'm and watch, like, and so I was watching like, this with my roommate, 
Steve B, who will eventually be part of this at some point. But and he's sitting there going, "Dude, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. This is outrageous. What is going on?" This is and then ended and he goes, "That was awesome." You know, because <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't even. And he's like, "It's like it's all." And then they're taking pictures and signing autographs yeah. at the end. It's like. It's kind of like he was like, it's fake, but it's real, and I'm well, like, gonna... Like, Mickey's acting like it's real, and it's like, Stallone was like, and and Rocky was like, punching him in the face with like, a, yeah, no, boxing right, gloves yeah. on. It's so, weird. So the movie comes out in 1982, and I'm with you on the whole thing. The, the anomaly of what I'm about to say is, is, it's fake, but it is real, and there's improv that goes into the theatrics of it. What doesn't make sense is Mickey yelling the whole time. Well, yeah, well, Mickey's Mickey yelling, yeah. like, no, go, get yeah, him, but maybe Hogan on. pulled him aside and was like, Nick, maybe, this is what we're going to do. Maybe, but, like, yeah. uh, what, I, what I don't get is, is, like, what was the plan? Like, what, right. like, what did you guys was, plan for the charity event? Like, what, like, it clearly, I, a little I, bit, I just, a little bit plays into the movie is that, is that Rocky wasn't running the show? No, I don't love what they do with Adrian's character as it goes on. I think it loses. They Which lose, movies? As as the movies go on, as we get you to know, three and because four. Because I think her peak is in three. Really? So that's. I just feel like they lose they lose touch with what she was in one a little bit in the later sequels. Right. And they totally lose touch I with what Paulie was. Right? Or maybe they don't. Maybe they just maybe yeah, maybe Paulie's destined to be in love so, with a robot. So six, <laughs> six, they bring everything together and we'll get there. But in three, Adrian's character comes to a peak in three, and she becomes she she almost absorbs Mickey's character. And there's the scene on the beach where he goes, I don't believe in myself anymore. Oh, that's a and good it's, scene. And, 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 I'm and, afraid, and I okay. cry, I cry almost every time I watch this movie. And she goes, well, what is it? What do you care about? The money? We don't need any of this stuff. It's about you. Yeah, that's a great scene. You don't have yeah. to fight. You don't have to fight. I guess that my issues are can be reduced to the fact that money changes people. But... Her dancing around in the fur coats and moving around like this, this just isn't. I can't attach that to sure. the pet shop. I can't attach that to pet shop, Adrian. And Mr. T, man, let's shout out Mr. T. He's oh, great. God, I mean, I went into Rocky because I'd never seen Rocky three before this, this okay. project. Never seen Rocky two. Never seen Rocky three. Never seen Rocky five. I've seen yes. one and four. Yeah, countless times. And never seen Babel or the Creeds leading up into this. I went into Rocky Three like this is the Hulk Hogan Mr. T movie. This is going to be so stupid. I can't. I can't believe I have to sit here and watch yeah. this. And, and it ended up being my favorite one. <laughs> Sands the the first in the, the, the Creeds. He is so good in this. Love he's great. great in oh, this. he's unbelievable. And when you hear Mr. T roll your eyes, he's a great heel. Yeah. And he, he just it works. He's he's angry in not like a cartoonish way. Like he's angry in a good. It's. I love, I love it. And, and I, love I, love, it. I love in there, too, they, they, they mix in, oh, well, what about Apollo Creed? Apollo Creed, he's old. He's done. He's <laughs> yeah, 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 it's good. He's a, he's a nobody. Good. He's good. He's, it's... Yeah, he's, I can, I can, anyone that can pull off wearing a tuxedo with, like, a feather earring is okay in my book. A hundred percent. And another great character named Clubber is, Lang. Yeah. I mean, come on. I, Apollo Creed, Clubber Lang. Rocky Balboa, boy, they knew Ivan, they Ivan knew Dr- had a name character. Ivan Drago, Ivan Drago, great names, great names. Rocky 
for now you Brennan, you brought this up before and I, I did I think that it's a terrible terrible thing that they get into with starting the movie with the end of the last movie like Every single movie I think it's, it's great uh, I, love it. I don't, don't like don't, it don't by the like fifth one, I'm like I'm in the rhythm of it, and I'm like, all right, this is what we're gonna do. Like I'll just like tie my shoe while this is going on or something. But like, but I, I'm I don't like that at all. Rocky Four is the most egregious one because it sh- it shows it just shows the last five minutes of Rocky Three. It's not even like right. you know. And one of the things too is if you watch five, they play f- the the end fight scene of four at a sequence. So like the he's cut, he's cut is not in the first round. Right. Brennan, in the Brennan, last round. Brennan, we're not at Rocky Five yet. Good okay. God! So, I mean, and I uh, good God is what yeah. You mean. Rocky Five is. But what's your plans? We're all plans over Rocky Five. Bad. But we're, we're, we're Rocky Four. All right. Um, and so Rocky Rocky Four is the Rocky Four is like ninety one minutes soaking wet. <laughs> it is like there's so much there's so much filler. And Rocky oh, Four. Oh, they didn't. They essentially didn't it's have a script. Like, they didn't yeah. have like like so. <laughs> Soviet Union's bad. Rocky's fucking it is, awesome. It's basically oh, let's do it. Like the first, and the first, it has some of the best moments in the entire Rocky franchise oh in this movie. God. Yes, and, and it's one of the most memorable parts and, of Rocky. And anyone who hasn't seen Creed Two, God. What they do with the Drago characters, yeah. I mean, it's so good. It's so good. Huge. And, yeah. it's, and I, I genuinely believe that Rocky Four, and I think I texted this to you guys, there's a best picture winner within Rocky Four. Somewhere. Within the structure yeah. of Rocky Four. It's not. It's no, not anything that could be resembling a good movie. If, if, movie if, they, if, they had, if they had a time to actually make a script. And... But the montage in four is the best <laughs> montage in any of the Rocky movies. Minus Which one? one? Which one? Because there's four of them. The one of him <laughs> in the winter <laughs> and climate. Yeah, all right. Yes, yes. The there's seven. Yeah, the the most, ones, most of them, I'm you're not about, talking about the you, one where he's driving you the car. You know what I'm thinking, talking. I'm thinking about. You're 100% right. The movie is a is an unfortunate conglomeration of montages. But you know the montage I'm talking about. The one that should have been in that movie it was yeah. him scaling, in the winter the working now, out. <clears throat> now, one thing I do like is the last two montages. They have two finals. The one that you think, this is what I, I like. They play with your mind. He's out. He's working out. He's told Adrian to stay home. He's going he's gonna to work out. He's working out, doing the montage. And the montage ends with Adrian showing up at at the Russian the log house that cottage, <laughs> cottage, yeah. And and he and she says, "I just couldn't, I just couldn't stay away." And he's so happy to have her there. And that's when the real, that's when it's the back real to, back-to-back starts. montages. Yeah. Yeah. And it, <laughs> back-to-back. Montages. I mean, they are. That's what and it is. It's a back-to-back montage, but it solidifies what we were saying before: is that Adrian is a is a power force in Rocky's life. Best sequel. Song, ever. Eye of the Tiger. I didn't even know what it's up against. Well, I just, well, I'll put it this way, is when you hear that song, what do you think of? When you hear Eye of the Tiger, do you I think should, the average person I, I, goes, I, I, Rocky 3, no, or do I they go, Rocky? Rocky in general, yeah. 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 If you polled the people in the street, and you asked them, was was this in which of these movies? Like, I think, that, I think that the average person would say it's in Rocky 1. Like, so, I mean, the Yvonne Drago character is... In, is an epic, legendary character who's, I would say, is when people think Rocky, I would think that he's probably by the general public, he's probably remembered as, as a more 
image wise, I I, I yeah, always just saying growing up, I always when I thought Rocky, I always I always imaged Rocky Drago. Like that's what I look at. Like yeah. with Creed, like dancing around them in a circle. <laughs> you know, like that's kind of yeah, like how my my image. Know, yeah, Ivan, Ivan Drago is the guy you. Is the guy you think about when you think of like Rocky villains. Definitely Creed yeah. and Rocky on the beach. Like that's definitely sure. like an image that you can't un- yeah, can't yeah. forget. The you dancing know, and bromancing. And, and with Rocky Four, it, it's like they just couldn't do any more subtleties or anything. They had to. They had to have Rocky actually climb a freaking mountain. Yeah, like, no, well, that's, that's great though. I that's, love that. Oh! <laughs> but the funniest thing here is so. Rocky's literally fighting the machine, so he's Drago is wait wait. Up I missed the scene where I missed the scene where Rocky fights Paulie's robot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, in the, that's that's in the director's cut. Well, that's in the director's cut. Grant, can you Grant, can you go off on Paulie's robot? Well, before Brennan talks, but you're right that he's fighting machine. But go ahead. Uh, I was, okay, um, it's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> the fact, this is the weirdest the thing that, in the movie. By the way, I, I looked. I looked this up. This robot does exist, and you want to know what the original purpose of the robot was? Oh my God. It was to help. Um, Are you was, a pleasure model? No, it was to <laughs> no, it was to like help people with like autism. Oh. And it was somehow. Wait, in the eight? I didn't think you, in, in eight, diagnosed that in the eighties. It was diagnosed. It just wasn't very. If you, if you listened to the Rain Man episode, you would know. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, I just wish that the robot took its mask off at the end and it was Cartman the whole time. Oh my god, awesome! Oh, but the fact, the fact, <laughs> the fact that the fact that Paulie turned it into a female and with like a sultry voice, it was just just it was like it made some adjustments. Oh god, no. it was so <laughs> just no, it no, was no, so no, creepy. And yes. No. Paulie is definitely the LVP of the franchise. Um, There's no yeah, doubt about that. I'm not arguing franchise. that. He yeah. is terrible. But, but Brendan, yeah, so he's fighting a machine in Drago. And well, comes up somewhere in the movie. They ask him, you know, do you take any, any drugs? And he says, no, this is all natural. And then later in the movie, in the, in the montage, they show him shooting up. Oh, sure. Well, yeah, obviously they were lying. And, and so it's, it's between the shooting up. It's between the high-tech... Tech, I mean, you essentially have the entire Russian government pushing Build, this building, guy... Building this pushing guy. Pushing this guy to, to be the best. And you got Rocky out in a log cabin, running in snow and back climbing to, a back mountain. Back to basics, yeah. And Man versus machine, baby. Well, and America versus the Soviets. And Rocky goes into that thing in many ways the way he goes into the first fight. But a little, a little bit differently in that he might die, and I think he knows that. Well, we I didn't even talk about the death of Creed, yeah. and well, how did that? I thought that came off pretty well in an otherwise movie with a robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think I just, it's pretty. It's a pretty great scene. I, and think, I think it that, went. I think it. Yeah, I think it was portrayed well. Uh, you know, it made it made sense that they had like this exhibition fight, and Ivan Drago went in to kill him, basically. And uh, don't stop the fight, don't stop the fight, don't stop the yeah. Fight. Well, I mean, that was I mean, that age as well, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that, that was a whole big thing in Creed, too. There's you, if you pick the bones of this movie, there are things there are the great movies there, yeah. And you still and have a super watchable, awesome movie. The problem is, the beginning of the movie is bizarre, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's weird. Right. All, all the extra stuff with the kid and, and the family stuff is, yeah. is not that. I think that the historical timeline works against the Rocky franchise because it's, it's difficult mm-hmm. to like... Like for instance, like the kid like ages like seven years. Yeah, that was Rocky, that's that's right. Rocky that's Five. Like, that's that was actually right. like a joke. And it's like Rocky's thirty in the first one, but in Rocky Balboa, he's like beating the. It's, chi- like it's it, actually one of the worst worst consistency points. I think they use the same kid. And no, they it don't. Is four, All right, no, we're gonna we're gonna get it's in four years between four. And we're five. gonna get into the to the kid, but I just think if you when you start putting historical markers on this thing that's when you start getting into well wait how old was this kid then and there and there let's shift to rocky five here and let's just say it happened oh and let's God. just get it all right go, so i do back. need to say this because this is a thing a fact that i did not realize until recently and i feel like most people don't don't realize is that john g avelson who won best director for rocky directed rocky five and only rocky five. he directed rocky and rocky five He's the director of the Karate Kid movies, all three of them. Mm-hmm. Talk about sequels with the great song. First one's great. Right? Second, third are not great. Yeah, but the second one, I like. I, I like the second one a lot. Karate actually. Kid. I love the second Karate Kid. Yeah. Ooh, I like. Which the second got a one. great Peter Cetera song. Not sure what was going on. In that got a great movie. Peter Cetera song. The, Is that the, the Glory of Love? Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Five. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Um. Any Any words on the Karate Kid? So oh, first one is is just amazing. First one's First one's great. And I like the second one a lot. The Big more, the, the more, the more I watch the second one, the more I like it. Third one's not good. Third now, one's not good. If you go and watch the YouTube series, great. Yeah, I've seen the first great. season. It's really Cobra good. Kai? Yeah, awesome. it's really good. I've only seen the first season. Haven't seen. The yeah, second, it's good. So I can't speak to that. Avelson comes back to direct Rocky Five, and again, there's a decent movie here on paper. Yes. Rocky's suffering from massive head injuries. He's having a hard time raising yep. his son who's having difficulty fitting into being Rocky's son. You can make – he's a coach now and he's not understanding whether he wants to be a coach or he wants well, to be fighting. Else you can make a up. good movie here and you have an Oscar award winning director who worked with Bel- who worked with Stallone. What is this? I think he yeah. gets so caught up in the 80s fad era that they forget what making good movies is. Um, yeah, I mean, and this is a 1990 movie, and <clears throat> let's do a Street Fighter movie. Let's do a Street Fighter. That's yeah. essentially that's look, it's bad. Like, you I just, the I don't... like let's do Rocky. He's a Street Fighter. The you know, only thing like... that this movie accomplishes, and it does accomplish this, and this does not. Need, and this is what I, I said very earlier in this podcast, which seems like hours ago, and it was it was hours ago. <laughs> it was. Every every movie in this franchise serves a purpose in telling the greater story and having Stallone's real son in this movie Sage Stallone mm. play Rocky's son is that right yep is very essential to what goes on and what builds into Creed and the kid's an awful actor awful it, it painful the song. scenes with the scenes with Rocky and his son in five are some of the worst cinema scenes you'll ever yeah. see the it's, you scratch your head as he's saying, is this Sylvester Stallone? Like, what? They're pretending. Is he trying to play up his head injury, or is he just like... It's almost like the kid is pulling him down as an actor. Yeah. And it's happen. painfully bad. It's painfully bad. And in the last scene where they're, like, climbing the steps, and he's like, oh, it's an art museum here. I didn't even yeah. know. Oh, you're going to like this Picasso. Oh, like mostly everybody. And, like, that's the last line of Rocky. <sighs> as, as anyone knows it, until... 
16 years later when they make Rocky Balboa. But the important aspect is, is having Rocky's real son in this and cementing Robert Rocky Balboa Jr. as a character in what Rocky's character Original. becomes on and off the screen later on. Right. Now, and, and now in, in six, that's not, that's his, not son. his son. His son passes away during the filming of Creed. Really? Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Jeez. And Stallone was obviously shook by what was going on in his, in his personal, personal life. And they had the scene in Creed. There's scenes in the mirror of Rocky with his real son. You know, actual, again, the pictures that they use in the movie are authentic pictures. Mm. And Rocky said, absolutely not, you're not doing it. Like, we're not putting a picture of myself and my son in this movie. Yeah. And the director yeah. talked to him and he's like, listen, you know, this is a movie about cancer. I lost my mother to cancer. Like, we're, we're, we're all in this together with this. And they did it. And the emotion that came out of Stallone's performance in Creed is... So he should have won that Oscar. He's fantastic. He should have won that yeah. Oscar. Fight, I fight. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was, should have won that Oscar. Amazing That's a travesty that, that he did not win that Oscar. We're going to talk Rocky Balboa now, which is Rocky Six, essentially. So, so I'm going to go. So in, when, when we did this whole thing, I rewatched everything, and I put off watching Rocky Balboa, and the whole point being, I didn't like it. I didn't want to watch it, didn't want to rewatch it. Rewatched it last night. Unbelievable. <laughs> And here's the thing, it, re, it, it goes through the paths that Rocky One goes through. It goes back to Little, uh, little Ray, Maria. Yeah. And it goes to the sun, which we've been talking about the sun for a while. And the sun is, is talking to Rocky, like, why are you doing this? Why, you're making me look bad, you're making me look bad. And, it, and, and Rocky, the whole, the whole time, he's always polite. He's very nice. And finally, he just blows up on his son. And he says, he says, how'd you get that way? He goes, you know, you used to, I, you, you used to fit in my hands. How'd you get that way? This is how life is. It doesn't matter how hard you hit. It matters, it matters how hard life can hit you, and you can keep going. And it sums up the entire franchise. Yeah, there, there are moments... Yeah. There are moments in Rocky, Rocky Balboa that are perfect. And, they're, and the beginning of that movie is awesome. And it's es Rocky Balboa is essential to what makes Creed as great as it is. Sure. The issue with Rocky Balboa is the end of them. It's like the, the, the back half of that movie of him actually fighting again and all that. But Grant, yeah. Grant I just want to get your thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's, that's kind of how it is, too. Um, the, family, like the family dynamic of Rocky is great. I feel like it's very... I feel like Rocky Balboa was... I watched it a couple of years ago and I liked it. And now I watched it again. This time I didn't like it as much. Like it's very fan servicey. Spider Rico is now a part of like the restaurant and all that stuff. And oh, is he? I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, and like he, he goes <laughs> yeah, with... He goes, it's servicing fans and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's servicing me. <laughs> um, but then like... That's cool but It's, no, it's, it's like fine. Cool. It's fine. Like the fight, Like the fight at the end. That's bad. It's I've been like the the montage in it where like it's black and white and it's but it's it's, it's I don't yeah, know it's, it, gave, it's, it gave me a headache. It's it was not like, a good so movie, but it has there's the pieces of that movie make Creed oh, a great. If you went from Rocky Five to Creed, Creed isn't what Creed is. No, that, yeah. that movie you need the, that movie in the middle. The graveyard scenes, the cemetery scenes of him visiting Adrian yeah. are just 
They're unbelievable. And having Pauly there with him, and then in Creed, having Pauly be buried next to her, yeah. that's so good. It's and so good. That movie for me is, is so compelling. And, it, and it, really, it really sums up what it is to fight. What it is to be a fighter and to fight. Let's talk Creed now. The Creed movies are incredible movies. For the first ones, I, I liked. I liked both. I, um, I liked the second one. I loved the first one. I loved the first Creed. It's it's the, the, it's, the first Creed's amazing. First Creed is so one I good. Did not like so much. Okay, so um, okay, we're all in, in interesting places here. I I think that the first one is the most like certified for like an academy run type yeah. of deal but honestly I like the second one better okay, okay uh, I I'll get I'll I'll get to that go with go with me with Creed I love I love both of them I kind of view them as one movie in my in in my watch of them but give me Creed give it to me well let me just get this out of the way the Batman reference in Creed is the other um, the guy that runs the gym who had the uh, who has his son that was the fighter mm-hmm he was the Russian mobster in The Dark Knight. No way. Yeah. Wow. And I loved him. Yeah. I loved him in, in Creed, man. I love the, the I love the fact that he's like he's got the son and he just wants Rocky to coach him and Rocky won't do anything. And, and all of a sudden, yeah. great dynamics. Great dynamics. But um but no, Creed is is amazing. The boxing in it is fantastic. The the, 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 the scene first, of him fighting Leo. The first with like, no, that scene no with, cuts. No, oh my god. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. It's the, it's the greatest boxing ever put to film. Yeah, no I, cuts. I, I, I think two so. rounds, no cuts, straight up. And uh, one of the great things that I love about Creed, and we talked earlier with Rocky and Apollo getting hurt, this is Stallone pulled Michael B. Jordan aside, and he goes, "You're gonna have to get hit. You're gonna have, you're gonna have to get hit. Michael, if this yeah, is gonna sure. work, you're gonna have to get hit." Yeah. And one of those shots, and I think you can probably remember the slow motion. Of the yes, he gets knocked out. And talking about slow motion, the only Rocky movie that didn't use slow motion in any boxing scene was Rocky One. Every other one used slow motion. There's no slow motion mm. scenes in Rocky yeah, One. Yeah, it's a funny But yeah, but Michael B. Jordan got clocked into yeah. into tomorrow, into tomorrow. Yeah. Here's what I like about Creed One. He's got everything. He's got it all. He's got a good job. He's got money. He drives a nice car. He dresses in nice clothes. And that means nothing. That means absolutely nothing to him. He has this journey to be like his father. He knows who his father is, and he wants to do it. His other family won't let him do it. So he seeks out Rocky, the good coach. He's also struggling with finding his father. And his identity. Who is his, yeah. And I, I, God, these restaurant scenes with Rocky and... Oh. And oh, so God, as much as I love Adonis waiting for for Rocky in the diner, which is an amazing scene, I heard there's a secret fight. Who won? Yeah, and yeah. let's talk about How'd that you know for a about second. That? How'd you do, know about that? Do you that? think Rocky told him the truth? Do you think he didn't? Told? I think he told him. I think he did. I, I think Apollo. Actually, won you know, I don't know. I, he does it in a great way where you don't know who you won. Don't know. I, I think, I think he, if 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 I I've never second guess without that. the creeds, I think that Apollo won that fight anyway. Without the creeds, the way but Rocky, he I did. kind of view it as is that is is that if you ask Rocky who won, he'd say Rocky. If you ask Creed who won, he'd say Creed. And because his kid asked, he went eh, Creed. Well, because when there's no ref, too, who does win? Exactly. And, and That's he, what I'm saying. No, and no, no ref, no judges. No, like who, like and split decision, like. But there is one thing in Rocky Four 
I mean, he's pretty... Paolo is pretty cavalier. To run into that fight with a Russian, that leads me to believe... I think Apollo Creed won that fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He had a chip on his shoulder. When we're talking Creed 2, though, man, and we talked about with Drago sitting in his restaurant, man, how can you not get chills with him sitting there waiting for him? And he's just like, whoa, it's you. Is it really you? Is it, 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 yeah. Listen, I, I get it. And you have the Black Panther director who did a phenomenal job with Creed. He deserved greater praise than he got at that time. And I think that if it would have come out today, he probably would have gotten it. Yeah. And the fact they switched directors for Creed Two that hurt it a little bit. But the father-son story that was told between Drago Sad. and Drago Jr., it, God. But what's so good is that last, in the, that last cut of the two of them jogging next to each other. Yeah, still fighting. Good. Oh, God, it's so good. And to tell the heel face story and throw heels and faces out, and, and Drago was tortured by what happened. It wasn't easy for him. It was horrible for him. His country turned his back on him. He was, he was, what a good story to tell. And, that's, yeah. and the, what a good story that this whole franchise starts. Victor Drago, the son, is a really sad character. Yeah. His mom doesn't love him. His mom is... His mom walks out when he gets knocked down. Yeah, turn his, this turn. sad character, and and his dad is fighting the his, the idea of him being a loser, and he just wants to yeah. like, and, it's, and it's, he's mad. He's always looking. He's always looking. But his, yeah, his dad is living vicariously being through him to try to Russia. get revenge on Rocky. But his dad is a good dad. His dad is a good dad. Yes. His dad loses himself in a moment of fame. Where he's looking over, he's looking over at the hierarchy, looking over, looking at. But his he, dad is a good dad. He cares, he cares, about, he cares, he cares and, about his son. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's it's shown in that last scene, and I'm so grateful for that last scene of the two of them jogging together because if they left that the way they did, and it was just like ah, they're the bad guys. Who gives a shit about them? Well, no, I mean, no, but like, well, and it's consistent with with Rocky Four. Is that is that the. Whatever politician comes up to Drago in the end, he says, he throws him aside and says, I fight this for me. The love story in the Creed. What do you guys think about that? With I liked it. Um, oh. oh, I think I, it's great. Yeah, I think, I think Tessa Thompson's great. I think she's great in this movie. And, and they add in such an interesting dynamic with her losing her hearing is she's on her own battle. She's, she's fighting to make as much music as she can before she loses... Yeah. I love how they played with the door in, in those oh, movies great, as they great. did. They brought it back yeah. to the original one where she closes the door on him and he's trying yeah, to talk yeah. through the door. And hear. it just brings you back to Rocky's. I don't know how to talk to a door. Look at smart ways to bring that back. Yeah. And, uh, uh, she's great. She's beautiful. Uh, yeah. And Thanks. I just, I, I love that she has her own thing going on, that she, yeah, she's, she's pursuing music while being deaf. Like, it's just a really. She's got to fight. All these She's people in this world have to fight. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's and you know, like what this, Rocky is all about. We all fight. It's like it's like what she says when they're when they're eating at the uh, the restaurant, where they're like, you know, I make music because it makes me feel alive, and that's why he that's why he boxes. Yeah. The choice to give the urban feel to Creed is essential to that. You got to change it up. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, that needed to be told. You cannot have that story 
to be continually told through the white boxer. That has to go into an urban, and I, and I just love even the Mexico, like him down in Mexico, like, and I love in, in season two, where like, and, and I said while I'm watching, while I was watching, like, man, I hope he takes Creed up to the, to the mountains of Moscow and makes him fight in the, <laughs> fight in the cold and the snow. He goes, no, nah, he took him back to where he was, bo- where did you start? Yeah. Mexico. It would have been weird if they had the story of Creed's son and it was, and it wasn't urban. Rocky's nominated for, for supporting actor in Creed and man, he deserved it. Yeah. He deserved it. And it's a great recapturing of this franchise. I'm so happy that they were able to, to bring this back home. We're going to, we're going to wrap up. This is, we're wrapping up our, our Rocky talk here. I'm super happy with with this. It's it's taken us quite the time, but we've done it. Guys, any closing thoughts on the Rocky franchise? Brendan, something about the Rocky franchise that you didn't get to say today that you want to say. Let's let's do it. I mean, I think I said it all, but <laughs> I mean, if, if if you ever have doubts in life, turn to this. It's we're all climbing a mountain, climb it, never give up. It's that's that's what this movie teaches us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grand closing thoughts on the Rocky franchise. Um, Don't have sex with robots. <laughs> well, that's for sure. That's something don't that you shouldn't do. Don't even, yeah, don't even, it's, it's going to lead to an, an uprising that we shouldn't, that we shouldn't have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, yeah, no, it's, uh, no, these, these are, these are great movies and, I mean, really, except for like Rocky Five, they all like, they all have something to offer. Like Rocky Five has very little to offer, but like even if they're so they're so bad, they're good. Kind of movies like Rocky Four, where they're so absurd. They're they're just all great movies to watch, and I'm very thankful that they're around. No doubt, and I, I would say that like if I just sum this up, is just like yeah, just you have a mountain to climb, but you don't necessarily know what that mountain is. Like so, just climb the one in front of you. It's really it, you know, because. You think that Rock, you think that Rocky knew he'd be in the Soviet Union climbing some random ass mountain and screaming Drago at the top of it? No way. Wearing, wearing Uggs, basically. I don't even think he wanted to be there. He's yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, this is still a Best Picture podcast, and it's not a Who Should Have Won podcast. But before we say goodbye, we do have to run through the other nominees in 1976. We will do that pretty quick. There are some famous ones, some notable movies here. We're gonna start with the one that's not on any AFI list here. It's it's a little ditty called "Bound for Glory." Grant, I do not know it. All right, Brendan. This train is bound for glory. No, no, no. It's the early life of Woody Guthrie as a vagabond folk singer. Okay. Is that his song? It's a Woody. Bound for glory. No, Woody Guthrie is uh, is this land is my land. This land is your land. And they decided to make a biopic about him. Cool. Right, that's funny. Okay, so this is a uh, this is a good one, man. Uh, it's an AFI top 100. I've seen it. I love it. Great acting performances. It's a Sidney Lumet classic. Network. Grant, you seen I Network? have not seen Ooh, it. No. I've seen the opening scene of Network. It's Tom great Helen. stuff, yeah, man. Good stuff. Who's the actor in that? He, he wins Best Actor. Yeah. It's Peter Finch. Peter Finch plays Howard Beale, wins Best Actor, takes it from 
takes it from Rocky and takes it from De Niro. Uh, William Holden's also in it, nominated. Faye Dunaway, Robert Duvall, Ned Betty. I mean, this is a, this is just there's just so many good actors and and Sidney Lumet. <laughs> Poor Sidney Lumet. All of his best movies were up in years where they were just so. He, so he does, movies. yeah. He does Network, and it's up against Rocky. He does Twelve Angry Men, and it's up against Bridge in the River Kwai. He does Nashville, and it's up against Cuckoo's Nest. Nest. You know, it's just, it's just the, the, the poor guy just never won the. And honestly, this is a year where him or Scorsese should have won director. Like I love Rocky, but he didn't need. Alvinson didn't need to win Best Director that year. Yeah. That didn't that award didn't age well. And honestly, Stallone directed a lot of the movie from Point anyway. He was Kyle telling him Wyatt, he's arguing with him. He's almost Stallone is almost credited with directing that movie. Like, Which is another reason why that guy shouldn't have. Yeah. You know. yes. That award should have gone to LeMay, or it should have gone to and and believe it or not, which is bizarre to think about. We're going to talk about Taxi Driver in a minute, but he wasn't Scorsese wasn't even nominated for Best Director. That That's year. crazy. That's that's really well, crazy. All the president's men. We heard it. We seen it. I've I've heard of it. Heard of it. Yeah. Is that the Dustin Hoffman? The Washington Post reporters Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein uncover details of the Watergate scandal yeah, that leads surprised. to President Nixon's resignation. Dustin Hoffman, Robert Redford, Jack Warden. Do you guys know who Jack Warden is? No. He plays the grandpa in the um, Problem Child series. Oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I'll show you a picture of him. Definitely. Oh, I totally know. Oh, him. Yeah, he's yeah. in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Hey, you want it? <laughs> he's the only one who knows. He's that. a little bastard. Yeah, the only one who knows the kid's yeah, a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I, we didn't read the network synopsis but as a television network cynically exploits a deranged former anchors ravings and revelations about a news media for its own profit among the five actors up for best actor in a leading role two of them were in network it's peter finch and william holden william holden ironically enough was one of the stars of bridge in the river Kwai. also robert de niro taxi driver giancarlo gianni and seven beauties and sylvester Stallone and rocky taxi driver Great movie. Yeah, you just watched it recently for the first time, right? No, I, I rewatched it after a while. You just hadn't, hadn't remembered much yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, it was a yeah, fantastic In movie. In my opinion, it's his, it's Scorsese's best movie. Okay. I don't know. What do you, where, I mean, it's, it's, I, it's top three for me. What's, I, 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 I what else good, is there I, with it? Uh, uh, Goodfellas, Departed, Taxi Driver, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. So that's it. Those are the nominees. Gentlemen. It's been a run. We did. We we put a lot of content out there. I applaud you both for your patience and your dedication. Granted, closing thoughts. Doesn't matter how hard you hit. It's how hard life hits you, and you keep going. There you go. There you go. Hey, thank you. And next week, Silence of the Lambs. It's gonna be awesome. Yo, Adrian, we did it. <laughs>